you know, here. What's up? I was thinking about something. What were you thinking about, bro? I was thinking about what's going on in the earth, right? What's happening in our minds? Yeah. Oh. And I wondered, why does it matter? We're about to find out. <laughs> Holy find shit. Out. Ready? Ready. Let's <laughs> get it. Welcome to Earth, Mind, and Matter. We said, fuck it. Let's talk about albums. So let's talk about some movies and some fucking comics. This week in the universe, across the internet. So what's up, Javi? What's going on, Frankie? You're... You know, you do that every episode. <laughs> do I really? Uh, I, I think so. Oh, okay. So you might be wrong. Like fake news, pre- pretty pretty uh, <laughs> high high percentage of you starting the episode with a year. Year. That's how you gotta start episodes, man. Uh, have you ever uh, have you ever noticed that sometimes I say yarp? Yes, I do. Um, do you know where I get that from? No. Nah. Uh, have you ever seen Hot Fuzz? Oh yeah, I have. I have. There's a character in that movie who says that. Um, yarp. Yeah, he just goes yarp. He's just like this <laughs> massive dude, and he's just kind of dumb, and he's like yarp. That's a good movie for British people. That's a funny movie, you know, because Ricky Gervais is funny, but he's not that funny. You know, Ricky Gervais, bruh. What is he? That's not Ricky Gervais. No, I'm just saying in general, like Ricky Gervais in general, like he's a funny guy, but yeah, he'd be but Hot Fuzz isn't Ricky Gervais. No, I know. What I'm trying oh. to say is like Ricky Gervais in general, like he's funny, but he'd be funnier if he wasn't British. Because British Bruh. people be sounding crazy, bro. And why is it not racist to do a British accent? But if you do an Asian accent, like, you're just the demon. Like, uh, I, I, feel, I feel right now, but a what? And I'm fine, right? But if I go, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know, I'm a monster. Um, Maybe it has something to do with the fact that, like, but, like it's still British people English. don't matter. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, but I'm, if, you t- if you do an Asian accent, a, a stereotypical one, but they're speaking English. You know, no, I, I, I get what you're getting uh-huh. at. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I'm just throwing like <laughs> answers out. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe this. Maybe, but maybe. Or maybe we're just hypocrites. All of us. Uh, you, you know, um, you know what I was seeing today that uh, I almost put up as our news story. What? Um, I was seeing about how some people, especially Will Smith fans, are a little <laughs> upset. Uh, <laughs> are a little upset yeah. with the with how Warner Brothers has um tackled this as Ezra Miller case. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely because they didn't tackle it at all. They kind of just evaded it, and they were like, "Ah, oh, it's fine." Yeah, so a lot of Will Smith <laughs> fans are upset because they're kind of like, you know, Ezra Miller is literally a criminal monster will smith smack uh slap the person on yeah. stage and he's dealing with more punishment than ezra mm. miller is um mm, i mean he got an award the same night he slapped chris rock um i don't know I, I don't think he's as bad as ezra miller no i like in terms of punishment you mean in terms of just a human being like i think what he did was a dickhead move and, it, and people were trying to defend him just because he's will smith you know and like people would, would rather prefer violence uh, because it's defending a woman, but they wouldn't like. I mean, it's just Will Smith. There's a bunch of fucking like. If you look at the headlines after that happened, I mean, people were trying to justify Will Smith for doing that for defending his wife. But it's like, how can you defend somebody getting on stage and slapping somebody in the face, you know, over a joke? Yeah, I, it's non it's non defensible. I don't know if there's a word defensible. It's not defendable. Def- non defendable, <laughs> right? So. I don't know. I just think people are hypocrites for being like, yeah, as he should, as he should. And just like, what? Like, what if that was like a woman, a comedian, and like she made a joke about Jada Smith and, and he went up there and slapped her? 
That'd probably be worse. It's a human being making a joke about another human being. You should have slapped somebody in the first place. No, I, I'm aware. I'm yeah. just saying. I think like the reception would probably be worse. Oh, just definitely. Just because it's like a like a man slapping a woman. Facts, facts. But but yeah, yeah. I just thought that was interesting because like hot uh, takes off the bat. Like yeah, because uh, <laughs> British people, Ezra Miller, <laughs> but why? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to say all that. <laughs> Fucking Ezra Miller should go back in time and and mm-hmm. uh, try and redo his uh, his actions. Their actions. Their actions. Their actions. Ah, you fucking ah. you never learn, Harvey. I you know it's just sometimes I mm-hmm. I, I try, but yeah. we'll you, never get the LGBTQ divided by three side on us our side. It's know? just I try. It's just you're so distracting. Man. <laughs> like you're like you're just. You're so mm-hmm. handsome. It's yeah. like it's the it sweat just, off my face. Like you're glistening. <laughs> you're glistening, like, bro. are you pregnant? Yeah, man, I'm pregnant. I'm pre- pregnant. Pregnant. Oh, pregnant. So, so okay. So mm-hmm. tell me now, mm-hmm. is Angel the father? Yeah, actually, he's actually Angel the father. Yeah, well, you know, he's gonna be the father to my kid, and I'm pretty excited. Oh, I'm pretty okay, excited. Okay, you excited, Angel? How excited are you? Tell the people how excited you are. Well, <laughs> as of now. I'm taking my time to rest. <laughs> I'm making sure I get all the sleep I can, you know, because I know it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a little difficult at the beginning, but it's all like, you know what I say, uh, life lessons, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm up for it. I'm ready for it. So I'm pretty doped about that. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited. Nice. He's excited. We're both getting rested and everything. Um, and it, it, if you're both excited, I'm sure you guys are really in love i'm yeah. sure like the passion is still there our baby's gonna be genderless so there's not gonna okay. be a gender even okay. though we did the gender reveal like it's still gonna be genderless what was was the gender reveal just like air it just it's just a, it's a little piece of tape that said non-binary <laughs> that's my funny. It's funny. yeah man that's basically what happened just because we want to be fair, hey man, hey, it, man. you know it's it's what you got to do. That's it's what, what you got to do. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. but a- after you get pregnant, where yeah. where are you gonna take? I'm already the- pregnant. I'm already pregnant. True. Yeah, yeah. So um, when you go on your maternity leave, uh-huh. you're gonna be leaving from what's what's. Well, what, wait, what, what am I leaving from? Leaving <laughs> from what? What's? Oh, what? I'm Foot Locker. I'm working at Foot Locker right now. Oh no no no! no. Leaving. You're you're from, from what? what? What's going on? Oh, in the earth? <laughs> in our minds. And why it matters. This is earth, mind, and matter. That was not smooth <laughs> at all, right? <laughs> I thought it was good. <laughs> and Foot Locker. This is earth, mind, and matter, and Foot Locker. <laughs> Sponsored by, uh, what is that other store with that sells shoes? Uh, um, um, oh, shit. Um, Payless. Uh, Let's say Payless. Payless. Ew. Ah, Payless is the shit, man. That's where I got those light up shoes, and I ran up. I, I was faster when the shoes lit up, and then the battery died, and then they were just and then shoes. You got slower. I got slower. I got slower and less illuminated. That's why you started drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Payless. <laughs> it always Fucked starts somewhere. My, these motherfuckers, man. Pay less, pay more. <laughs> That's what they did to you. Oh man, what a shame. <laughs> what a fucking shame. You know what's crazy? So I got I got like two things. Right? I got three things really, but I'll tell you two things. So think about this, right? Since we have two Mexicans in the building right now. Okay. All right, Dora the Explorer, right? All right. Why do you, why is her name Dora? Uh, I don't know. That's a Hispanic name. Just Dora, right? Yeah, man. Well, the reason I brought up this before, I was talking with Beatrice, right? 
And then I was I was at the bar with Brian the other day, right? And they were like, "Oh, what what character have you been attracted to?" That's a cartoon, right? And I thought it'd be funny if you were like Dart Explorer, <laughs> you know. But it's not, it's not, it's you know, kind of disgusting. But then it was like, "Did you know why she was named Dora?" Beatrice said, and I'm like, "Why?" And she's like, "Well, look, when the when the episode starts of Dora, and I just seen this, they go to a computer and they click on the screen, right? And what's computer in Spanish? Oh, Ooh, computadora. That's crazy, right?" It's kind of wild. It's kind of wild, right? It's kind of like, right? <laughs> so other than that, the other day I had a dream. We were at Buffalo Wild Wings, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were so specific. Nice. We were in Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Uh, BD, uh, what do they call it? B-dubs. B-dubs. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I remember I was in Tucson, Arizona. No, I don't know if it was Tucson, Arizona or something else. But somebody's like, yo, we have to B-dubs? And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> I'm never, what are you talking about, right? They're like, B-dubs. Why are you oh, yeah. insulting me? <laughs> yeah. Bless you. <laughs> I've never heard that before in my life. And they were like, B-dubs, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings. And I was like, what? I never heard that shit called, but apparently it's a big thing. That's like, yeah, man. It's fucking weird. I don't get it. And you know, if Javi doesn't know, then it's crazy. But Javi's old now, too. Yeah. yeah he was I, uh, once young. I, I Every day I get older, and, and one day I'll be as old as you. Yeah, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop growing And then you'll reach And then we'll continue Yeah, growing, and, yeah. Then, and then we'll continue onwards Like you, yeah, you'll man. just cry uh, <laughs> Like sleep yourself for a year There's a comedian uh, Mitch Hedberg right Which I really which really love that guy But I'm newly discovered him Right And I just posted some shit Like about like a month Two months ago But it was a joke He was like Some guy handed me a picture And he said Hey This was me when I was young, um, younger And he's like Every picture of you Is of you When you were younger <laughs> Older Sorry about that You know what, you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah. Oh, fuck, I fucked up a joke But it's hilarious man That guy makes me laugh so much And he's an idiot um, <laughs> But no it's true I don't even think I fucked up a joke I think it's funny But lastly like, Oh by the way In the Buffalo Wild Wings Star Wars was playing right um, And then I think you ordered two waters But the waiter got pissed But you're like She'll bring them anyway <laughs> <laughs> There was <laughs> I swear There was a broken Nirvana Pinball machine and some photographer who took a picture of me and Beatrice playing pool one day. Nice. Yeah, shout out to him. His, his Instagram is smilenownyc, no space. <laughs> that was the most random shit ever, bro. And then it was a it was a packed house. We didn't even have a table. We had like this table, but in the corner. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Nice. And lastly, I want to bring up somebody I know named Tyra. Okay. Like Tyra Banks. Okay. Minus the Banks. Mind you, she, I only want to bring her up because. Is it Tyra or Tara? Tyra. Okay. Like Tyra Banks. Yeah. No, I was I, I wasn't ever sure if it was pronounced Tyra or Tara. Oh no, it's definitely Tyra. Okay. Damn, bro. Black Lives Matter, man. All right. You know, you're not wrong. Damn. Damn. Got damn. me. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we would be in class one day. I mean I went to elementary school with her, right? Okay. And it would just be silent and stuff like that. We would just be there hanging out, whatever. Like eighth period, you're kinda of tired and stuff like that. You about to get through the day, it's like a Wednesday, you're tired. And all you hear from the back of the classroom is, ah! Like, <laughs> that's all you hear. Everybody, what the fuck? And then she would be like, ah! And then we're like, what, what happened? And she's like, oh, I just sneeze. <laughs> Excuse oh, me. I swear to God, bro, man. I was talking about it earlier, but her sneezes were crazy, bro. I was like, you didn't sneeze, man. You just got assaulted. Bro. She <laughs> she sneezed crazy. That kind of reminds me of my dad. When my dad sneezes, yeah. like, everyone has to hear it. Like, that motherfucker goes, ah! He sounds like fucking, like, Link from, like, the Zelda games when he does an attack. Ah! But, but you know, it's also some bullshit when girls be sneezing like, and he's like, yo, you know you don't sneeze like that, lady. You know you didn't. You weren't born. Whether you believe in God or not, nobody made you. That you go home and you, you know, like you don't. You don't. 
<laughs> some bullshit you, right there. Do you there. think Sofia Vergara sneezes with an accent? Yeah, she goes, ah, chew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't, I <laughs> yeah, she talks funny, man. <laughs> I thought, what, what is she, Colombian? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. thought she was Mexican at first. Whoops. <laughs> I got the no from an angel in the back. But also, Oh wait, wait, first of all, what's up, bro? How you doing? <laughs> doing a okay, my yeah. guy. Chilling, chilling and grilling as I do. Living life. Nice. Moving on to to new things. Changes happening, and it's Sheesh. good. Sorry, man. I don't know what the fuck happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> yeah. You're just you know, like, damn. Just, what the fuck? This is some crazy shit. <laughs> oh, facts, bro. I'm just trying to be talking about Tyra and Dora, <laughs> Buff B Dubs. Uh, we're brought to you by the least racist beverage in the world, Twisted Tea. Uh huh. Uh huh. Smack your enemies with that, particularly <laughs> the racist one. Um, <laughs> but, but how how you doing, my guy? I'm doing good, you know. Uh, changes, <laughs> 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 moving forward to new experiences, you know. And no, nah, I'm doing good. I'm just been working and just here. I'm uh, pretty excited for this episode, just because I got a couple topics that are just like random as fuck, just nice. random as fuck. They don't really correlate, but in some ways they do. Okay. Yeah. So you know, and before we get into that. Know our socials and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because like, what what just came out on YouTube? <laughs> oh, so our Mister Miracle episode just came out. Just the AMC section. Uh, it's pretty much you can read the whole comic to yourself if you like, or you can go through it with me and Javi. I think uh, we did a great job, particularly you did on the episode, just explaining Mister Miracle. Uh, I really fucking love that comic. I think it's my favorite one of all the ones we've done. Sandman's okay. a close second, but I highly recommend it. Check it out on YouTube, and the YouTube is Earth Mind Matter No Spaces. Also, we have other other socials. Yeah, we got our Instagram and our TikTok, which is Earth Mind Matter Pod. No spaces. No spa- tic- uh, Instagram don't let you do spaces, bro. The what? You can't do spaces on Instagram. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Yeah, I wonder why that is. <laughs> it's so random. And that's the end of that. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, we mm-hmm. we're we're on there, always posting stuff on our stories, yeah, and things like that. Messages, shit like that. You know, if you just want to fart, if you have a philosophical thought. You know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Fuck but, um, um, but before we really get into it too, I did have a joke for you, Frankie. Oh shit. I I it was a pretty spicy joke. Yeah? Is it about hot sauce? <laughs> nah. It's not that spicy. All right. So, Depending on which hot sauce. Oh, you that's why you got the pencil and paper right there. What? Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man? Right, right, yeah. I I've had this prepared like all day. Mm, right, right. So What's up? you know. I want you to read it. Oh, okay. So, so you can read that. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> it says, um, it says, you ever wonder why bunny ears have big ears? <laughs> you ever think, you ever think to yourself why they have big ears and we don't, you know? Okay. Yeah. And if, maybe if we just hear them out, we'd know. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> That's the joke. How you roll on the piece of paper. Not me. <laughs> And then, and then there's, there's, if you open it, there's any, there's even a deeper message. Uh, let me open it. No, nah, okay. Javi handed me a piece of paper and it literally just says joke. But your, your K's look like a V with the fucking like iPhone stand, bro. <laughs> you see this K, bro? Look at this K. That shit's not a K, bro. That's a V. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I write my K's, bitch. Funny. Oh, damn. Now I open yeah. it up and it says me. Yeah. But it's, but is it you, like you, Javi, or me, nah, like me? You. Oh shit! But it's just a letter U. Yeah. So the joke, the alphabet. Nah, it's you. It's me. It's you. It's crazy, bro. I know. I got tears coming down my face. Hey man, it happens. You know, sometimes mm. you just gotta come in and you know take the shock and go. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> got him. Hold on, put your hand out real quick. All right. All right, look. No, like flat. 
All right. Flat. Yeah. So for the video listeners, I'm putting the envelope in Javi's hand, right? Okay. The one that says joke. And guess okay. what? The joke's on you. Joke is on me. <laughs> joke is on me. Boom! <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, <laughs> real quick, uh, because this is I love Angel's stories, and he just told us one before it started. And if you don't mind telling your wallet story with the with the guys, um, <laughs> did you super dirty when you got brutalized in terms of your privacy? Huh? Yo, tell the people, bro. Tell the people because you, you tell good stories, and this is a good one. It's a good year here. It's another story about Angel. Check him out on Twitch, ABC Angel, right? Yes. ABC Angel, all lowercase. He does Last of Us Twitch streams. He does all these Follow games. SoundCloud, Follow his SoundCloud. <laughs> he got a song called Ultralight Beam. <laughs> Mike check. Mike check. Mike okay, check. Nice. All right. Um. So yesterday, um, what was it? I think it was like around 9 p.m. Okay, I went okay. to Domino Park. They had uh, invited my girl and some other friends. So I went with her and her two friends. Uh, we got out the car. We smoked the joint. And, you know, I got back in the car. I was looking for my Uno cards or whatever. I got out the car, but without realizing, you know, I didn't see anything I left behind. I was <laughs> chilling at the park for like 30 minutes. I came back and as I'm walking back to the car... Some lady is staring at me, and I'm like, why is this lady staring at me? Who you are you? like, you think you're funny? <laughs> I was just like, you know, I was just minding my business, you know. We said bye to her other two friends. We were like, you know. You I was I was tired, bro. <laughs> by, that, by then, I was tired, bro. <laughs> Mind you, I was like, I'm just trying to get to the car. I'm trying to go home. As I'm walking by, all I see is the lady staring at me. It's all these mad hard. And I was like, all right. And then the guy was staring at me. I guess it was her husband. He was just staring at me. And I had told him, I said, like, yo, why are these people staring at me? This and that. <laughs> the, 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 as we're getting in the car, we're about to leave. Were you, like, do you get paranoid when you get high? Not paranoid. Just like. More alert? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's how I live, bro. <laughs> Honestly. Alert. I, I swear to God, bro. I swear to God, bro. I live. That's how I live, bro. <laughs> no, no matter where I am, I'm on a hundred. Ooh, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so you know, um, so they're staring at you, and you're like, "Yo, what the fuck do y'all want?" I'm like, "Yo, why are these people staring at me and shit?" So then, um, whatever the guy as we leaving, uh, the guy shouted at me. He, you know, he shouted. He's like, "Hey," he's like, "Is your name Adrian?" Bro, my full name. I'm not even gonna say my full name, but <laughs> I'm not gonna give out my name like that. But Adrian is my middle name. So he was like, Yo, is your name Adrian? I'm like, Bro, I was like, Who are you? <laughs> what do you want from me? What do you want from me? How you know me? I don't know you. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I t- instantly told him, No, I'm like, No. He's like, oh, you sure? Because we we saw a wallet on the floor, and you know, we we gave it to the precinct. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't know. He's like, I asked him. I'm like, if you, I told him if you say the full name, I'll probably tell you who it is. I don't. So he was like, oh, I can't remember. I think it was like uh, Angel, something like that. And once he said that, I was like, God damn, it, I lost my wallet. <laughs> 
I was like, oh, but instantly it was a. I, I felt relieved. Like I right, bet I don't know y'all. Y'all don't know me. Good, keep it that way. <laughs> I was like, yo, because honestly, I have family in Mexico that call me by that name, and yeah. then I have a uh, family from a dad's side that call me. So you were really well. like, there's no. I was way. like, who are you? How yeah. you know my middle name? Like nobody calls me like that, and besides, you know, other family and stuff. But once he said, thank you, bro. Once he said that, oh yeah, we found a wallet. This and that, we gave it to the priest, and instantly I felt a relief that it was at the precinct. But in the back of my head, I wasn't so pleased <laughs> because I just finished smoking and shit. So now my eyes are bloodshot, right? And I'm like, fuck. But just a go. reminder to the audience: yeah. it's legal. Yeah, it are. is. It is. But it's just like, damn, I really gotta go through this right now. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. So we drove all we got to the precinct, you know, and Vanessa said, you know, let me let me go in for you to see if I could get it for you. I was like, all right, like, they're not going to they're not going to give it to you. They're going to tell me to come inside and get it myself. Yeah. So uh, she goes like a, not even a minute, bro. 30 seconds later, she comes back, said, yep, you got to go inside. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. Oh, my God. But, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm. I'm not. I'm not scared. Of, I'm scared of the cops, but it's just you. you You're know, on alert. You, I'm on alert. <laughs> I'm on alert. But you also never really want to have to deal with the cops. Like, yeah. If anything, you gotta live like you know. You self aware of yourself and stuff. So like, you don't want to do anything with the cops. Like you know, they here to serve and protect. But well, I don't know. <laughs> You're crazy, bro. Y'all hear them? I hear them right now. You hear them? They, they hear you, Angel. They, they hear you. They watching, bro. They watching. Yo, this nigga think he funny, bro. You want to pull up, yo. Nah, but it's like you don't really want to get involved with them. So whatever. I go inside the precinct. There's there's one inside in the front of the door disguised as a, you know, as a DT on the code cop or whatever. And I'm like, fuck. I was going in. I see seven of them just standing there. Watching me walk in, I'm like, God damn, all eyes on me. <laughs> so I was like, shit, they watching me. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm here to pick up my wallet. They're like, oh, the guy takes out my wallet, and then some guy in the back, he's like, oh, you're a very lucky guy. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I know. <laughs> you're like, Thank I you. get it on nah, with, okay, man. <laughs> and the guy gave me my wallet after my wallet. He said, here's your adapter. I, I carry a, an iPhone adapter to connect to dogs. You know, fucking iPhone, yo. <laughs> Ever since that adapter, bro. <laughs> uh, anyways, he gave me my adapter and then he gave me some receipts. At first, I thought it was some tickets. He was like, oh, here's your, because he said, here's your tickets. I was like, fuck. I got tickets to pay now. I got tickets to pay. You just now. got served. I was like, bro, I got tickets to pay for my wallet and shit. I'm like, nah, what's going on? But I, mind you, I'm chopped, bro. I'm just like, I right, just give me my shit. And then what else? They gave me my ID. They gave me my credit cards one by one. I was like, damn. And then they gave me my cash, but when they pulled out the cash, it was already in a bag. Filed up and shit And I was like damn They gave you your wallet With assembly required Yes they, sir <laughs> They they went through that shit They were like Oh here's your picture And this and that And I was like damn I had to put everything back Right away <laughs> 
And then I'm like, oh, is that it? Is that is that it? Do I have to sign anything? And they were like, no. One of them was like, you could sign his chest. <laughs> what the fuck? Yo. I was like, fucking cops. Yeah. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> Funny jokes, bro. <laughs> nah, but you know. You were like, I'm too high for this. Yeah, like I just, I just want, I'm just, I'm too I'm aware. high oh, and, yeah, alert so yeah. and aware. I, listen, when I'm outside, bro, I'm looking left, right, straight. upside down. I'm looking behind my head, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm always on alert, bro. You know, you can't trust nobody out there. <laughs> Even your close ones, you could trust them, but like I'm talking about, like if you outside, you're in the train, you by yourself, you always want to be on alert. That's why I be telling thinking, people, yo, y'all think you're funny. Like, I know what's up. I, I see you watching me. Like, like I like I said, I already knew the lady was staring at me. And the husband, I was like, yo, something up. Something up. I'm ready. <laughs> nah, but yo, thank, yeah, I mean, thank you. I mean, it sounds like they really helped out. Yo, yo, thanks the to day, them, though. So, thanks yeah. to them. Yo. Shout out to that family, yo. That's pretty, that's pretty dope, though. I was like, all right, yo. Would you do the same, Angel? <sighs> They they even they didn't even touch your money. I don't know, bro. I wouldn't say that. I don't know. I you felt know? like I was missing some cash, bro. Damn. But I'm glad I took a a hundred dollar bill before I lost the the wallet. <laughs> I put that away in the car. So I was like, nice. But I I felt like I was missing twenty bucks, a couple Damn. dollars. But it's okay. It's okay. Shit, I got Compensation. my I got my, I got my cards. I got my ID. All I really care about my ID. Cards you can place and shit. <laughs> no bad. Pretty dope. Pretty, pretty <laughs> nice that I got my wallet back. Nice man. I ain't gotta go I'm through that hassle. You. Get all of that shit. Yeah. You don't want to go to no DMV, bro. Have either you guys ever lost your wallet officially? Oh, yeah, no. I, I I have not. No, not like that. No. No. There's some story that I have right that I lost my wallet. This is a crazy story. And mind you, I've lost my wallet several fucking times. Like too many times to count. <laughs> It's the worst, bro. I've lost my wallet, my phone, my keys. I'd be drunk. <laughs> when I'm high, when I'm high, I have my stuff. I'd be losing my like shit in front of me. But when I'm, yeah, when I'm drunk, I'd be losing my shit beforehand. Now I kind of keep all my shit on me. But one time, this is like in, in like high school, middle school, whatever. Uh, I'm coming home and I lost my wallet a long time ago. Like I was running home because it was about to rain and I had a basketball in my book bag. But in the little pocket, I put my wallet there apparently. And I guess when I was running home, it fell out. I haven't seen that wallet in forever. So I'm in the train and everything, and some guy looking at me, just like Angel's experience, but I wasn't aware of nothing. <laughs> I was just like, yo, I think this guy's looking at me. And he comes up to me, and he's like, hey, man, are you Frankie? And I was like, shit, I think I am. <laughs> I was like, probably. And I was like, yeah, it's me. He's like, hey, man, I found your wallet. I was like, you want to just get off the stop with me? I'll give it back to you. I live a block off the train. And he left, he's, he got off a, a stop away from me that I was hanging off. I was with my friend Chris. I was like, yo, Chris, come with me, bro, because I don't know what the fuck's about to happen. Yeah. So we go, we go get off. We walk to his house. It was a block away. And he goes upstairs. And then he comes downstairs and he has a wallet and like two Jehovah Witness booklets. You remember those things? Yeah. You remember those Jehovah Witness booklets? My dad was Jehovah Witness for a bit. Yeah, bro. I hated church. <laughs> I used to go to church and be so bored. I would go to the bathroom and look at the vents. <laughs> just, I hated church. Um, so he gave me back my wallet. He's like, Hey man, like I just found this a long time ago and here you go. Like the word of Jesus and everything, all that stuff. Apparently a lot of people don't like become Jehovah witness. So they don't got to spend money during the holidays and birthdays. Like it's not uh, about Jesus. Eh? Like Jehovah witness don't celebrate those months. So you don't got to spend money. So we never had a Christmas tree. Facts, bro. And so, <laughs> so eventually we did get a Christmas tree and that shit was awesome. 
But that was fucking cool. Ever since then, I was like, nah, if I found a wallet, I'm going to give it back. So the wallets that I have found, for the most part, I've given back. For nice. the other part, like, I, I didn't know how to or this and that. So I just kind of left them at a precinct or something like that. But uh, I always return that favor because that shit is ass, bro. Not like, you know, I have my wallet dropped off to me many a times. Nice. But uh, but I, I will say, like, being high and shit, like, I've never walked high into a precinct. But I've walked high and I still remember to this day, I'm sure many people have, into a 7-Eleven <laughs> where they got the brightest lights in the fucking world. <laughs> like, to this day, I remember my first time, like, walking into a 7-Eleven high. I was like, damn, bro, it's fucking bright in here, bro. You could read a book here, bro. <laughs> like, it's... You got a sunset there, bro. <laughs> yeah, you got a sunset there. Yeah, bro, it's, it's so bright in there. And so, like, I remember that time, I was like, what the fuck is so bright in here for? Yeah, you man, know? I back in college, I used to get so high and just go to 7-Eleven and get taquitos, and I'd, like, fucking no down them. No bath? I, 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 sometimes. You gotta I mean, get a bath, bro. Well... It, de- it depended on the day because like okay. sometimes i had like water or something in my dorm or right, whatever right. but uh i did you did you ever take advantage of a bring your own cup to 7-eleven like no, slurpee I'm day <laughs> i've never done it before my roommate and i sophomore year of college we brought a protein tub and yeah. brought it in and mm-hmm. they were like yeah we're here for the slurpee thing and they were like yo y'all are crazy yeah. and we filled up the whole fucking protein tub with with uh slurpee Nice. And it was pretty dope. I mean, it was only like two bucks. Somebody should have brought a cooler. <laughs> Just a whole ass cooler. But then they made that thing where it had to fit through a certain hole or something like that. Yeah, it needs to fit. A, it needs to be a certain size. So like oh, okay. the protein tub was like the perfect size and, and whatever. So yeah, we were yeah. good. It, it, was, it was dope. Fuck it, man. But Slurpees are right. They're not that good. I feel like Slurpees are overrated. They they definitely are. But you know it's I mean? just, you know, I was so happy to have a, a protein tub, a Slurpee, and just like high as shit. I'm like, yo, man. I, this is gonna last me the whole day. So fuck the system. Fuck the system. Fuck seven eleven. Yeah. Fuck eleven seven. <laughs> I'm taking advantage of free Slurpee Day. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's not as exciting though. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> they just give get, you a baby cup. Yeah, I give you a baby cup. They give you two sips of Slurpee, <laughs> and like you get to scoop out like half an inch of Slurpee, and then you're like, ah, I guess this is free. And the Monopoly Man is there as he whips every person <laughs> who gets their their whip uh, drops of uh, Slurpee. It's like Facts. yes, yes, drink cows. Facts. And then he tickles you under your pants a little bit. <laughs> and he's like, yo, man, like, what you doing after the Slurpee? And you're like, yo, Monopoly, man, chill, chill. And he just, he's like, nah, bro, like, I'm trying to, like, I, the Slurpee went inside you. I'm trying to do there, the same. Oh. There, there, there's, like, a shine on his <laughs> monocle. There's, like, a quick shine on the monocle. It's yeah. like, come on. And he just licks you and runs away. Yeah, man, worst experience ever at fucking um, 7-Eleven. But, yeah, man, so now, uh, <laughs> now we got some topics to bring up <laughs> on that note. Um, the first story is uh, Monopoly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I got three topics for you, as per okay, usual, okay. and then we got the AMC section later. As, also, it's as a ver- we do. it's a very special episode, special number thirty. We are number thirty. Yeah, it's and crazy. Well, what's bro. today, by the way? August twenty eighth. August two thousand twenty two. One day it will be this day, but in two thousand seventy, we'll probably mm-hmm. be on dead. I don't know. <laughs> we'll probably be on episode five hundred. Episode six thousand. Yeah, probably. And uh, the three stories I got for you today is um, a homeless island on Miami. Homeless island in Miami. Then okay. I got um, this you probably seen. Uh, CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart contribute to the opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. And my third story is uh, the 335 March mile march for farmers' rights. Okay. So I feel like. Yeah, man. I, I'll pick one big one that everybody knew about, but these two other ones, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? You know what I mean? So. <laughs> I like these stories. I think they're very interesting and they're just super random. You know, I bet if those stories were people, Frankie, they'd like you too. You think so? 
I think so, man. Nice. I, ju- <laughs> I, I just think so. But I'm, I'm either a homeless, uh, an opioid addict, or a farmer. <laughs> so or I don't know. all three. Mm, maybe. A homeless farmer, <laughs> opioid addict. A, ho- a homeless pharmaceut- pharmacist who fucks with farmers. Or fucks farmers. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I man. can see it. America fucks farmers. <laughs> <laughs> Over. <laughs> oh, I... Oh, What's yeah. Up? No. <laughs> <laughs> the joke was too late to finish. <laughs> but yeah, bro. I got these stories. I got to feed you water, so I'm going to take a little sip. Uh, say something while I take my sip. I'm going to take a very long sip. Go. Oh, you're going to take a long-ass sip of water? Just going to go... <laughs> Yep. Nice. Yeah, man, that shit was crazy, bro. <laughs> that shit was onomatopoeia sips. <laughs> but let me get into this Miami shit, right? Dude. So I heard this on a Theo Vaughn podcast, something I've been listening to lately. He's a comedian, and he's fucking hilarious, bro. Check that shit out. That sh- every any interview with him, I mean, at least with the comedians that I've seen, is fucking so funny. And uh, they brought up this thing that's happening in Miami not too long ago. This is very recent, actually. And what they want to do is create this island for homeless people in Miami. Now, first thing I want to say is that, you know, you can't say homeless anymore. What what do you mean? You can't say homeless no more. So, you know how, like, you can't say certain words no more because 2022 and sensitive people. Okay. Um, So, instead of saying homeless, you have to say people experiencing homelessness. That seems like such a roundabout way of saying it. Sounds like stupid, (laughs) right? Like, so... I'm going to try to say experiencing homelessness, but I feel like that's mad syllables. And I feel like, I think we're all okay with saying homeless people, right? I mean, yeah, I don't know. That just seems so bizarre. <clears throat> I like, swear, man. Did, did you see like who no. dictates that or people, whatever? Journalists abide it. People will abide it. All PC culture will abide it. And people in the news have to abide it now. Like if you say homelessness or homeless people, you're being offensive. <laughs> Call them bums, Angel said. Yeah, you might as well. People are experiencing bum, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It, it's crazy. It's real. It's 2022. That's gonna be my catchphrase. It's crazy. It's real. It's 2022. That's so weird. No, how about it's crazy. It's true. It's 2022. That's I a mean, little better. It, it rhymes. It rhymes. Too. It rhymes. So, <laughs> and he's just shaking his head. He's like, "You guys are so dumb." <laughs> So this is a tra- uh, so the idea for a transition jo- zone was first suggested by Commissioner Joe Corolla in 2021. It was a pitch as a way to connect people who are homeless with social services, right? Um, so now there's a thing in Miami called the Miami Dade County Homeless Trust, and what they do is they assist homeless people in Miami Dade County uh, through a homeless hotline, a shelter referrals, and access to info or on other homeless services. Um, the plan was criticized by them, the Miami Day Trust, because uh, they they were like, no, we don't fuck with this. And I'll get into more detail later. But it was also opposed by people who bike, hike and paddle along the area. So, mind you, they want to mm. move homeless people to an island. Right? What if we just took all the homeless <laughs> people and put them over there? Yep. I, I literally wrote that down. I'm like, I, I wrote this is either homeless heaven or Patrick's idea. Put some shit somewhere else. <laughs> Um, so it'll be small houses near outdoor recreational areas on the Virginia Key. That's the area that they're trying to move it to in Miami. Now, a similar plan came about in Pineas County and other cases with the help of nonprofit or religious groups. Um, Pinea County basically developed 10 acres that started as 250 tents and grew into a complex called Pinea Hope that includes offices, efficiency apartments, and a library for the homeless, right? 
Sounds too close to Panera. (laughs) (laughs) Panera homeless bread. Uh, (laughs) Catholic charities in partnership with the interfaith community, local government, businesses, and other not-for-profits established Panera's Hope on December 1st, 2007, on 10 acres of land located in Clearwater and donated by the Diocese of St. Petersburg. Uh, The OCs. With the goal of assisting homeless adults in the streets by providing temporary emergency shelter, initially consisting, like I said earlier, 250 units of emergency shelter in a little house. Okay. Let me me take off my hat real quick. So they oppose the idea because it it does not adhere to federal guidelines tied to programs that are meant to encourage a housing first philosophy. Um, basically like we don't want to just put them in homes we want to get them inside actual homes you know mm. so like you know that's what they're trying to do like build homes specifically for homeless people yeah like instead of just moving the problem somewhere else like Patrick it's more so like let's help them be able to find homes like afford their own houses not public things just lend to them to so they're not like an eyesore or interfering with other people's lives that that is interesting but mm-hmm. I, I mean before we get more into it it's just like yeah. the, the way I look at that is just kind of like Depending on how nice or how yeah. like regulated or whatever the case or whatever the case might be of yeah. like this island might be, aren't they just kind of creating a lower class? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't think so because like they are lo- the lowest class well, <laughs> already. You know. I guess. Well, I mean, I I I guess what I'm getting at is like yeah. by doing this, by giving them this opportunity, what like where which. I don't know yet, but mm-hmm. maybe it seems like it's not like it's not going to be fucking condos or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be little houses. Yeah, like small apartments or things like that, whatever the case might be. Um, I just feel like that's almost creating a new class where it's like uh, they're right above homeless people, but they're not like low lower class. It's like just another step almost. Ish. I mean, I guess like. You can say that they're kind of owning apartments or like renting apartments because, you know, when you rent an apartment, you don't own the apartment. You know, like you still mm-hmm. have to give that shit up if you ever move out. Mm-hmm. It's not the like literal sense of like owning a home. Yeah. But I still think that it's just if you're homeless, you're homeless. Like, you know, like the sorry, if you're experiencing homelessness, <laughs> you're, exper- <laughs> you're experiencing you're experiencing bumness, you're experiencing bumness. Right. <laughs> and so I think with this, I think it's more so just about like, like, again, like, what is it out of sight, out of mind? for mm-hmm. everybody but it's still the same thing it's just a more congested area for people that are doing that you know yeah i i guess because like the way because like the, what really makes me think about what i just said is um uh thinking of like sort of sci-fi movies and things like that mm-hmm. uh specifically blade runner where mm-hmm. buildings are super tall and thing and uh, uh also in like star wars too where buildings are super tall or or they'll go in the ground and dependent on how much more lower you are physically is yeah. like also uh representative of your class in mm-hmm. society and so it's like i that like that's more of a physical representation yeah. of that but um I don't know. It could be a step towards that. I mean, I don't know. All of California is disgusting <laughs> because, you know, it's just homeless people everywhere. And I'm not saying homeless people are disgusting. I'm saying, I mean, they don't have essential services like, you know, a bath, tub, or, you know, a fucking, you know, places to cleanse themselves, eat their own food. And I mean, realistically, <clears throat> homelessness is a big problem in general. And that stems from a lot of different things. Like mm-hmm. people think of homeless people as nuisances and eyesores, but the, and, and realistically, it's more so like, you know, a government problem and also our problem also, you know, like it's, it's a, it's a mixture of everything. And uh, I have a couple of friends that are very passionate about that. You know, um, 
about people experiencing homelessness. <laughs> and, and to me, it's interesting. I just think there's a lot of wrong and right that's being done. Like, there's not a perfect way to address it. But I just think that people are just nudging it off and saying, like, ah, it doesn't really affect me. Because all these politicians and all these big name people that are rich, they don't live in communities where there's a lot of homeless people, you know? Uh, even with that, what you're saying with, in terms of classes, like right above the homeless are the barely homeless. The people are like barely making it every month with rent and like food and all that stuff, government and cheese. So, I mean, I, I don't know, like how far are we from being, you know, as close to homeless people, you know, like realistically in terms of money. You know? I mean, that, that's kind of what mm-hmm. I mean. It's like, yeah. it's almost like creating another step where it's like. Mm-hmm. But now. the step already exists is what I'm trying to like that. Like, I don't think I think yeah. that, well, it's just mm-hmm. while it might already exist, I think this is like a governmental way of putting a label on it of like huh. now the government is saying like this is this class. How though? They're already like, I don't understand. I don't understand it because it's like if they move to an island, like why? Why is it not already that before the island? Because before the island, they had no one to like give them anything or they uh, do though they have like food banks shelters you know like a lot of those things like programs and no yeah. you're, and this you're, is this has already existed before this i know? mean like i said mm-hmm. before i'm just kind of getting yeah. at that early in this early yeah, yeah, yeah. in this story like i that's just kind of like my initial thoughts you, my initial you. ideas of like it seems like they're creating a lower class mm-hmm. but i don't know okay so so like the so basically like i said the miami-dade county homeless trust opposes the idea because it doesn't adhere federal guidelines tied to programs that are meant to encourage a housing first philosophy the public county agency also backs up this approach like let's get them to own homes first before we get them homes that we're building out of our pocket and stuff like that and now there's a a person named esther alonso she's the owner and operator of the virginia key outdoor center And she, she says that the opposition against the project, the little houses on the island, is not about not in my backyard elitist. Basically, she's saying, like, we're not trying to oppose this because we don't want them in our backyard. Right. Like, so, okay. you know, but then she says this, quote, this is about land like no other natural area in Miami. End quote. And then she says, quote, nobody wants a homeless encampment in their backyard. So we'll put it in everybody's backyard in a gem of a public park. It would not be. It would not be a good coexistence situation. You can't have a bunch of homeless men around teenage girls in bikinis. So doesn't mm. it, it sound like she's like saying it is a like not in my backyard approach, even though she opposes that? Or is she saying that because it's going to be in a quote unquote park instead of like your home, your literal home? I'm a little confused as to what she's trying to <laughs> get too. at, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. What the fuck, I don't think she knows what she's trying to say. So so. You said that she's in position or, or in opposition. She's the operator of the. No, she's op, she's opposed to it. But she's saying that it's not about uh, a not in my backyard. Like she's not trying to say like, oh, I don't want this in my backyard. She's like, oh, what we're doing is putting it in everybody's backyard, a public park. I feel like, I feel like, and that's why she opposes it. I feel like the idea of um, the homeless people being in everyone's backyard is what we're dealing with currently. Yeah, where it's just literally in everyone's backyard uh there could be a homeless person on any sidewalk any corner whatever yeah even um, in this apartment there could be few future homeless people you know yeah. what i mean i feel well yeah continue no so it's just uh that just seems that just seems like a almost a contradictive yeah, statement that's, that's what right? i wrote she sounds like a hypocrite of this shit like, i it i don't i don't know I don't know if she knows what she wants. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I put that in there just because I was like, what the hell? And I think this article was very, very well written. I didn't write down who wrote it. My bad. But, <laughs> but, um, here we go. But it's, uh, it's done really well. And I think it goes through all the nooks and crannies of the people from Miami. 
Like it's a Miami local. I think it's Miami Tribune, but okay. it's a bunch of local people talking about it. So I think it's pretty dope because realistically, like our homeless situation is terrible. So it's Philadelphia's, and definitely California. Like the mm-hmm. motherfuckers have blocks full of homeless people. In yeah. It. And a lot of people recently got upset. At, what's his name? Our mayor Edward. No, what's his name? Eric. Eric Adams. Eric Adams for uh, going to places on the BQE close to where I live, and basically cleaning up, quote unquote, cleaning up. Um, homeless encampments under the BQE and throwing mm. out people's stuff and saying like they can't be here. And a lot didn't of people, we, didn't we put that on, on our yeah. Instagram? It's on our supplementary if you want to check it out on our older ass episode. Um, and a lot of friends of mine were opposing this, saying that what he's doing is wrong because these people have nowhere to go. And Eric Adams justified it by saying, uh, "I don't understand how people can be okay with these people living on the street. Like you go into these locations and you see a bunch of needles on the floor, garbage everywhere." And I won't defend anything he's saying, but I'll say one thing that that where they are and what I pass by all the time was literally two blocks from middle school. You know, I'm not saying all homeless people are evil or rapists or this and that, but I will say, say like literally it's two blocks from a middle school and like three, four blocks from a park, like a public park. So, you know, take that as you will. Uh, I'm kind of like, how about y'all stop fighting and put all the effort into the home situation? You know, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's not an easy thing to solve. So. Uh, William Poro, the city director of human services, <clears throat> described this concept as a humane way to help, quote, chronically homeless, end quote, people who refuse to go to a shelter. He also mentioned that there will be a zero tolerance policy on drug use, alcohol and violence. And that to go there would be completely voluntary. Now, in Miami, a class action lawsuit over police harassment of the homeless led to a federal consent decree that protected certain rights for people on the street. OK, you know. But in 2019, that decree was shut down. And since the city has made it difficult for people to live in public spaces outside of a shelter. So they were like, oh, we're going to help you. And in 2019, they were like, nah. Yeah. You know? And one idea brought up by the commission earlier, I forgot his name. I'll say it again. To fix this problem. Gordon. <laughs> yeah. To fix this problem is to move people experiencing homelessness from densely populated areas such as downtown. I wrote Lil, but it's Little. Low Havana and Overtime. <laughs> and um, this is how the plan for the islands came about. The island will be located on the Virginia Key. Okay. That's what it's called. Now, <clears throat> there are 27,000 homeless people in Florida. How many? Did I already tell you how many homes will be built? Homes? Yeah. That, nah. How many do you think are going to be built? There's 27,000 people experiencing homelessness. I think there's going to be like 1,000. There's going to be 50 to 100 tiny homes. On Virginia Key, an 863 acre barrier land. 5,200? No, 5,200. 5,200. Yeah, like 500 oh. to uh, 100. Oh, wow. That's fucking stupid, right? Like, what the fuck? It's crazy. I feel like everybody's wrong. Um, this location is home to a summer camp for kids. Uh, There's a sewage plant that's not too far away. And then I wrote the joke here I just said earlier. This is either homeless heaven or literally Patrick's idea of why don't we take the homeless people <laughs> and push them somewhere else? Um, so now there's there's an alliance called the Virginia Key Alliance who opposes this plan. And, uh, they say that this goes against their Virginia Key master plan that's approved by the city. Okay. So I think the master plan part is pretty hilarious. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? It's very, uh, (laughs) evil. (laughs) (laughs) It's like this went from a fucking news story to a DC comic. (laughs) So I'm going to read you who the Virginia Key Alliance is and what they are is well, why they exist from what it says here. They exist to preserve and protect Miami's unique playground for cyclists, runners, 
swimmers, rowers, paddlers, paddleboarders, outriggers, manatees, dolphin rays, uh, dolphins rays, seagrass, mangroves, and other regular users of the land, trails, and basin. Uh, who they are is a coalition of concerned citizens dedicated to preserving Virginia Key and its unique environment for active outdoor recreation, its safe venue for non-motorized water sports, and its lush wildlife and natural setting. The Alliance seeks and supports community participation and ongoing planning for any development and improvements to Virginia Key, such as such a, such changes will impact generations to come. Okay. So they want to kind of conserve all this stuff. And what the master plan is, <laughs> the um, uh, they say in their website, this is our opportunity to continue to develop Virginia Key as a unique park, both green and blue. I underline this available for all Miami citizens to enjoy Except bums, apparently, <laughs> you know? So interesting. Yeah. It is a guideline that can and should be used to remind our local officials how the public sees the future of Virginia Key. And the last thing I have about them is <clears throat> another thing that I wanted to online, but I didn't. But it says uh, the Virginia Key Alliance is a co coalition of concerned citizens dedicated to preserving Virginia Key and its unique environment for active outdoor recreation. So basically what I said earlier, the whole thing about like, you know, they want it to look nice and pretty. Um, apparently, I mean, surprisingly, um, there's a group called cycling group, which is, you know, people who ride their bikes uh -huh. and they made a pretty good point. They argued that the encampment is too close to a sewage line. And I thought their best point was this. Um, it's not close enough to social services buildings. Mm. So I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like that's the first good point I've heard from anybody. <laughs> and I mean, it comes from people riding bikes. That I was curious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> people riding bikes yeah i mean they're the ones you know something that i was curious about uh -huh. is like if they're on an island how how is that like how do you access the island from like i guess a boat the mainland you if, damn because it's just that just speaks to how difficult it would be to like traverse to get to the mainland to yeah. get your services and whatever things like yeah. that like unless you love boats <laughs> and then you're good you know like I guess. I mean, like, I guess people fucking like commute from Staten Island every day. Yeah, it just it just seems like a lot of work to put on uh, on a homeless person. Yeah. Where and, it's and like like an ambulance. Like, we'll say you need a hospital. I mean, or like this or that. And I mean, I don't, again, I don't read the story saying like it's a good thing. To me, it's just a super funny, interesting story. Not funny it, for the people that are homeless, but funny. Like, this is so weird. Like, it's you know, weird. It's a weird story, right? Like, I, there's no side to take. I hope it nobody's listening. Because like. Back to my initial thoughts, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, it just feels dystopian. Yeah, almost. it's just true. kind of like, which I I guess is one of the main reasons why mm -hmm. I'm like, is this just sort of a class thing where yeah. it's like, are they just really solidifying like a, mm -hmm. a whole class to where we can just really point and be like, that's where the poor people mm -hmm. live. But also like, that's where people are like, it's not just a little camp for them. It's also just a bunch of other stuff, you know, like it's a sewage plant, like our kids are camping there and stuff like that. Like it's a shared area, yeah. like not just like an isolated area for just homeless people, which I thought at first, but I think it's going to be a whole shared area and a subsection will be for the people who are experiencing. No, yeah, you know how annoying I, it is to say experiencing homelessness, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like I hate that. The reason I'm changing so much is because I want to see how long I can go without getting frustrated by saying that shit. But that shit sucks, bro. It's mad syllables. <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely understand that like they're going to share the space and whatnot. Yeah. But um, it it's not as much of a populated area as, as the main streets oh, of, for sure. yeah. of Florida are yeah. and things like that. So it's just like, mm -hmm. you know... 
I don't know how to feel about it. It's like I, on the mm-hmm. one hand, I want to be like, I guess this is like a step in the right direction, but at the yeah. same time, it's like only time will tell. Where like the long term effects of this, where this yeah. could just be that dystopian thing, where yeah. it's like it's just gonna we're just gonna bubble all the homeless people into yeah. one area. I still think though, like a dystopia, a utopia would include no homeless people. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like I think if you, even if you walk around the streets that have a lot of people that are homeless there, it's already dystopian to begin with. You know, I just think it's just not seeing the problem of it, which I get what you mean when you're in terms of like you point and be like, oh, that's where all the homeless people live. But it's also like 50 to 100 homes is not going to cover 27,000 people. Like, no. I, I'm, I'm sure they're still going to see homeless people. And uh, I just think, again, I don't think a lot of people want to participate in assisting homelessness because it's just like it's, just, it's not just it's not like hunger. Right. Like, what do you do to, to, to fix hunger, like world hunger? You feed mouths. Right. But with homelessness, it's like. A variety of people like some people don't want to go to shelters some people rely too much on shelters some people are just mentally you know disabled and they don't know what to do in general but are doing violent you know it's just like a b c d e f like there's so much types of people like that you know and even before like a while back when we covered um shelters i forgot what it was but i brought up the fact that a lot of women who are in shelters i think this is what we talked about <clears throat> but i know for sure that a lot of women don't feel safe in shelters so there's shelters just for women and, and kids but even those the women don't feel safe in, in front of other women because it's a lot of violence that goes on mm. and there's a limited cap space. So I guess the only positives I can see from this is that it's a dedicated area to help homeless people. You know, like, you know, like maybe it's not you live there forever, but you can go, you know, rehabilitate. Maybe they'll help you through there, find you like a job or something like that. But I don't know. Like it just uh, it's interesting how they're going to compensate for like how they're going to get to work. Like, you know, are they going to be, maybe they can work on the island, you know, get paid to fix it up, build more things. Like, that'd be kind of cool. I, because I, I was also kind of thinking about that too, but it's like, you know, mm-hmm. then they're just, I, I I don't know how I feel if, of the idea of mm-hmm. them working on the island as well, because then it's like, mm-hmm. then I feel like that just really makes it even more of a bubble where it's like, they don't have to go anywhere. Their job and their life is there. And then they have. I don't know about their life though, but their job is there. I mean, like. I don't think it's a permanent residence. It's not. It's not like a city. Like that. Imagine a small, like a city to that well, island is so small scale. Like, what if you reach a certain financial well, that, income that it lets you leave? And once they find out you reach that certain limit, like you can leave and you can find like a job in an apartment. You know, like it's a gateway to get out of there. No, I, I, um, I I'm aware. Of it. Um, yeah. It's just uh, what, what, what I mean more so is like again, this could be a step towards that direction. I'm not saying yeah. that's what it is, but mm. it's like this could be one small step towards doing that. We're like just creating a bubble where mm. everything just kind of stays there. Like, I'm not saying that's what it is right yeah. now, but because again, the intentions seem well. And yeah. that's why I said before, it's really only, only time will tell how this will play out in the long term. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel really iffy about this. I'm yeah, like, just cause eh. like the, when it happened in the, for the last 15 years, it's been happening in Pinellas County. I mean, they started only with 250 tents. And if you see here, like, this is how the tents look. Like, they're literally just tents, like, mm-hmm. grouped next to each other. That looks a little weird. But then it grew to, uh, like I said, a complex called the Panay's Hope that now has offices, efficiency apartments, and a library for the homeless. You know? So, I think, in a way, I'm not saying this is you, but it's also saying, like, you, I mean, you got to start with something, you know? And if you don't feel good about it, like, you can't prevent, I'm not saying you are, but you can't prevent all the homeless people from, like, you know, and the government from trying something else to help them, you know, because it made it's an odd story. I'm iffy on it myself, 
but I'm also willing to like let. I mean, I'm not homeless, so I can't really speak for him. You know, like it's like I can't speak on how it's like to be Indian. I'm not Indian. You know, I can oh, only speak. Not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's also like maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work out. And I just think it's ridiculous that it's a hundred houses and people are getting upset about it. But I think all these assholes getting upset about it, it's like, oh, I don't want them to ruin my park. You know, it's like, how much have you donated to that park? Like, how much do you care? Like, you're just using the services, never contributing to it. Damn. <laughs> That's right, Link. <laughs> He's like, shut the fuck up, both of you. <laughs> fuck homeless people. Nah, I mean, <laughs> That's what Link said, not me. Um, so in the last, the last point the guy made from the bike place, he was like, and this man, mosquitoes. <laughs> the that, that's the last point he made so he said a uh, location that will work more is liberty city which i thought granted fought off the yeah. bat but apparently i didn't even know liberty city was a real place you learn something new every podcast that's <laughs> what i'm saying <laughs> uh so funny enough the commissioner joe carollo who suggested the virginia key idea once sponsored an ordinance that banned encampments on public par- property and empowered police officers to arrest homeless people if they refuse to be moved to a shelter so he's all he's like i'm trying to help but he's also like fuck these guys yeah you know? and women and he did this because homeless people block sidewalks they littered and left urine and feces in public spaces um carollo then further sponsored a resolution to create an quote adopt a homeless person program uh, sorry quote adopt a homeless program end quote that would allow people he called hypocrites to take people in from off the street hmm. so he's kind of like an extremist in terms of just like making a point I think so. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't want to help homeless people. We're going to put them on an island. But, you know, if you try to be homeless, I'm going to make people arrest you. Oh, but you don't want to help the home situation. And you say you do. How about you adopt one? It's like, yo, bro, what the fuck is wrong? Maybe he's the problem, (laughs) you know, because I'm not trying to invite a homeless person to my house. (laughs) I'm not trying to invite half the people I know to my house. You get me? Like, he's bugging out. I don't know. You know, I think he's just confused. I, I mean, he just sounds like a politician. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of like bouncing between one thing to the other and just kind of being like this, that, that. This. There's a certain word for that type of politician. Not a, not a swing state, but it's like a flip-flop, like a flip-flopper. Mm. You know what I mean? So so now uh, this plan came about weeks after the city was sued by advocacy groups over the treatment of people living on the street. So this all came from somewhere. And lastly, the legal services of Greater Miami, Southern Legal Council, and American Civil Liberties Union filed a federal lawsuit accusing the city of violating constitutional rights by destroying the personal property of people experiencing homelessness during regular cleanup of encampments. Kind of like Eric Adams did. Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah, yeah, you can't do that to people. And I think so, too, because like when, when you throw out the stuff of people who own nothing, <laughs> saying you're cleaning up the sidewalks, it's like, bro, like you're an asshole. Like, you know, like when you look at it in the biggest picture, you know, but... I don't know. Uh, I mean, I was in Texas one time and I was supposed to go on the tunnel. I was going to walk somewhere in Texas. Everything's far away. And then I saw a whole tunnel that was full of darkness and about like 500 homeless people. And I was like, let's take a cab. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to walk in the neck, you know, and fucking call me like this or that. But like, you do that shit. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to do that. I don't know who's under there. You know, like uh, truth be told, like you never know what, who like, like Angel said, you got to be aware. You know, you don't know who the fuck is who. And, you know, like I think I can say this and this is not true, but I think a homeless person has less to lose than somebody, you know, that doesn't, if that makes any sense. It's homed. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to say like, hey, let me rob this guy for his stuff. What do I have to lose? You get me? It's not true for every homeless people. Absolutely. I'm just saying, fuck that. <laughs> I'm not trying to do all that. So that's pretty much the whole story of Homeless Island. Um, again, I don't have any agreement, disagreement with the whole thing. I just think it's a fucking ridiculous. Yeah, no, you know? I just, you know, 
I'm I guess if anything, I'm a little more skeptical than mm. than I am optimistic about it. I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. But <laughs> again, I'm giving it the benefit of doubt. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it plays out in the long term. I'm just kind of <laughs> like, this is it's a weird story. I'm it's like, super what the weird. Fuck? Yeah. An island for homeless people. What the <laughs> fuck? It, only like a hundred of them, bro. I mean, maybe they'll ha- maybe it'll be like homeless college. <laughs> you know, again, like it university just feels so, of- <laughs> it just feels so dystopian. It's just kind of like fucking oh yeah, that oh yeah, the homeless island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the homeless people live there. Yeah. My kid like, goes to camp over there. You know? <laughs> like what the fuck? It's mm-hmm. so weird. But that's Florida mm-hmm. for you. Always but, doing some crazy shit. But it's also like Louis C.K.'s joke when he invites his sister from upstate to come. Mm, and she yeah, comes, you know, you and she, this one. she sees a homeless, um, she's never been to New York City. She sees a homeless person and she's like, she goes up to him. She's like, oh my God, oh my God, we need, and they're at Penn Station. She's like, we need to help him. Sir, do you need, do you need food? Do you need water? Do you need somebody to call? And Lucy K is like, oh no, 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 no. Like Maggie, let's say, oh no, we don't do that here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's just that thing where it's like, we, we are blessed to be a, able to be opinionated on these things, you know, and any, anybody can be opinionated, right? But I'm saying that we have the opportunity to, you know, be here, like here, anybody's home and this and that, you're our own homes is what I'm trying to say. And I think uh, in New York City, we walk we walk past homeless people all the time. And I guarantee you for anybody that's in New York City, you do not help every single ho- homeless person, you know, because every New Yorker, real New Yorker that I was speaking to is like, I don't give money to people on the train. <laughs> Fuck out of here. You know, like the only money I give people to the train to is they, they truly understand me. Like I don't give money to Showtime unless that Showtime is like legit. <laughs> like if that Showtime is legit, it's crazy, man. And this is one guy on the 7 train called Jamel Knight. His, his Instagram is J-A-M-E-L-L-N-Y-T. I think so. Okay. And he was on the 7 train and I was like, damn, bro, like this guy sounds amazing. Right? And I, I think I just told him. I was like, yo, bro, like you sound great. Like that's you, He plays guitar and sings. And, mm-hmm. he, and like now he's blowing up. He has great music out and everything and he's like escalating into, you know, like, I don't want to say fame, but success. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's awesome. I think New York City is home to a lot of beautiful things, but you know, you never know what's happening and I'll say this other thing. This is a guy who there's a video going around that he was always in the train promoting dancing. Like he has a bunch of puppets around him dancing and then he got arrested. Okay. I don't know if you've seen that video. No, I haven't seen this. Like he literally does the same thing every single day for like years to come. And the only, he's not, he's not, was it soliciting technically? He just has his TikTok and his Venmo taped to a bucket if you want to donate. And the bucket is open if you want. Cause I don't think you, you don't control that. But after doing that for like years, the police stopped him. They said he can't do it. And they arrested him. And uh, he's a black man. So, you know, I'm not saying he got arrested because he's black, but it just makes matters worse that, like, he's just not doing anything wrong, you know, because he's been doing yeah, that forever. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what's, what, yeah. why, why did they arrest him? Who knows? And the vid- and again, like, he, he was saying, like, and even the video says, like, he's been doing this, like, for, I would say years or, let's say months. Like, he's always done this at this stop. And they just chose to arrest him on that very day. Wow. Whether that's to meet quota, whether these cops were just in a bad mood, but this guy literally promoting dancing and jolliness and people just around him, like happy to see him. They just put handcuffs on him. He's suing, I think so. So he's probably going to win some money anyway. So I guess okay. plan well mastered for by his point. But it <laughs> was sad. His <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just think it's a sad occurrence, man. And I think, uh, I don't know. I think, I just think <laughs> like, but the homeless situation is very, very severe. It always has been and it's continued to be so. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm skeptical overall with this whole thing. I just, I see more selfishness by arguing about it. Not you, but the politicians. And because none of them have the right reasons. None of them are like, let's just give it our all to help these people. 
you know? Yeah, I mean, it's like you said already, but it's just kind of a situation that people like to ignore yeah. almost. So it's just... It's, Not even it, like, I just say willingly ignore, you know? Okay. Yeah, you know. Okay. I, don't, I don't give homeless people money, I give them food, you know? Like, that's the one thing I'll do. I think most people abide that, you know? And then you ever give a homeless people food? He's like, no, I don't want that. I need money. And you're like, no, did bitch. I, did I ever tell you about the time <laughs> that um, I tried to give a homeless dude and his dog some dog food and he said no? Oh, yeah. he don't. Yeah, that was the whole thing, too. There was this whole theory about homeless people having dogs and this stuff like that. Like, that was going on forever. Like, there was a bunch of homeless people dressed the same. Like, they all are like bikers. And they were all tattoos and, like, vests. And they all had dogs with them. And the it was, fuck? yeah, it's a whole thing. That's a whole huge thing that happened. And when I was in Flushing, there would be one guy outside my store every single day. And he'll have a dog. And I'll be like, damn, poor dog. But there we go. You know, <laughs> I'm like, poor human. If he's actually homeless, though. Because some motherfuckers be making real money. Yeah. Like, in one of J. Cole's I, songs, he's like, oh, this guy cashed for a dollar on, on, like, 10 trains. And he's making, like, 30 bucks an hour. He's like, that's more money than me. You know, when he was yeah. coming up and stuff. I, um, I mean, working on St. Mark's in the Lower East Village, like, I've experienced a lot of homeless people and things like that. And, um... I, I was told by one of my coworkers who supposedly spoke to one of these mm-hmm. homeless guys at some point that this person used to be like a model and whatever and this and that and was like doing really well for themselves. But uh, then they fell into a bad drug habit and yeah. basically just spiraled outwards, like spiraled out of control mm-hmm. and ended up being homeless. What's this story? I love this story where you saw somebody be homeless for the first day. I yeah. fucking love this story. Can you, t- can you tell it just because it's fucking hilarious? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've said it before. Say on, it again. On the say show. It again. I, but yeah, it's just I saw some chick like I was on my way to work that day and fucking I saw some chick sitting with like the homeless people, mm-hmm. the usual homeless people there. And she was like writing a sign. She was just kind of like she was writing on like a cardboard hate like uh like pain and she <laughs> and she's like like this and they were like yeah like just like that and she's like oh my god i did it she gets up and she takes a, like the cardboard <laughs> she flips it around and it's like a sign that says like for money or something like that yeah. she's like yeah Woo! <laughs> and i was just like what the fuck <laughs> what did i just see bro did you try giving a homeless person ice cream one time too uh i, I used oh, to give some of the homeless people ice cream nice, sometimes nice. So in the, it, in the winter <laughs> it, even in the winter if they wanted it they got it oh that's fair um <laughs> there there was this one homeless dude who used to come in all the time yeah. where he would uh b- bother the customers and yeah. like uh panhandling pretty much he would ask the customers to like buy him ice cream and um <laughs> and like i the the way that i combated that was just by giving him ice cream yeah so that he wouldn't ask like or, or bother the customers how dare you have ben and jerry's makes so much money and they they need your support they need your ice cream sales so for you to I do think, that i think like, how ben, dare you give away free things i think ben and jerry themselves would approve <laughs> but fucking i <laughs> i fucking uh i remember one time there was like a line and he comes in and he's like hey man what's going on and like uh he goes for the fist bump yeah but um uh, i go for the fist bump Damn. and he just like opens up his hand and just like shakes my oh, hand okay, and like okay. really grabs it and stuff and i was like oh man where the fuck and, has that hand been <laughs> yeah and like and like the customer is like, yeah. there was a line, like they oh. all saw it. I was like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> wash my hand right now before like I, I continue serving ice cream. You gotta wash like, your hand for like six minutes with hot <laughs> steaming water. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was gonna ask me for a sharpie. Uh-huh. Did you get a sharpie? Oh my god. When I said, like, hey, so what? I said, some homeless guy came up to me. I was at a gas station, and then you know, he was asking for a sharpie. I was like, nah, we don't have anything. Instantly, nah, we don't have anything. <laughs> 
And then Vanessa goes, ooh, I might have a pen or something. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> You're like God I, damn it. I just said no, and you want to go ahead and give him one. I'm like, go, whatever. I'm like, if you have one, go ahead. So we give it to him, but he he had, you know, he had a cardboard, so he was signing something. And I told him, you know, you could keep it, but I don't think he heard me. And then all, all of a sudden, he's like, I'm trying to go to Florida. Yo. <laughs> Can y'all take me to Florida? I'm like, nigga, Florida. Oh, no, California. Sorry, California. He's like, California. I won't go to California. He said, yo, y'all think y'all could take me to California? I'm like, bro. In my head, I was like, ignore that. I ignored him. We drove off. And I told him, I said, I'm like, I haven't even been to California myself, yo. He wants me to take Cali, bro. I you should have go gone first. with him. <laughs> Shit, bro. He was trying to make moves, bro. <laughs> should have made it a road trip. Facts, man. You never know what could have happened, bro. See you later, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, that's Homeless Island in Miami. And uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to going there myself to Angel visit. Sir. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah, and take pictures of homeless people. Nah, I'm just kidding. That's what happens, bro. That's what happens. I'm gonna take a piss. <laughs> yeah, man, so. I mean, man, if you're homeless, you know, actually, Coalition for the Homeless is a lot of great things. You could donate to them. I, I've donated to them in the past. Not to like hide myself up, but I just feel like when I was looking for shit to help Yo, people. Get with, over yourself, man. <laughs> that, oh my God. that was like one of the best things that I found. Oh, look at me. I'm Frankie. <laughs> I donate. <laughs> look at me. I'm Hobby. Oh. I'm Hobby. Fuck homeless people. I don't give a fuck about them. Oh, I care so much about the homeless. I didn't even adopt a homeless person. <laughs> Yo, facts. <laughs> Uh, Cause I wouldn't, I would not do that <laughs> shit. Fuck a stranger in my house. <laughs> All right. So the next story I want to talk about, which I'm sure you saw on the news, is that basically CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart got to pay 650 million dollars because they've contributed to the opioid ec- epidemic. Mm-hmm. You know. So I was like, I was, I didn't want to do that one because there's a lot of new, like lawyer type shit that goes on between there. And I have a certain stance on that whole thing. But um, just to start off, I have certain like, facts about this year, but just pulling it up right now. Um, 70,630 people died from drug overdose in 2019. Uh, 10.1 million people misused prescription opioids in the past year. 1.6 people had an opioid use disorder in the past year. People use heroin, 745,000 people use heroin in the past year. 2 million people use methamphetamine in the past year. 50,000 people use heroin for the first time. Uh, did I say the heroin already? I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, I'm not sure. No, 745,000 people um, use heroin in the past year. 1.6 million people misuse prescription pain relievers for the first time. Two more. 14,480 deaths attributed to overdosing on heroin in 12-month period ending in June 2020. And lastly, 48,006 deaths attributed to overdosing on synthetic opioids over than methadone in the 12-month period ending June 2020. I just Googled. What is the opioid epidemic in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. All that shit popped up on hhs.gov slash opioids. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I told you this already, but uh, mm-hmm. I I almost made one of this my stories. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah, where I was like, uh, like the, the only reason why I never made it uh, one of my stories was because like, like you said, it's, it's a lot of lawyer talk. But at the same time, I was just kind of like, because it's a lot of lawyer talk, mm-hmm. how juicy is it going to really be? Oh, okay. So I'm interested to see how you make this juicy. Just fucking pour water off the mic. <laughs> Bruh. 
That's <laughs> water, not juice. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> um. Oh, so basically, um, CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart have to pay six hundred fifty million over fifteen years to two Ohio counties due to their contribution to the opioid epidemic. The verdict came in last November, and the trial lasted six weeks. Uh, Michael DeAngelis, executive director for corporate communications for CVS Health Corp, said that he disagreed with the decision, of course, and that, quote, pharmacists fill legal prescriptions written by DEA licensed doctors who prescribe legal FDA approved substances to treat actual patients in need, saying that it's not our fault we're giving these guys pills if the people who are licensed to hand them out are doing so incorrectly or, you know, and this and that. Mm -hmm. So. Just shifting the blame more Basically. than anything. And the two counties affected in Ohio are Lake and Trumbull. Like the county is called count, uh, Lake County and Trumbull County. Now, the reason I did want to bring it up is because it's also a very factual base. Because the facts I just told you, I just pulled up. Like I didn't have those written down. So I just figured like if anybody just started listening to this, I'll least to get some facts on it. Because I feel that before this... I mean, that crisis has been very interesting in general. Uh, I know with like opioids, I mean, a lot of people die from them. And that when a lot of people in the black community died from crack, which when you think about how, you know, DA sprouted, I mean, a lot of people still believe to this day. And it's kind of true that crack was put into the black community. And then a lot of black people were arrested, punished and fined for that. And if you read Carl Hart's book, um, Drug, Drug Use for Adults, the punishments for like a gram of heroin, like you can get 25 to life, I oh know five years off the bat. And even if you never committed a, a crime before in your life, like a first offense, you would immediately get five years plus, you yeah. know, so that, that being said, with a lot of crack that was put into these communities, um, the DEA sprouted because the funding was so grand. So it was kind of like something made by the government to benefit themselves, you know? Yeah. So that that's all I mean like that's an inside job. Basically. And like put black people in jeopardy of, you know, their livelihood, the this and that. <clears throat> I don't know if you ever heard of Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street? No. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole bunch of crazy shit. And we'll look at we could put it in the supplementary. This because there's too much to go into and I need to know the facts. But it's basically a bunch of black men and women that were just gaining wealth and this and that. And that just got deteriorated, you know, by just some fishy stuff that's happened. I forget there's some other thing called, but I forget what it's called. Um, but I want to bring this up also because, like, really you looked at black people that use crack as, like, addicts and this and that, whatever. And it's a good point made nowadays by many people that when white people are affected by opioids and, like, pills and you know, all these things that it's like, oh, we need to help them. Like, we need to, you know, it's just like, you know, I don't know, like, when Kyle's getting fucking drug overdose, it's the problem. But when this guy who's black getting, you know, it's like, oh, well, no, they're addicted. They're, you know, they're doing this to themselves, you know? I, um... Mm -hmm. I think I brought it up before on, on this show, mm -hmm. but I love the uh, It's Always Sunny episode when um, mm -hmm. D and Mac um, get uh, addicted to crack or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's just so stupid. So funny, man. But like the, the whole fact that they do that just so that they can try and uh, get health care or something like Unemployment. that. Unemployment. Unemployment. Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> Ridiculous. Nah, It's Always Sunny for the field. Make, make some great points. Uh, even when they were talking about like what the alcohol withdrawal, like when you stop drinking so much and they all thought they were dying, but they were just suffering from um, like not drinking. Like if you are a hard drinker and you completely stop, like you can die. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? That's, that's fucking crazy. So their episodes on that. I mean, they, they make a lot of good points, but they know how to like make jokes and receive them. And I think it's a very clever show and very funny, too. Um, Like South Park, some of the best shows come from just comedic, not relief, but just comedic outlets, mm -hmm. you know, but um. 
Cancel Dave Chappelle. I've never seen anybody say cancel Toy Sunny Philadelphia. <laughs> I've never seen anybody say let's cancel South Park. Except those real prick bitches like that, like have, you know, sticks up their asses that are like, we need to get rid of the show. You know what I mean? Like those people just fuck those people. <laughs> I, I I have heard like uh, some people that are in opposition to like South Park and stuff kind of say that um that they feel like uh South Park with what it's become in, in later seasons yeah. and stuff of like how political it's become and whatnot in the show mm -hmm. that um it almost aids uh people that are more right wing and whatnot yeah. just because um they like people that are more right wing see uh like South Park making fun of the left side yeah. and whatever and they they're kind of like yeah you see they're they're making fun of it so that's affirming like my feelings mm -hmm. of how I feel about it and so mm -hmm. I was like I guess that's kind of like an interesting way of looking at it. I think South Park has always been political, but also everything else. And I think that the left people, you know, they're they're getting, they're saying that stuff, or the right people are saying that stuff because both sides do so much to make themselves get made fun of, you know. And I just think that the right is also getting made fun of. They just complain less because you know they're these, oh man, America, this and that. But the left I, is complaining about it so much. But I think I think they represent both sides fair. And at the end of the day, it's always going to be that stance because what, what South Park does so cleverly is use their freedom of speech, like I mean, expression. Yeah, you know, like that's, South Park yeah. is a satire, so yeah. it's like. And so with that, like it's always going to be like because if once you say like, but what about freedom of speech? Everybody who's a liberal is like, well, you you know you can't, uh, you know, like you can't like, you can't uh, say that. And it's like you, well, I technically can't. Like, um, <laughs> you I don't, know? I, did you ever watch the um the I think it was a vaccination special? Oh no, I never. South Park? And I honestly don't even keep up with the newer episodes. I love the old ones so much. Mm -hmm. I just respect the writers so much and but, i uh, feel like they're they're like they're not that stupid dumbass uh definitional woke like they're just woke in terms of like no this world is retarded you know i mean we're gonna make shows that are like this and to show you guys a mirror of yourselves but you know? one of the jokes in the vaccination special was because um like certain kids in south park like uh, uh start falling under the QAnon uh, oh, yeah, yeah. group and things like that mm -hmm. and other kids are like super pro vaccine and whatever and then they kind of get into an argument out in the streets like they're about mm -hmm. to fight and um they give like each of them names like a like the freedom fighters like the QAnon cuties yeah. and um <laughs> like the news report is like the freedom fighters are just trying to make sure that these teachers get their vaccines and they're just trying to do what's right yeah. okay and like the other news report is like yeah, but what about the Qunan cuties? Don't they? Mm -hmm. Don't you think that they're also doing what they believe in, what's right? And news reporters like, no, <laughs> no, that's not what they're doing. That's not how it works. No, man. it only works. It only works if they ab abide my opinion. You know what I mean? And it's just like y'all so are both that, dumb. <laughs> that was just a funny joke where like they, they do that like a yeah. few times. Our news reporters like, no, like. The freedom fighters, they're just doing their best they can to be like law abiding citizens. Yeah, it's man. so good. AKA CNN and Fox. <laughs> you know, just to make sure both those things. Mind you, like, we all have political opinions, I think, so we also have nothing to say. But I just think that, man, fuck all that shit. I know, I know we literally talk about news, so obviously our opinions come out and some that. We know we obviously do have them. But I also think it's just a weird time, and it has been for a long time how weird everything's been with just. You know, you can say this, but you can't say that. But you have to say this, but you can't say that. And it's like, what the fuck? You know, like, why would I say anything in this day and age? But we have a whole podcast. <laughs> so whatever. Uh, I, I did see the little clip with uh, Eric Carmen talking about like 
at the end, like he was opposing uh, people with like vegetarian menus and vegan menus. And he was like, he was like, no, I understand now. I understand now. It's like, it's not that you guys hate me or want us to stop eating meat. It's like, oh no, like bad things for us. It's like, you basically saying like, you want to eat vegan stuff that's just as bad for you, you know, like that tastes exactly like me. And, and I understand you now because a lot of like vegan products, like, like the Impossible Burgers and stuff like that, like mm. people eat them like, you know, because it's better and they'll be like, oh, it's a better alternative. You know, it's bad to eat, you know, beef. But and this I remember seeing a long ass time ago, like when when Impossible Burgers weren't out, but people were making them on online. Like we've just made a burger with with you know, what's it called, beets and eggs and this and that. And a lot of the articles that came out were saying like, but they're still extremely high in sodium. Right? They're still extremely high in all these little areas. You know, I don't hate on people for being vegan and vegetarian. Like I'll joke about it all the time. I'm just like whatever. Like I have a lot of friends that are vegetarian. I think that's fine. You know, like I just. I'm not so passionate about bacon that I'm going to hate you for it. Like, oh, you're such a pussy, bro. Like, I don't make those jokes. I think those are out of taste. And the only people out of taste are vegans. (laughs) 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 No, I'm kidding. But Impossible Burgers and Impossible Nuggets taste the same. I think so. Except AMC Theaters. I had the Impossible Nuggets. Oh, yeah. Trash. Uh, But mozzarella sticks are slamming. I got, you know, I got a Mm. coupon for free Impossible Nuggets at Bear Burger. Oh, are we out? We out. We out, and then afterwards get some real food. <laughs> no. no, but That's fucking, funny, did you really get a coupon? I, I had, nice. I, 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 it's dead ass happened. Uh, I believe you now. <laughs> no, I um to something that I was also thinking about before yeah. um to kind of go back to sort of like the political stuff okay, and whatever, yeah. like mm-hmm. South Park mm-hmm. just for to continue this beat yeah, for, sure. for a second I'm with it, bro. but um the boys is another show that's dealt with a lot of political backlash from the community uh similar to South Park I would say mm-hmm. where uh if uh if you don't know what the boys is it's a satirical superhero show from Amazon Prime and um it based off of a comic of the same name and um it the whole show and is the comic, comic in in like in on it like do they help them the make the show or is it just satirical rip off of the comic the comic so the comic makes fun of uh like itself the comic makes fun of like comic superhero mm. like genre while the show makes fun of like uh movie superhero genre oh okay, okay. just because like that's what's more modern and whatever gotcha, like gotcha. the movie aspect of everything mm-hmm. um but yeah it's uh the show is super political and stuff like that with its characters and stuff like that and um i had seen on reddit that uh the subreddit for the boys had gone under turmoil where people were just getting into arguments and like uh spreading hate speech and like sending threats and things like that to mm-hmm. other people just because um people more specifically on the right side were noticing the jokes that were being made about them on the boys Mm -hmm. and were getting really upset about that. (laughs) And this is a show that now has three seasons Mm -hmm. and there's, this is a show again, a satire that makes fun of everyone. Yeah. So it's like the fact that they only just noticed this is kind of like, wow, like you're kind of late to the game. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they're getting so upset about it is kind of crazy because mm-hmm. like, again, there's just been hate speech and threats yeah, yeah. and things like that happening on the subreddit. And it's yeah. just kind of been in turmoil. And, and that, that's like, when wow. it gets really crazy. Like I, I like when it comes to just like real, real hate, like hate speech or like, you know, racism and stuff like that or real like this and that, like, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. Because I still stay like technically we can say whatever we want, but like. Now there's public, private companies that handle those things. I don't know if you've heard of the new uh, social media. It's called Getter. G-E-T-T-R I think so 
I was watching this the KSI boxing match, right? Which was absolutely terrible. I fucking hate that guy. I don't know if you heard about it. The KSI guy on YouTube. Nah. This this boxing match is terrible. That whole thing is terrible. I hate the zone. I don't know. I know you don't watch sports like that, but <laughs> like the zone D A Z N, their announcers are terrible. That whole shit is terrible. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. And I just hate it. But one of their commercials was about this new social media, kind of like True Social, which will be, will be on very soon. <laughs> Donald Trump's social media, but Getter is spelled G E T T R. And literally the commercial is like, uh, no more limiting what you can say. No more this. No more cancel culture. Get ready to speak your freedom. You know? First of all, I'm a little iffy because getter is a hard R ending word. <laughs> you know what I mean? And for an outlet that wants to be free speech, I think you know what you want to be said on that. <laughs> Just a little thought. But I also thought it was very interesting because like the people, the boxer is basically a YouTuber who's fighting a boxing match. Like Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. And I think it was very interesting how that was a commercial brought up on there. I just happened to catch it. You know, I was watching it because there was no other sports, and I was like, at least this is some boxing. And it was what was it? Uh, the KSI. No, it's terrible. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh so, damn! I hope it. I was gonna give you some knuckles, but <laughs> damn. Sorry, I was like, what do you mean? What was it? It was like the fucking KSI boxing match. Yeah, no, it, it was that, and so I'm interested to see how that's gonna come up because I'm sure later on that's gonna be some future turmoil and whatever. But I think of on a lot of social medias, um, people who often get kicked off are people who are, quote, on the right, as opposed mm-hmm. to people on the left. So I think that's very interesting. And that's just true. And not all of it is because, like, oh, they're like, oh, I'm part of the KKK. I hate black people. No, it's more so like, hey, I think this about this, and it's not a popular opinion. And those people are more likely to get off, you know, social media because they're kicked off rather than somebody who's a, quote, left and, you know, says extreme things on their side. You know what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say? Um now, you may say, like, oh, well, who's the opposition of, like, an Andrew Tate? Well, I don't know, because we never complain about those people. You know, we just accept everything they say with open arms because we feel the like we have to. The first person that came to mind was Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I fuck with Bernie Sanders. <laughs> a little bit. A little. He has a lot of money himself, man. I, I, somebody made this joke. I think it was Bill Burr or something like that. But they were talking about Anderson Cooper. And he's mm. like, who, who, who the fuck's talking about the human glass of milk? <laughs> <laughs> wow. God damn. <laughs> That's the funniest shit ever. Um, but I remember, I don't know, Anderson Cooper is kind of funny too. Everybody's hilarious. Like that Chris Cuomo and Andrew Cuomo shit is funny as fuck. You know, like he, they were left until they were right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I don't know. Um, again, I, I just stay out of that whole conversation. I don't consider myself either. Or I think, I think literally everybody's a mixture of both. And if you label yourself as a right or a left, I think you just got to reevaluate your things. I think that is a ridiculous system to have ourselves check off as Democrat or Republican. You know, because it's like not all Republicans are evil and not all Democrats are, are you know, not saints. You know, they're not they're not saints, all of them, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I will say that, like, in our country, like, the mm. perceptions of either party has yeah. definitely changed over the years where yeah. it's like uh, people are more Republican at a certain point And, mm. um, you know, Republicans were kind of seen almost the way Democrats are seen today. Yeah. So it, it's it's an ebb and it's an ebb and flow. It always goes I just one think way or the we other. We have a mixture of both sides of opinion. Like, <laughs> if you ask somebody an opinion on every single political stance, they're not all going to have a left or right, you know. And that Green no, Party is stupid. And I mean, I don't know. This is just like a, a low blow because everybody always says this. But the K- KKK was founded by who, or like who was part of the KKK in the past? I don't know. Democrats. Ah. Crazy, right? But it's like you people say it now, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well the KKK." But that's like an old fact of old history, you know. Not that I mean, if you didn't know that, look it up. Look up KKK Democratic Party. 
I mean, that, again, it just speaks again to the ebb and flow of like yeah. the Democratic Republican yeah. parties. I mean, it's like doesn't that speak to the ebb and flow of human beings always? I mean, yeah, you know, we just you know, are forced to put. If you want to get all fucking deep about it, <laughs> I'm getting simpli- I'm getting more simplistic about it. I think making it into parties is more deep, but it's more like we all we all have very complicated emotions about a bunch of things. You know, like there's major things like abortion that like once you state one fact, you're like, whoa, whoa, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you get a little crazy, but there's a lot of little small things. You know what I mean? Um. I don't the know. Small things. The small things. The devil in the details, Avi. Oh, I was making a Blink Man <sighs> reference. Oh damn! I guess this is part of growing up. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Why so, you gotta make me feel old? <laughs> uh, yeah, nah, okay. Uh, so again, uh, see, oh, back to the you know out of the beehole hole and back into the CVS shit. Basically, CVS's people were like, "Nah, bro, not our fault. Lord, um, doctor's fault, right?" Yeah, and the two counties affected were um, counties Lake and Trumbull, but some of the facts the article is mentioning is that uh, between oh actually this has everything to do with the counties. So between 2006 and 2012, 80 million opioid pills were shipped to Trumbull County. Now 80 million pills were handed out to a county that has a population of 200,000. What the fuck? That's a shitload of pills for like <laughs> that ratio fuck? is. I even asked Jonathan, I'm like, what is the ratio to that? He told me, but I'm just gonna read that those because I'm gonna confuse myself. So that's wild for for the for the six year span. Even if it's like a ten year span, that's a lot of pills to two hundred thousand yeah. people. Over that same period in Lake County, um, sixty million opioids were shipped to Lake County, and they have a population of approximately two hundred thirty thousand people. God damn! So that's a lot of pills. That's a lot of opioids. So, opi um, opi opi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how I think of that drive can. Um, CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart have shifted shifted the blame to internet pharmacies and quote pill mills. Pill mills. Pill mills. So I guess people who just sell pills and mills. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. I, I could look it up. Actually, I, I should have. But I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is like a puppy mill. So it's like, I guess, a, a, a mill that produces pills. Yeah. Or a bunch of puppies distributing opioids. A bunch of puppies making opioids. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Uh, oh, a pill mill is an illegal facility that resembles a regular pain clinic, but regularly prescribes painkillers without sufficient medical history, physical examination, diagnosis, medical monitoring, or documentation. Hmm. And clients of these facilities usually receive prescriptions only against cash. So that's hmm. what a pill mill is. Thank you, Google. <laughs> Why not DuckDuckGo? <laughs> yeah, I have DuckDuckGo actually. I use it as my default browser, but Google is so good too. <laughs> they both, I mean, use DuckDuckGo though. That's what I'll push. If you want sponsors, let me know. <laughs> um, the attorneys for the two counties argued that these companies have failed to disallow false prescriptions from being filled. And these, <laughs> I wrote, uh, so the people who are suffering from the opioid epidemic, they're, gotta, they're about to get paid. And you know what that means? Hmm. More opioids. Damn. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> look at my nose. Look what the pills are. Look, <laughs> it literally says, like read it from the left to the right. It literally says that. <laughs> he, even, he even put the pill emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like six of them. And then I wrote like this little star. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and little star. That was funny. <laughs> and if you don't think it is, whatever. Uh, the consequences of these companies enabling the opioid crisis was about so, like, the consequences overall was about $1 billion in law enforcement, social services, and court expenses. So, okay. it's, like, little to nothing in terms of money. Well, not really. It's more than half. But um, in terms of, you know, what the government and, the you know, that little, those counties have had to, you know, give up for, consequentially. 
Now, last week, a federal judge in San Fran found Walgreens Company helped exacerbate, what is the word? Exasperate. Exasperate. (laughs) The opioid epidemic in the city. Walgreens, the largest retail pharmacy in San Francisco, for more than a decade failed to adequately halt suspicious orders of opioids that could be used illegally. U.S. District Judge Charles R. Breyer said in his opinion, he found the company liable for substantially contributing to the public nuisance uh, to the opioid epidemic in San Francisco. Hmm. And in July 2021, uh, states announced a $26 billion settlement with drug companies, including distributors McKesson Corp., uh, Amerisource Bergen Corp., and Cardinal Health Inc., as well as drug maker Johnson & Johnson, to resolve thousands of opioid crisis-related lo- lawsuits. Cities and counties would use the money to bolster social services, focus on the harms of opioid addiction, as well as for funds for first responders, they said. Now, uh, that, that's pretty much the whole thing with that. And I'm going to go through some stats because I think it's important also. Like This okay. is basically more stats about what really the consequences of opioids are and, and how serious it is, you know? You're going to have more info about, like, help and everything. Actually, I'll say it right now. Uh, if you do need help, call 1-800-662-HELP, which is 1-800-662-4357. Uh, they're confidential, 24-7, 365 days a year. And they're a treatment referral and info service, English and Spanish, a whole more languages, for individuals and families facing mental and or substance use disorders. Uh, my whole thought is that, like, shifting the blame is p- basically the whole, like, blanketed issue right here, right? Like, we got to blame these companies and stuff like that. And some you may have heard of, some you haven't, like Johnson & Johnson, right? Um, but it's like, what the fuck? When is the government going to be held accountable? You know what I mean? Like, in what ways and this and that, I'm not sure. But I feel like the government is also very much to blame, too. You feel well, me? I mean, you said it yourself, but yeah. I mean, in what ways? It's like... Yeah. How would you put blame on the government? Like mm-hmm. for allowing these drugs to exist, you know what I mean? For like, like allowing people to distribute so much and not finding alternative sources to cure the diseases they're claiming to treat when it leads to a bunch of deaths that cap more than suicide. You know, like that. That's what I'm trying to say. Like this, I mean, there's better way. I mean, think as Jake Plumer <laughs> with his mushrooms. You know what I mean? And just like, well, and realistically, there's a whole bunch of other things. Like it takes forever to mar- for marijuana to get you know provided for states legally. You know, but there's a bunch of things that can help. You know, and I think we lack on that so much. And at what point does the government have to be held accountable? Only the the companies are. You know. I mean, I I guess like again, it's just like we would need to have like something to back that up because it's one thing to be like yeah they mm-hmm. should do this yeah. but i think we should also have some idea of what they should do because i can't mm-hmm. think of like i mean this is just me yeah but i can't think of an alternative i don't yeah. know it, it seems like it like people definitely uh you know need these sort of drugs painkillers and whatever yeah. depending on their situation I would say, if anything, maybe some more regulation or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm almost kind of reminiscent of like gun control laws mm-hmm. talking about this. Yeah, where it's just kind of like clearly, clearly there needs to be some more like work done on this. Yeah. Um, but it's just I don't know. It seems like such a difficult like, uh, position or difficult situation to sort of put singular blame on anyone. Yeah. It just kind of seems like it's a fuck up on like on everyone a little bit Mm -hmm. well i think like why do you think there's no research done with like mushroom treatment or mdma or this and that like in Uh, terms of doctoral treatments and like studies 
Well, I would say because one, it's illegal. Yeah. And I think that's where we can start off with. I, I think it's different from the guns because it's like if, if it was the guns, you'd say, let's take away all the opioids. No, I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. Because well, no, well, uh-huh. even the reason why I brought up yeah. gun control laws is because I almost thought for a second it was almost like, well, like that's mm. what almost you were saying. Like, yeah. let's get rid of the opioids. No, I mean, I'm not like, saying that. I'm just saying like it should be regulated and it shouldn't be distributed like candy. Like it should be also like there should be different resources to reach for. But this is the only one. Like even like this is happening now. But I think when I was in high school school and I'm, i don't I'm just i'm just thinking about the time period but in greenpoint there was a there was a, um, a pharmacy that got in big trouble like and basically the husband got fucked and the wife was like nah, not me and they got into big ass trouble because they were distributing these pills like crazy you know and if you look up I, i'm pretty sure this is also in florida but people were getting opioids like nothing like they would um have prescriptions go to one pharmacy get it and they can go to like six seven eight other pharmacies and, God damn. yeah and so like it, it, it doesn't just have to do with those pills being distributed it's the regulation which is what you're saying but i also think that like there's a reason people are getting these in the first place you know like why do people get um cannabis like licenses before all oh, my neck hurts you know, so like, why are people getting prescribed these drugs now rather than other forms of treatment that we're not allowed to study? You know, like that, that lady um, that came back from North Korea with the Joe Rogan thing, like one of her treatments that helped her like be able to have her life back was using MDMA, ecstasy, you know, like mm. the treatment with that. And there's a lot of treatment with that or ketamine. I don't know if the same thing. I always forget the whole difference and stuff like that. I don't know. But um, essentially, like, I mean. I mean, there's a. I'm pretty sure like there's a certain drug that basically has methamphetamine inside it that we prescribe to children. You know what I mean? Like that have a certain disease. Like I'll look it up to make sure. I'm, but I'm I'm 100 sure that's a thing. But we just name it something else. We call it the all. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you know, and and it's terrible. You know, like we we are so close minded to drug use and like how much it can help. But it's like we illegalize everything that can, we can research into it. You know. Uh, again, this is a vague conversation with it. And again, I'm not shitting on people who use it or, or why it's prescribed or this and that. I just think it's a it's a big thing in our world today, you know, and I wish it I was mean, like, safely used because some people do really need it. And it's a fact, you know, I'm trying to say I just this is crazy, though, you know? Yeah, I mean, like I like I said mm-hmm. before, like, you know, we would I, I feel like we need to provide some sort of idea to um really mm-hmm. back up the idea that they're all that there are alternative ways to yeah. go about this like the research behind it things like that but again from what you're saying it yeah. seems like even doing that research is kind of difficult to go about it's impossible not difficult so and we have the ideas but it's disallowed you know what i'm trying to say like that's so what I think it, it is so it's just it's a difficult situation yeah. because it's like we literally don't know if there are better ways. There probably are, but I think, it's just, I think they're definitely. I think they're just not regular. They're not FDA well, approved. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what the fuck you heard was that? that? Shit? It is Sunday. That sounded, that sounded like a fucking like vulture <laughs> screech. Holy shit! I hope the mic picked it up because at that point we were just talking crazy. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> they're like opioids. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I don't know who's hype on a Sunday, but fuck it. Maybe lives. Fuck, what was I saying? Uh, Like, you know, basically, like, w- before we, like, jump into what 
areas can overtake opioid prescriptions like how can we find out the ways to find out which is i, I overstated your statement no i mean that's kind of more so what i was mm-hmm. getting at i i there was something else i wanted to say but i can't fucking remember i was trying to remember the very last thing i said like the last words that came out of my <laughs> mouth frankie mega man has some of the best music in video games ever <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact look up mega man music from the past like the 8-bit shit i, have, I mean some did, of the you, best did you ever play me- old mega man yeah man that shit is fun as fuck bro. isn't it isn't it? It's like I was on opioids. <laughs> I was addicted to that shit. <laughs> now, Omega Man is funny. But let me read you these stats, just because I got some stats. Uh, what the fuck? He said, Jonathan has said, y'all most productive on Wednesdays. I've peeped. What the fuck? Yeah, he just said to our social media, so. <laughs> Whatever, slime. <laughs> anyway, according to CDC's National Center for Health Statistics on May 11, 2022, there were an estimated 107,622 drug overdose deaths in the U.S. during 2021, an increase of 15% from the 93,655,000 deaths estimated in 2020. Damn. The 2021 increase was half of what it was a year ago when overdose deaths rose 30% from 2019 to 2020. The new data show overdose overdose deaths involving opioids increased from an estimated 70,029 in 2020 to 80,816 in 2021. And overdose deaths from synthetic opioids, primarily fentanyl, uh, psychostimulants such as methamphetamine and cocaine also continued to increase in 2021 compared to 2020. And I have, a, I have a list of deaths here, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. Shit mm. crazy, right? Now, like you, you, these deaths are in the 70,000s, 80,000s. Uh, in 2020, 45,979 Americans died by suicide. But in, tw- in 2020, there were also 1 million, two, 20, 1.20 million suicide attempts. Uh, the reason I bring up the suicide thing is because I'll never forget, there's a comedian called Ian Edwards, right? And I saw him perform in Caroline's and in and, and Times Square, basically. Mm. And he ended off his show because he dealt with drug addiction very badly, like, you know, alcoholism and this and that. And I think he got sober or was, you know, at least better now. And he ended off his show saying, like, hey, man, like, just know that, you know, this is true, that more people died from opioid addictions than, than suicide in the last year and this and that. And that's a very big problem. And again, like, they mean, they're completely kind of different, you know, like, they're not in the same area of things for sure. But um, the the mental part of it is, you know, to an extent, you know. I mean, I you could almost say too that it's like opioid addiction could lead to suicide yeah. and things like that. So it's just yeah, in in that sense, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. So that's why when he when he always says that, I forgot why he mentioned it, but when he said that, oh no, he said that and that it killed more people than COVID too. Mm. So um, I mean, I don't know. I just. I always uh, think about that. And even then, like, my whole stance on it, like, is something so vague because also it's a lot of stuff you do have to do research on. You know, like, my opinions are vague and your opinions are this and that. But at the end of the day, like, there has a, a lot more research to be done. on all. We could write, like, a papers on this shit. Like, a, what's, that, a, a, what's that shit you have to write at the end of school and stuff like that? A dissertation. A thesis. A dissertation. Oh. Like, a whole huge thing about everything, you know? Uh, but this is too, whatever, you know, like at the end of the day, it's just, um, I don't know. At the end of the day, all I want is if you need help, get help. You know, that's the most important basis of this whole thing. Cause we kind of just covered the news, but those things, suicide, or you could call 988 if you're dealing with, you know, any suicide, you know, things in your head or whatever. And the number 1-800-662-4357 for anything in regards to mental or substance use disorders and this and that. Cause that's the most important thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, 
just like with the first story, this was a very difficult situation. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, <laughs> you're really bringing out these uh, these really moral ambiguous stories out here. Where I'm like, man, I don't know which way to feel about this because, yeah. like, you know, again, I wanted to bring up this story mm-hmm. myself, but uh-huh. I just didn't like find how juicy mm-hmm. it was. Like, obviously, it's very important to talk about the opioid yeah. um, uh, epidemic yeah. itself. But I just didn't see too much past, like, mm-hmm. sort of the slap on the wrist. You could almost say that uh, Walmart, CVS, and who else? And Walgreens. And Walgreens which got. Is, which is, Walgreens is a sub-branch of Walmart also. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like, you know, same thing. You know? So it's like for them to get slapped with, like, a slap on the wrist if they're mm-hmm. fine and whatever. It's like, you know, it. you, you can be happy at that, mm-hmm. but clearly more needs to be done yeah and it's like fuck yeah you're right like i'm I'm not even happy about that you know what i mean like they should like i don't i'm not happy about anything from this story you know this again like you said like it's just kind of just there you know there's no real like yay punishment you know 650 million dollars which they definitely have off amongst yeah because like they have the money to pay that so (laughs) it's kind of like that's why i Mm -hmm. say it's a slap on the wrist because it's just kind of like (laughs) eh, like you know some people are definitely like yeah that's what they get but at the yeah. end of the day, they probably deserve more than that. Yeah, man. I mean, for sure. And that's again like that drug company that I brought up on the Joe Rogan episode. Like they They deserve <laughs> death. <laughs> they deserve to lessen the price for PS5s because it's crazy they raise the price. <laughs> I want one. I want one and they're making it harder for me. Well, you know, if you yeah. read the fucking story, Frankie, you know it doesn't affect the USA. Fuck. <laughs> I just saw it more expensive and I was like Fuck. But even then, they raised the price for uh, what's that thing? The Oculus. Yeah, yeah, they did. So there was a, there that was one was super bullshit. Isn't that so? Because the new oh one's coming God. out pretty soon or some shit like that. They're, right? they're announcing a new VR. <laughs> I like how we're like fuck opioids, PS Five, <laughs> but that's the reason anyway. Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> they're they're announcing a new VR headset that's supposed to be more premium and yeah. whatever. But yeah, they just increase the price on the yeah, Quest too mm-hmm. by a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Like just because they're yeah. like, we need to keep up the quality of VR work. I'm like, what the fuck? Shout out to uh, Virtual Red Band, the guy I watched that tells me all my VR news because he literally said like, hey guys, like if you want to buy an Oculus, buy it today because starting tomorrow or, or the next day, they're raising the prices for VR like, headsets. And I was like, oh shit, like I'm not going to buy one anyway. <laughs> I was going to buy one on Black Friday, but I, I want to buy a new one once it come out. Hopefully the one by Apple, because that's just gonna be badass. The, dude, that shit's gonna be so expensive. Oh, You're not gonna get that shit. Oh, you call me poor, Javi? Call me poor? Call, call, you saying that shit go to an island? That shit goes <laughs> to the homeless people on the island, alright? Imagine, like, you go, yeah, it's all on the island. They're like, oh, but you all get Apple VR headset. They're like, yeah! Oh, fuck yeah, I'm never gonna hold no home. 90% I'm in a better life. <laughs> Did you just find a solution? <laughs> Did you just fix the homeless problem? <laughs> you just stick them in a fucking room for VR headset. Wow, my life is so much more better yeah. now. Let me just take off the VR. Like, no, 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 no. Keep, Keep it, it on. on. <laughs> I promise you. And there's a bunch of fucking like dead animals around. Them. <laughs> like, I wonder what else it's always smelling. They're in a vat. Um, I don't know, man. I fucking this. Shout out to all the homeless and opioid addicts. <laughs> God damn. Or homeless opioid addicts, you know, combo. <laughs> the old yeah. one too. Yeah. And yeah, not man, only I, am I homeless, but, but I'm, addicted I'm addicted to, to opioids. <laughs> and it's because of my opioid addiction that I'm homeless. 
So they prescribed me more opioids to deal with my homelessness derived from <laughs> opioid addiction. America. <laughs> Can you tell me what the problem is? And then Click. The opioid addict is just living Dora's life, but they ne- they they're waiting for a response. The opioid addict is a troll under the bridge, and Dora and Dora's like, "Should we go through the bridge or order a cab?" And she just stares at you. I don't know, man. Uh, this is a weird, weird world, bro. We were homeless islands, homeless people with headsets. <laughs> fucking opioid addicts man jesus christ or my man <laughs> man i mm. you know i thought we were gonna have a chill episode <laughs> i just got all the tense episodes. but i had to just bring out the alcohol <laughs> didn't i now nah, i'm sipping on coffee i had one <laughs> twisted tea with my rest of my coffee did angel finish his yeah and he also took my fiji like you know i offered him a bottle of water but he didn't drink it here but he took it with him oh. so i feel some type of way man like that was a full bottle of water he did not need <laughs> he said free water that. though he said free water yeah you don't know that you gave it to him at that point tap tap no give back true. that's it that's true tap tap no give back it's like crisscross it. applesauce <laughs> You know what I said? You know what I said today to Lucas? I was them. like, imagine taking someone's virginity and telling them afterwards, <laughs> no take back, no give back. <laughs> and then run away like, ha ha ha. <laughs> That's not random, bro. And then the girl's like, literally. <laughs> and, then, and then the show ends, the credits roll, the audience claps. <laughs> Let's give it up for the Mets. Let's give it up. Let's go, Let's Mets. go Mets. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. <laughs> I'm gonna take another piss. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's that's the CVS stuff. That's the Walgreens stuff. That's the Walmart stuff. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're all gonna still shop there. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't know. Yo, man. Uh-huh. This is random. This is gonna be a b hole right now. Oh, what's wow, up? I'm just remembering. Let me know. So mm-hmm. uh, last night. I uh, I <laughs> it literally says B on it. Says B <laughs> with a question mark. With a question mark. So last night I uh, I went to a listening party. Okay. Um, for this band that I listened to called Hoax. Okay. They're they're kind of like an indie pop like uh band and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they where at? Uh, I went to Brooklyn at the Ooh. Red Room Recording Studio. All right. And basically, I went there. And they played their debut album mm. uh, there at the studio, mm-hmm. and they have a whole little booklet where every song in the in the album has a story to it. Oh shit! And is it the lyrics or is it has the story? lyrics and the story to every song? That's kind of dope, actually. In in the booklet, and I'm like, God damn, nice. <laughs> and uh, it, it uh, they also came with like a little sticker that has like the QR code for it, so mm-hmm. you could save the album and and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like pre-order or it's free uh, I mean it's gonna be on like streaming services oh okay so, yeah. Spotify and shit like yeah. that came with like a nice little postcard where uh, it has Damn. a QR code on the back mm-hmm. where when you scan it and uh, it opens up like an AR app and when you look at the front of this it shows you the album covers of every single on the album also oh, each single has a cover art basically mm-hmm. Ooh. and it goes through all the cover art which Ooh. is pretty cool and then uh, they even gave a little uh, uh, um, temporary tattoo. Oh, nice. So I don't know if you saw my story, the little <laughs> B question mark. I barely do. It's kind of faded, but I see it now. <laughs> yeah. So That's dope. They, they gave like a little uh, B like um, tattoo. Thing. Is that the name of the album? B? Yeah. With the question mark? Mm-hmm. B? I don't know why. 
Uh, I'm sure they probably explained in this. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Okay, that's that's but, cool as fuck though. I never I've never seen anything like that in terms yeah. of like a release. You know? Yeah, I was just like you know I I had a good time. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Nice. I you know the album isn't even out yet, so it was mm-hmm. kind of like getting to have like a sort of like hands first hands mm-hmm. first look. They did one in L.A. and one here in New York that's where cool they're from. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a hometown thing for them hey. to do this, which is pretty cool. I even talked to them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was funny because when I talked to the to the singer uh, Mike, mm-hmm. um, I was like, "Yeah, I was actually at the show you guys did when you opened for opened for Tippling Rock back in mm-hmm. 2019." And he was like, "At Rough Trade," <laughs> and I think you know what Rough Trade is. No, uh, I, for some reason I think of Trader Joe's. <laughs> Rough Trade is uh, the the record vinyl store that's in Brooklyn. That don't exist no um, more. Yeah, that that's that's why. Oh, that's I, what it was and everything. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. that's why I, I was like, "What the fuck? That has to be something from the past." That was a cool spot, man. Yeah, yeah so, sucks that it closed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, fucking they played at that place, and I was, and so immediately he's like at the rough trade, and I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly there by and the was, water, right? Like a block from the uh, water, not even like the block of the water. Yeah, and stuff like that. damn, I, they so, had a listening room in there, man. I wanted to go into the listening room. Mm-hmm. I did. Rest That's in pretty peace. cool. Rest in peace. To, <laughs> rest in peace. The rough trade. Rest in peace. Maybe rough we'll trade. open it up with the Earth Mind Matter Fund. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> <laughs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> now you know what. If I if I ever become rich enough, okay. I'm gonna open up my own record store. What are you gonna like call it? Here. What are you gonna call it? Javi's Records. Simple as that. I'm thinking it's something enough else. Said. Like, like like Ricardo. <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! That's enough out of you. Let's like all right. Let's get on with the third story. <laughs> Ricardo, Ricardo, dope ass name. First of all, they wouldn't have shut down if the name was Ricardo. Just saying, just saying. So, uh, story number three. Is the 335-mile march for farmers' rights. Okay. Have you heard about this? Nah. Okay. So I feel like this is why I did this, and I felt like I was neglecting the story, even though it was a huge one. It's also by the Instagram person, the activist, Flower in Spanish, who covers a lot of basically farmers' workers' rights, um, uh, Mexican people's rights in terms of undocumentation, DACA people, and this and all that stuff. So- I kept I kept seeing this updated every single day and every day I was like, meh, whatever. Like, you know, like not in a bad way, just in like a what should I do for a third topic? And then I was like, no, this is a great topic to talk about. Just because I mean uh, I'll explain what it is in a second. But I just felt like I didn't see any headlines with this, nothing. Even when the news came out, because this does get I don't want to say resu- like there's a resolution to it, but the final outcome of what they were marching for just occurred. And did you see it in any outlets, headlines or anything? I mean, no, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So I feel like this is very underplayed. And I think that's exactly what the reason I want to do this for is because I feel we don't really, oh, excuse me, I have to burp so bad. <laughs> Originally, I wanted to put some like vegetables on the table, like a tomato, a lettuce and a grape, one grape, not many grapes. Okay. Bro, I brought a, a fucking and some Brooklyn ass store, and fucking Williamsburg ass store, fucking gentrified. No, I'm stop. Uh, I bought a bag of grapes for nineteen dollars, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, nah, I bought a, no, nah, I bought a bag Those of grapes. Grapes have been kissed by God. <laughs> Each individual yeah. grape. These grapes were hit by kissed by a hipster. Um, nah, but it was funny because I was like, yo, I'm gonna go to the fruit store. Anybody want? <laughs> some of my old coworkers in Brooklyn, and they're like, yo, <laughs> my friend Wesley. Shout out to Wesley. He's like, yo, let me get a pear. Like, I got you, bro. And somebody was like, let me get grapes. I'm like, I got you. I went to the store. I was like, $19 for everything here. I was like, what the fuck, bro? But my whole point of wanting to do that, it might have been a little less, but it was still more than 15 which I was outraged by. And I just want to say that like, we get our food from the grocery store, especially our like, our greens or fruits, all that stuff. And like, where do you think that comes from? 
you know, like farmer, far, farm workers, basically. And, mm-hmm. you know, the rights they have are very limited, if not kind of suppressed. And I hope this brings attention to it. If you're very interested in it, I hope this is it. Because I, I, I did an extensive research on this stuff just because I really wanted to point it out. I mean, I'm Mexican. I'm Mexican-American, you know, to specify and stuff like that. My parents are from Mexico. And just like, you know, even you, like, you know, Dominican, Colombian, like your parents are from these locations as well. And I think it's important to spread anything we can to that type of information i mean that type of like you know perspective and news outlet because it just matters mm-hmm. but enough about us <laughs> not more us so the march is a walk that's occurring it was occurring now it's done now uh it, from delano california to the state capital in california which is in sacramento the union organization is called united farm workers and they organized the walk uh and their union began in september 1962 in the early years of the union, Cesar Chavez walked the same path in support for farm workers' rights. Marchers reached Sacramento on Easter Sunday back then when Cesar Chavez was there, and the UFW had signed its first labor agreement because of the march, which is big news. Okay. And in 1994, after Chavez's death, another march from Delano to Sacramento was made to commemorate him. Uh, Chavez had made the front page of the New York Times and the union had emerged as one of the 1960s most potent voices for justice. So there's Mm. some, you know, groundwork for this and some, all that stuff. Um, Who Sarah Chavez is, was an American labor leader and civil rights activist, along with Dolores Huerta. He co-founded the National Farm Workers Association, which later merged with the Agricultural Workers Organizing Committee to become the United Farm Workers Labor Union today. Charvis and Dolores Huerta, who's marching, you know, who was marching last week, uh, founded UFW to bring attention and help exploited farm workers and the dangerous conditions they face. Uh, the purpose of the walk that happened last week is to get government Governor Newsom, this dickhead, to sign uh, AB 1283 or the Agricultural Labor Relations Voting Choice Act. Okay. Um, right now, under the state's agricultural labor relations act farm workers vote in union elections by an in-person secret ballot conducted on a grower's property so the farm workers you know do so on the grower's property right okay but what this bill would do is allow allow farm workers to vote from home eliminating and enabling union members to vote without fear Hmm. um last year or like a couple of days ago newsom voted a similar bill vetoed a similar bill last year prompting the ufw to march to the french laundry the restaurant in Napa Valley where the government got into political trouble after being caught dining during the COVID-19 pandemic. Do you remember that? I don't. So, um, Governor, Governor Newsom is a weirdo. I think so. Outside of his like literal physical features and how he acts, he's like the typical white guy that's like, hey, you know, we're trying to help California. Hey, and- Johnny. <laughs> Hey, pal. Hey. So nice to see you. That was a great one you made last night at the dinner down there. Oh, uh, that pass uh, you had at the, uh, at the football uh, game last uh, night. Uh, Incredible. Oh, man, that's why they call you Rocket. I'll see you at dinner tonight. And we'll rock it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, that shit, man. He looks like a fucking creep. And that was really good, by the way. <laughs> Give me some knuckles. <laughs> My face or the video, I can't wait to see it. But I was like an idiot. Um, during the COVID pandemic, you know, obviously people are trying to say, say, but California took it way too far with the mask mandates. They even brought it back not too long ago. And, you know, I'm not an anti-masker. I'm not a pro-masker. I'm just like, this shit is all weird. But 
at what point he was telling people like, hey, 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 <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're having dinner with your family, make sure to pull down your mask only between bites. So saying like, say we're eating right here, right? And I'm having some turkey and you're having some um, eel, right? <laughs> you, like Our mask would be up and I would eat, then pull my mask up to chew. Uh-huh. And then he's like, do that, you know? This bitch got caught at the Napa Valley having a whole ass dinner with a whole bunch of politicians. No masks, no precautions. They said it was outdoor because the roof was open. <laughs> but what the fuck, man? Like, that's like the lowest form of, I mean, that's the highest form of Levi example in terms of, you know, hypocrisy. Yeah. But this guy's a dickhead. There's a bunch <laughs> more, you know, he's a super liberal, <laughs> but that's some dickhead shit. So the UFW was like, nah, we're going to march there because you're a fucking liar, you know? Just wanted to say that. This out. guy's a phony. <laughs> He's a phony. Big fat liar. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he is. Um, during the march, temperatures have reached triple digits, and uh, many have supported with food and water. But people have also fainted during the march. Martin Luther King III, Dolores Huerta, and Cesar Chavez's grandson, Andres Chavez, and California labor movement leader Lorena G- Lorenza Gonzalez also have joined the march. Uh, Democrat of Scotts Valley, Mark Stone, said he is working with Newsom and will send him a list of his concerns. Uh, the spokesperson for Governor, Governor Newsom said, quote, the administration has been engaged on this issue for a long time, end quote. But then he said, we remain optimistic that we will be able to reach a compromise. Now, Sacramento's former assemblywoman and daughter of farm worker and now head of the California Labor Federation, Lorena Gonzalez, is also joining the march. That The march has happened already, so forgive my past tense, but I wrote this when the march was occurring. Okay. Um, and in 2006, the UFW left the California Labor Federation, but because of her, they rejoined. Uh, Teresa Romero, the president of the UFW, said, enough is enough. People need to understand that without this immigrant workforce, the agricultural industry in this country would disappear. And then we would have to pay a heck of a lot more for our food, which is true. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like anything. It's like if we stop using the subway, if all cab drivers just didn't work, you know, I remember reading a story. This was years ago, but, um, I remember reading a story once where, uh, uh, these, um, immigrants, um, were deported from their farm mm-hmm. and no one took control of the farm. Yeah. And so that neighborhood or that town uh, dealt with a sort of uh, vegetation drought. Yeah. And they did it. Yeah. Because no one went to go run the farm. And it speaks to the fact that these sort of jobs, like, no one wants to do them. Yeah. And everybody wants to complain about their jobs being stolen. And people, especially immigrants, are doing the one, the the, not even the dirty work, but just work, you know, like Mm. things that like nobody else wants to be doing. And it's a lot of people are hypocrites and it's disgusting how we treat people. I mean, in general, it's disgusting how we, like, white people, racists, I mean, white supremacists, but also ignorant people who just despise anybody different from them for just reasons that are so stereotypical and not true, you know? Um, but often, farm workers are undocumented, like you just said, and punished, if not deported, if they upset bosses by trying to join a union. Mm. So that's why this fear comes by when they, like, they want to vote at home and, you know, without having to show that they're, you know, trying to either join a union or vote for their rights, like their basic rights. Because if they do so, their bosses are going to be like, get out of here. Like, you're only going to make my life harder, my your work more expensive for me to pay you, etc. Yeah. So recently we've seen a spike for unions forming where? Uh, and Starbucks. Starbucks, Apple, Etsy, and more companies, right? 
And the UF, but so the UFW has also faced criticism for not winning contracts and lack of organizing workers. Right now, there are an estimated 7,000 members in the UFW. So this is other side to things, saying that UFW is not being as successful as they could be, and they're not organizing as good as they could be. But throughout all labor force, farm workers are undocumented or temporary foreign guest workers. A guest worker program allows foreign workers to temporarily reside and work in a host country until the next round of workers is readily available to switch. So even if they want to join union, they're not even going to be here for that long to do so. So this kind of stuff is irrelevant to them. Not really, because it all applies. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's kind of no sense of joining one when you're not going to be there for a long period of time. That That's definitely what I hear from a lot of people that are sort of anti-union. It's like for those sorts of jobs, it's like it's not worth it to unionize because you're not going to be there for long. Yeah. So it kind of it's like not worth it and irrelevant almost. But I don't know. I still think that if it's a beneficial choice. There's a reason why the Starbucks CEO hired a whole group to learn how to fight against union formalization. Yeah, I mean, I guess just like even my response to that is that like you can say that, but Mm -hmm. that's not the case for everyone. Oh, no. But I mean, I'm just saying like in general, like if if it's probably I I mean, I mean, not not to you. Uh I mean, like to the fact of um, that you can say that, oh, these are only sort of startup jobs yeah, or yeah. temporary jobs where mm-hmm. it's like you can say that, mm-hmm. but that's not the case for some everyone. Some people are there for like for, 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah, like some people mm-hmm. literally rely on this as yeah. their main source of income yeah. and they they deserve those benefits. Have you seen the video of that guy who worked in Burger King for like 30 years and like, never late, never miss a day? And Burger King's response to him was they sent him a goodie bag. <laughs> Swear to God, he had a goodie bag and all it was was like a pin. Some, like literally like a trick-or-treat bag with like a pin, a mug, some candy. And he's like, he's just showing it to the video. And he's not in the video. He, he doesn't come off as like, man, what the fuck is this? He's like actually kind of graciously pulling it out. Not like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Just kind of like, hey, this is what I got. You know, a bunch of people saw it. He ended up on the news and stuff like that. I think there's a GoFundMe for, Go for him now, which is great. But imagine anybody, everybody else in the country is like, yo, bitch, I've been here for 17 years. Like, that's a long time. Where's my GoFundMe? Yeah. And, I mean, he worked the system right, I guess, if he did what he did. But that's some douchebag move for, for Burger King to be like, hey, thank you for your service for 30 years and literally never missing a day and never being late. Here's a Snickers. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck, bro? Give me even money. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm here. They really said, you're not feeling yourself. Here's a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> he ate it. He's like, why the fuck have I been working here for 30 years? Bro? Like, <laughs> and not to shit on him. He's making a living, you know, but God damn, bro. It's it's like, don't even send the goodie back, you know, just kind of like, just let him keep working at that point. You know, it's like a spit in the face. I spit in the face of people who are not cool. You know what that is? <laughs> what? <laughs> Carlito from WWE. Nah, I don't oh know. Oh my god, bro. He's mad funny, man. Let me all right. We probably can't put this in the thingy. I wish we could, but I gotta show you his theme song real quick because uh, <laughs> it's so funny, man. Uh we'll keep talking about, it, but if you're a WD fan, you know who Carlito is. It is awesome. He always came out like some tight ass pants, no shirt, and he bit an apple. So, what the fuck? So this is the video. All right, we probably can't show this, but look at this. But shout out to Carlito. So we just showed the video. We can't play you the video, unfortunately. But just look up Carlito's third entrance video. And and what does he do, Javi? He just fucking spits in people's faces like a llama. And why do he? What does he spit in his face? Because they're not cool. <laughs> I like how you said that with the disbelief. <laughs> That's WWE. Shout out to Vince McMahon. 
That's funny, man. We should, uh, we should in the future cover uh, the evils of the WWE. So, you know, listen, like Ric Flair, Dark Side okay. of the Ring. Okay. It's fucking crazy stuff, man. So back to the guest foreign workers. Many countries around the world have temporary foreign worker programs, also called the guest worker programs, to help fill gaps in the labor markets. These workers are often bought in to do physically demanding jobs, such as those in factories, construction, or agriculture. So they are among the most vulnerable and difficult to organize amongst the labor force. Mm. Now, the agricultural industry and grower associations oppose the bill that they want to be signed, the one that would allow them to vote from home. And they said that it actually undermines the process already in place, which allows farm workers to vote in secret and without intimidation. And those against the bill referred to it as a, quote, card check, end quote, bill. So I need I don't know what that is. So that's why I was a little more confused. But I'm pretty sure if this is, a whole, this is a whole march going on 335 miles, they just be, must be backing their own selves up for that. Like, you know, you're not trying to march for change for something you already have, you know? So repeat that to me again. Got you. The agricultural industry and grower association opposed the bill, the one they need Newsom to sign and want Newsom to sign, mm-hmm. stating it actually undermines the proce- process already in place, which allows farm workers to vote in secret. And without intimidation, and those against the bill refer to it as a, quote, card check, end quote, bill. So my whole thing is that they want to vote from home. What yeah. they mean by voting in secret and this and that, like, does that mean that they're still on the growers' properties, but still voting, like, in a shaded, like, with a little curtain around you? you yeah, because that's where I'm getting confused. Yeah. I'm like, why would it not be anonymous mm-hmm. anymore? Like, they always have to be anonymous to vote, I'm assuming. Yeah. Like every, every election or every voting process, you know? Yeah. So, I think the whole point is that they want to do it from home in general. Because I guess if you're on the farm, <clears throat> you're not going to vote to vote no. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you're going to vote to change something. And they also, uh, the agriculture industry and grower associations opposed the bill. Oh, no. I put the same shit twice. <laughs> Whoops. Um, a lot of labor laws in place today exempt farm workers. Hmm. A lot of farm workers are unable to join the march because they are working and can't afford to lose their job. Now, the march ended on the 26th, and the 26th is actually proclaimed Farm Worker Appreciation Day by Governor Newsom. Okay. So it ended, and they ended up in Sacramento, where this capital is, where Newsom, Newsom, or Grusom, Grusom Newsom (laughs) is at. Um, In Ceras, an area in L.A., uh, caravan ended up getting a police escort. So the farm workers got a little police escort uh, during the march. And uh, a lot of the marchers were scared because they were scared of being targeted by white supremacists. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And to end up the whole march thing, aside from the actual outcome, uh, the pilgrimage is taking place in 2020. <clears throat> it also included a truck carrying a porty party. Unfortunately, the porty party got hit <laughs> by a car. But thankfully, it was empty at the time. <laughs> Bruh. So I thought that was a funny thing to add at the end of the article. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Um, I just wanted to show you, and we'll put it up in the YouTube video, but uh, this was the actual march, if you look at the map. God yeah, damn. So they marched a shitload, and I know you can't see it, but I have the little facts right here. To drive the march, it would be three hours and 51 minutes. Public transportation would be six hours and 14 uh, minutes. And to walk there or hike there, like the little Google map says, it would take four days. God damn. So they did this in a span of seven days or six days, one of those. And obviously with breaks at night and this and that. But people's the, the images of people's feet like being blistered, people fainting. And it's just in the heat being in triple digits and just walking that whole distance. Like you can understand they're not doing this just to be like, we, we kind of want some change. It's like, no, we need some change because we're tired of this. 
you know and it's, it wasn't just the farm workers there's a lot of people um uh, eventually governor newsom opposed the bill oh and he ended up not signing it oh wow <clears throat> yeah um and it's trash because he's a piece of shit for that um but it says quote the i'm mean, not quote just the article says the governor can't support an untested mail-in election process that lacks provisions to make sure elections are done properly based on the belief that the government can't enforce the law. So he's basically saying like, oh, sorry, like we don't know if this works, so we're not going to do it. You know, kind of mm-hmm. like Trump says, like the election's fake because, you know, we did in-mail voting because of COVID. So that doesn't count. You know, that's my whole, you know, but the state's last three governors, you might recognize the name, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Jerry Brown and Newsom last year have all vetoed similar bills that would have made it easier for farm workers to unionize. Okay. Uh, Newsom's office said uh, its goal is to establish fair elections that require employers to abide by rules that guarantee union access. And, but they didn't provide any other details on exactly what it has proposed. So, oh, I want to shout out the news outlet, the recorder. That's, that's what gave me all the details. Because, again, I looked up this article on very different articles. They were all vague. They didn't mention any, like, sp- uh, specifics or nothing. But this mm-hmm. one had it all right. So, shout out to The Recorder. Okay. And nice. whoever wrote it. Shout you know? out to Recorder. Yeah, man. That is a great news outlet. We've been shouting out on the supplementary. I think they did a great fucking job. And I know this is a specific article that I wanted to look up. But it was so transparent and informative. So, I mean, journalism matters, man. Like, I mean, I guess. I guess. not, <laughs> But I guess this is something that I found out. For sure, knowing these stories, because like whenever I sound like I know the facts is because the articles have given me the honor to like learn them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I wrote even here the uh, the news outlet gave the most specified, transparent and quick update on Newsom's decision and exploitation of Bill. Now, the flower in Spanish lady, she was like, can you guess why Newsom won't sign the farm worker bill AB2183? Why? The winery co-founded by Gavin Newsom just bought a massive Napa vineyard for $14.5 million. And who's going to work on the vineyard? Those farm workers. Yeah. And so it just all connects back to just this, you know, like... It's a cycle. Yeah, man. And he doesn't care about these people. It's obviously evident, you know. And what they said is that they're still open to, like, negotiations and this and that. But from what I see, man, like, this guy thinks all these farm workers are a joke. You know, that like you can just sign that bill, but you're going to be open to negotiations, probably just give them a handout for some small things when when these people matter. You know, they make a mo- how many Mexicans are in L.A.? Look up the population, but then how many actual Mex- Mexicans are in L.A.? You feel me? Mm-hmm. And not just Mexicans. It's all Hispanics that work in these fields. I'm sure there's other people that aren't Hispanic that work in that field, too. But it's predominantly those people. You saw a lot of Mexican flags on that march. So it's just a shame, man. I don't know, man. I just hope that shit changes soon, one way or the other. Thankfully, we don't work in those conditions and whatever and underpaid. But they have children working in those conditions as well. You yeah. Know? So it's sad, man. And uh, and yeah, I just wanted to bring attention to that. <clears throat> no, I mean, you know, respect to that. Just, you know, yeah, I it the fact that we that well they have to fight for something like this and that yeah. they're being opposed and whatever the case is is kind of ridiculous yeah bro it just kind of seems like a no-brainer it's like they they need the help yeah and it, it should be as simple as that mm-hmm. but it's sad that it's not as simple as that yeah. sometimes things can be that black and white of yeah. like no, this is the right thing to do. And sometimes you get a shitty avocado and sometimes you get a shitty tomato, but that's not the farm worker's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, you gotta you gotta take the take the punches as they roll. 
is Gavin is Governor Newsom's fault. Gruesome Newsom. Gruesome Newsom. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the first one to come up with that. I'm sure that has to be a thing. Uh, but again, like it, it's hard to really have a stance on that because he's already decided this and it's already happened. I haven't updated myself more. There's probably more updates now, but I just wanted to bring attention to that story because they deserve, at the very least, two people in Long Island City, New York City's <laughs> attention on the podcast of Earth, Mind, and Matt. You know, and it's not it's not to hype ourselves up. It's just it's whatever we can do. You know. Yeah, I mean, again, I didn't know about this before yeah, you brought it up, so I'm glad that you did bring it up hey. because uh, I I'm sure other people don't know what what this is about, yeah. and it's good to bring attention to sort to these sorts of stories. Yeah. and they're just as important. I mean, they're human beings at the end of the day, and I'm sure. And there's of course hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of stories that we can always cover, and we we find what we find. You know, mm-hmm. so thankfully, like I'm just I'm not saying I'm content on myself and that's all I'm gonna do. I mean, there are petitions, but the march is over. Oh, you know? I'm Frankie. <laughs> I'm so good at finding stories. Look at how juicy my stories are. I donated to the homeless. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I adopted a homeless person. Get a load of this guy. I, I'm going to be homeless to gain some perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, man, so. Yeah, those are the stories and shit. I mean, again, I thought they were pretty interesting stories. And again, they weren't really like opinionated stories. I said it for the farm workers. I'm all for the farm workers and this and that. And and at the very least, I'll try my hardest to really update myself with the, that type of information because I think it's interesting. But also fucking the homeless island and opioid stuff like that's just some shit. Like take it, uh, take it with the grain of salt. Yeah, man. <laughs> and you wouldn't have salt if it wasn't for farm workers. Just kidding. You can't grow salt. <laughs> <laughs> You're just digging a hole for yourself, yeah, Frankie. Man, I'm just I'm working hard right now. <laughs> Over time, motherfucker. Nah, um, yeah, I mean, man. all I gotta say is, you know, good three topics, my guy. Thank good you, three bro. topics, my guy. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, again, second story. I was like, how how could this be juicy? <laughs> yeah, bro. But you did it. Oh, you man. did it. You done. You, you done. Dig, dung, dog, dummy, done. Did it. And when I go home, I'm gonna look out my window tonight, and I'm gonna look at the first person I see. I'm gonna spit on them. And then be like, why'd you spit on me? I was like, man, because I'm above you. He's gonna be like, yeah, but why would you spit on me? And I was like, because man, like I did so good today. He's gonna be like, you gonna point at me like that cool point, like the, yeah. And I'm like down at him and be like, yeah. <laughs> and he's gonna give you a kiss on the cheek. Yeah, he's gonna float up like instead of having wings, he's gonna flutter his hands by his side, <laughs> and he's gonna go, and I'm gonna be like, oh, <laughs> and he's gonna go back down. And I'm gonna spit on him again, and he's gonna be like, "Ooh, do it again." <laughs> then I'm gonna shut my window. <laughs> I'm gonna go to sleep, and then I'm gonna have breakfast tomorrow. And what I'm you gonna have for breakfast tomorrow, my guy? Mm, zucchinis. Zucchinis. Zucchinis, man. What the fuck? Why? <laughs> Yo, I had some zucchinis the other day, bro. Ooh, man, they but were for breakfast. That's, <laughs> yeah, what bro. The fuck? So it was like pre-prepared zucchinis by like my job and shit like that, you know. So they came in a little pouch. So fucking good. And I didn't think I would like them, but I had them with potatoes, avocados, and an egg. Boy, those zucchinis! <laughs> I'm gonna get you some. I'm gonna get you some zucchinis, <laughs> but you gotta have it for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> That's me yeah, thinking Rick. of the zucchini. Yeah, Rick. <laughs> Morty, you you got you gotta have the zucchini for breakfast, Morty. Oh, uh, no, I can't do it, Morty. 
I don't know, Rick. Maybe, maybe if you just try try some zucchinis, you wouldn't hate on it so much. Because you, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be so close minded, man, Rick. <laughs> oh, oh, gee, Rick. <laughs> I've been watching so much Rick and Morty, bro. Yesterday at, at work at the dog cafe, I could talk about that cafe. Cafe. Uh, I watched like the whole fucking third, fourth season, and it's just awesome, man. Rick, I saw a billboard for Rick and Morty on my way out here. Yeah. Oh man, it was so cool because it wasn't like a billboard that said Rick and Morty. It was just um. What's the mom's name again? Beth. Beth, uh, Summer, and Rick, and uh, no, Morty, just floating in space. And it was so cool, man. I was going to take a picture, but I'll take a picture beforehand so I can put on a supplementary and this and that, even the YouTube video right here. Boom. Boom. And yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> it's been, uh, yeah, it was cool. Rick and Morty's awesome, man. Great show. Yeah, man. Season six coming out in, <laughs> in like a week. I picked the best time to start watching Rick and Morty again, bro. <laughs> AIDS! <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I mean, I guess, I guess, I you guess. know, now that I think about it, mm-hmm. we've kind of done it. We, we done did it. We, we done, we done, done did it. We done dong, 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 Yeah, man. That's all it is, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. And that's how the news goes. <laughs> and that's the way the news goes. <laughs> but now, and finally, we are at. Episodes 30 AMC section oh! Yeah You wanna keep going? No break? We keep going? Or are you good? We can keep going Let's keep going then So, so keep going Let's act like we left though Alright and we're back And we're back You know I took a shit You know Frankie ran around the block He took Link out for me <sighs> Fucking tired bro Yo man Link runs fast right? No I run fast You run slow Oh yeah, man. shit! You, you were outrunning him. You can't keep up. Damn, with, you outrun the white man. Can't <laughs> can't keep up with Frank the Tank, man. <laughs> Ranked third in the Olympics. Well, what are you ranked in Rainbow though? In That's Rainbow, more important. Probably like ten thousand. For those that don't know, Rainbow Six Vegas, a great game. <laughs> Play with us if you want. Um, Hobby's ass. I'm great. What? <laughs> what? And our AMC section is on Rainbow Six Vegas. <laughs> no. In all seriousness, because we we are nothing but serious on this show. We don't joke around. We don't fuck around. This is all serious. Super serious. Super serious. The most serious. Like, it's like serious XM. But spelled. Like, you ever seen a Zack Snyder movie? It's mm. that serious. You ever seen, like, Holocaust documentary footage? It's more serious than that. We, we don't make any jokes. Yeah, we don't make any jokes, man. Yeah, Martin Luther King. Like, not even about Frankie's mom. Not even about my mom. Not even about your sister. Not even about my sister. Especially not bottled water. Not about water, You man. can't do that. You can't do that. You know why? Why? Because we're serious. We're serious. We're serious, man. The For Way the, of Water, we, the, the new Avatar movie, yeah. super serious. Yeah. yeah. Christopher Nolan. That's not even him. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean? No, but this AMC section, we were talking about a very... Very special album to me at the very least. Oh, wait. Before we even super dive into Oh, what's up? What's up? Could I get the lyrics on your phone? Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, I got you. So we are going to be talking about about Mac Miller's album. Well, mixtape, technically speaking. Mm -hmm. I Love Life. Thank you. (laughs) So (laughs) the reason I wanted to talk about this specific mixtape is because I feel there's a lot of... Well, first of all, I loved Mac Miller. Loved him. Still do. But he's dead now, which sucks. Mm -hmm. And he has a big-ass range of music. And it would have been. I never listened to his first album, but I listened to everything else. You know, 
And I, I didn't listen to his first album because I was like, nah, man, I don't want to listen to that shit. That's his first album. Like, he's not making mixtapes no more. Like, he, I was younger. I, I've known him since I was, not known him personally, but like music wise, since middle school, right? But I listened to all this shit. And I, I promise you, like, I'm a huge fan of Mac Miller. Like, tremendously huge fan. And with this album in particular, I just thought it was a little special one. Not the best, you know? But to me, it was like a little special outlet. And it kind of like is, is a foreshadowing of his life, you know, to come, you know? But it, it to me, it gave a mixture of, you know, rap ability, but also like this lightheartedness, this playfulness, and like just this range of music that I think that, I mean, man, I, I got drunk one day, listened to this shit and cried, bro. Like, that's a story I shared with Beatrice. Like, I was just sad as fuck. Because I missed that much. I, I wish I could have seen him perform. Like, to, to start things off, I bought tickets for my little cousin. And I was going to go take him to see this. I don't know if it was his first concert. I think it was. And I was like, yeah, we're going to go watch him in November. Like, we're going to watch his concert. And okay. I was excited as fuck. I know he loves Mac Miller. That's why I bought the extra ticket. I'm in class one day in BMCC. Bro, my community college. And I get out. And my, my his, his brother, his older brother, my older cousin, he texts me. He's like, yo, Mac Miller died. And man, like, I'll say this, college days are some of the most boring, isolated days, you know, and it's just like, you're just there all day and you're just like, damn, this sucks ass, you know, <laughs> especially in the city. But then I just, I get out and I'm like, damn. And I, I didn't, I didn't feel immediate sadness. I was just like, damn, like, no way. And then I checked TMZ and all this stuff and it's like, no, nah, he's really dead. Yeah. And I was like, and that shit hit me like, so, in a, such a perplexed manner. Like, I wasn't upset. I was just like, like, you know, when they do movies and everything goes blank and you go, mm-hmm. like, not to that extent, because I don't know him personally. But like, bro, like, when I tell you, I was in middle school watching his music videos, like, all the time, like, every single thing that came out about him. I was, when he died, bro, that shit broke my heart, you know? And yeah, so when it comes down to this music, bro, like, I, I think, again, have your opinion, this and that, rap, whatever, but special place in my heart, to be sure, you know? Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, like, I... I guess I've never really told you about this or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even even before I really ever got into rock or punk rock, because like I kind of grew up on rock yeah. uh, as a kid. Mm-hmm. But by the time I hit sort of middle school and stuff, that's when I started listening to a lot of rap and hip hop and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, it wasn't until like middle. Uh, uh, sorry. It wasn't until high school that I got back into the world of rock yeah. and more into punk and whatever. Mm-hmm. But during that time that I was listening to rap and hip hop, Mac Miller was on my was one of my favorite artists. Yeah, man. Like Donald Trump is one of my favorite songs yeah. from him. Like that's such a fun song. Yeah, man. And it was, it, it, that's what it, that's one of his biggest aspects of music. Like fun. Like you know, you can always rely on Mac Miller to like make you smile. You know what I mean? But the older he got, the more like there's a lot of crazy deep music too that we're 100 percent going to cover like every one of his albums as long as this podcast goes because yeah i mean i'll say like mm-hmm. even at the moment mm-hmm. two two of his songs that um i forget the name of the albums mm-hmm. but two of his songs that i uh that i'm listening to a lot right now mm-hmm. are small world oh, yeah. and um uh objects in the mirror so, what is it the world seems small till it, no the world seems so done till the it ain't a small till it ain't yeah and just it ain't yeah and, and just a whole bunch of those things <clears throat> the thing is like the reason i chose this mixtape is just because like he has a, a lot of advanced lyricism too like there's a lot of rap that i mean he makes with huge names like kendrick lamar to start off with you know like divine Fem- feminine good i am you know uh you know like even kids when he was younger like all these all these works like they all have range and like just maturity you know like mm-hmm. increasing maturity but I, just, I thought this one was a perfect like start off i think so you know because like listening to full through I, I genuinely think you get a full range but it's also personally one of my favorite 
like mixtapes that I don't see a lot of people when he died or in general. Not that you need to prove anything or this and that. And I'm not trying to prove anything myself. I just feel like I, I rarely see this album ever portrayed through people's like, you know, social media outlets when they post a song or this and that. I never hear nobody bring it up. So like I've always liked this album very much. And I mean, it has a lot of goodies. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll say it's like sort of my initial thoughts mm-hmm. is just kind of like, you know, when you first brought this up, I was like, oh, okay, nice. Yeah. We're like officially finally yeah. doing a rap album. Yeah. And I was pretty and, drunk when I brought it up the first time. <laughs> like at the bowling alley, I was like, no, nah, bro, we got we to gotta do this shit. <laughs> and you were like, which album did you say again? And I was like, as a formal text, I was like, this one. <laughs> yeah, man. What are you saying? First, but, first, finally, rap album. Yeah, it's like we're finally doing a rap album. Yeah, like man. we... Uh, in our very first like <laughs> test episode, we covered Jay Z's like, "Reasonable Doubt." Yeah, which we'll revisit. <laughs> Definitely, we were babies back then, <laughs> but now we're just bigger babies with more experience. <laughs> <laughs> but and beer, you know, I was, <laughs> I was glad that that we were looking at this album, mm-hmm. and uh, honestly, I'm gonna yeah. say it's one of my favorite albums that we've looked at. Hey, nice. Like, Let's I, fucking go. I was really happy mm-hmm. with listening to this album. Cool. It was just really good. Nice. Like because. I I'll say I haven't listened to a lot of Mac Miller in the last like mm-hmm. four to five years or anything like that. Gotcha. Um, so this was just a really nice revisit back into his stuff. Yeah. And again, the fact that this came out this year, and you know he's passed away and whatever, yeah, it's bro. just like oh man, that sucks. Yeah. But the fact that we could still get some of his music out there is just kind of a is just kind of a blessing. It's like wow. That's that's really nice. Yeah, man. And uh, I mean, it says that he died. I'll get him. I, mean, I don't even have that much facts on his death, just because like that's not even the biggest thing about him. <laughs> Yo, Robin Bourbon, crazy. So, uh, just to start off with the most basic facts, uh, his name is Malcolm James McCormick. He was born January nineteenth, nineteen ninety two, in uh, Point Breeze, Pittsburgh. He went to high school in Taylor Alderdice High School and also Winche- Winchester. Thurston school and he's Jewish right mm. the reason I bring up the school stuff is because what we saw earlier was him freestyling in, in school like mm-hmm. you saw him do a freestyle on the bus and in school and I love, I love Life Thank You was released October 14th 2011 it was his sixth mixtape and um, he did it because of a thing called The Road to a Million Fans which is a, uh, basically a series which he released a new song for every 100,000 Twitter followers he accumulated Okay, and he ended up reaching a million uh, to pr- the producers for this mixtape, and this is the last fact I have, is um, Knife Wonder, who has amazing beats. Like, this is one, um, like, I think you can find it on Spotify. I think it's Wonder Two Soul, or that's one of them. But it's, like, Knife Wonder's album, and it's, like, an Egyptian face on it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, not the mummy, not, not the mummy itself, but, like, the tomb that was, like, gold-plated and like yeah. that. It's, like, that. It's really one of the best beats ever. Like, it's a, it's not lyricism. It's just beats back to back to back to back to back. It's, like, Jay Dilla. I don't okay. know if you know what Jadil is. No, I don't what know. Awesome motherfucker. But it's produced by Knife Wonder, Big Germ, Black Diamond, Cardo, Clams Casino, Brandon DeShoy, E. Dan, Like, and Mac Miller himself. Okay. So um that's a gist. And but before we get into the track list and stuff, um, all right, so usually I do research with a lot of the artists that I want to talk about. You know, I go on a whole big tangent about their history and stuff. But Mac Miller is so young. He was so young when he died, you know? Mm-hmm. So what I did is just listen to what we do, like podcasts, well, radio shows, and like Larry King, Sway, and a documentary on him. So I got some stuff to talk about here. Um, 
What would you like to do first? Hear that or talk about the track list and stuff like that? Uh, let's talk. Let's hear about him first. Got you. So I got some. Um, I'll go through one of them. We'll talk the track list, and then I got two others. Right? Okay. So I'll, I'm gonna talk about his Larry King interview he did four years ago. Right. Um. First, first impression. They're both dead. <laughs> so I was like, holy shit, like this is crazy. We're watching two zombies, you know? And uh, I'm going to just go down a list of what I saw. So he says basically like he had a big drug problem, you know? And it said it, so he said that it revolved around state of mind and it began with success. And But he's been smoking weed forever. Like he always talks about selling weed in the shoeboxes, you know, in high yeah. school and this and that. Like, he's always been doing that. Um, he says that it's a moment in someone's life at success in, in terms of their gaining success. It's a moment in someone's life when they're trying to figure out who they are, what their identity is, and that it gets magnified. And that fame is tricky because you read what's said about you, and then you know what you know to be true, and the lines begin to blur. And I know you always say that like fame brings out the reality in people and shit like that. I know you always say some shit like that, right? Uh, I said that fame just makes you more of who you are. Basically. And um, Larry King, who's an old, old motherfucker, so when he's interviewing Mac Miller, at first I got a really, like... Damn, this guy's really outdated and shit like that because he's like a raisin, <laughs> like interviewing like a, a great raisin, you know. Back to the farm workers, bro. <laughs> and he asks Mac Miller, he's like, "How did you get into this culture? A lot of white Jewish kids don't get into this." And Mac Miller says he grew up in the city. He saw freestyle competitions everywhere, and he didn't see it as weird. And his parents were always supported in regards to his creativity. That he's done music since he was six years old. Uh, his mom was a photographer, and his dad was an architect. He almost didn't finish school. Uh, his brother did all his visual art for his like albums and all this stuff. Mm. And this is where I wrote, Larry King is definitely an old school interviewer and lacked the ability to interview younger modern artists. Just the impression I get. And then after I was watching, he was like, he's a pretty good dude. He's still old school as fuck. But the more the interview went on, the more I could see him adjusting. Also, I ain't shit to Larry King. Rest in peace. <laughs> Rest in peace of the day. Larry <laughs> King and Mac Miller. Nice. Um, what does it say? So they asked him, like, uh, oh, yeah, why don't you use the N-word in your music? You know? Mac Miller said, I don't use it. It's awkward when white kids say it. And uh, he credits Ian Wolf o. Wolfson, who did a lot of his videos that came out on YouTube before the internet, quote, got saturated with music. So he said he found kind of that sweet spot of, like, putting out music when he was younger. Uh-huh. Before, like, YouTube just got blown up by what it is today. You know, yeah. like, everything's on YouTube. Everything's on Spotify. Everything's on everything. Uh, even the podcast. You know how many podcasts are out today, man? How much you think? You told me this already. Yeah, yeah I think I did. Like four million, something like that? Five yeah, million? Man, that's crazy. We're just a little speck <laughs> now. <laughs> well, you never know. Um, His song, Donald Trump, blew him up like crazy. Way before the presidency, of course. But he was against his role as a president. Like, he wouldn't vote for him, he said. Right? Um, But it was his first platinum song, Donald Trump. And I like this oh, song, wow. too, when it came out. Like, I don't hate the song. I think it's a good song. But I'm making the song. He said he liked making songs about people, based the song off the aura of Trump and not Trump himself. Uh, but Trump threatened a lawsuit and tweeted, quote, little Mac Miller, end quote, very, very Trump-like. And Mac Miller said, it's cool as fuck, because who, who does Trump beef with? Obama and Mac Miller. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then he he never he didn't judge Trump crazy and, and had, it was open to talking to him. He says, you can't pretend to know someone if you never met him regarding Trump, you know? But in terms of uh, adjusting to fame, he says... Uh, like you said earlier, but continues. He says, at first there's a period, it's really exciting. And then there's a period of rejecting it. And that he stayed inside and those are really dark days, but then you just own it in regards to fame. 
I don't, I don't know if you noticed this in his music, but he has a lot of aliases. Hmm. Like no. Larry Fisherman and Delusional Thomas. Yeah. So Larry Fisherman, I'm something familiar with, but he has a whole mixtape apparently called Delusional Thomas that I've never heard. So okay. I'm excited to listen to that shit. And the reason he created these aliases is because he says, I like to create characters and flesh them out all the way. Everything done as Mac Miller's is fa- Mac Miller is factual and based off factual information. When it came to Delusional Thomas, he's a character I created who's kind of like a psychopathic murderer. Hmm. Right? And when it came to Larry Fisherman, he re- represents a studio rap in me, he says. He says, the person who's never seen the light of day and works. I imagine him with a giant beard and smells pretty bad. One funny thing, um, during the interview, Larry King says, be right back after asking about the aliases. And he's like, Larry King, we'll be, uh, Larry King says, we'll be right back. And I'll come back as Melonius Alfonso. <laughs> <laughs> and Mac Miller was like, yo, did you come off of that? Come up, come up with that off the top of your head? And even I was like, yo, that's shit kind of crazy. Melonius Alfonso is like a dope ass name to come up with for yourself, like off the bat. So I was pretty impressed. <laughs> did he come off that? Yeah, the bat. he was nice. like, yeah, I just thought about it. And then he came back and was like, now I'm Wilson Wilson. Like, you know, it's like just crazy stuff. But Larry King, I mean, that just goes to show. I know it's a little small detail, but as an interviewer, man, he's been on, he was on air forever. Mm-hmm. The fucking, you, you ever seen the B movie? Yeah. And he's like in it. I was yeah. like, it's fucking funny. I, I can't believe Larry King's dead, but I can. He's old as fuck. Fucking, what did I say? Um... Larry King asked him, asked Mac Miller, what was the best piece of advice you ever got? Mac Miller said, uh, loop, swoop, and pull. How to tie your shoes. <laughs> nice. You know, like, and, and the reason I bring up all these things, because at first, this interview to me wasn't that, like, exposing of, like, his inner mind, but it just showed how silly he was, man. Like, just, like, young, you know, just having fun, but also taking life serious in terms of music only. Mm-hmm. Uh, he moved from N- N- New York City to L.A. at the time. And he said, quote, well, I'm bi-coastal now. I say that any chance I get because it makes me sound successful. Uh, he lived in Dumbo, Brooklyn. Shout out to Dumbo, Brooklyn. <laughs> Shout out to Brooklyn in general. <laughs> then Larry King was like, I lived in actual Brooklyn when I was done. And I was like, chill out, Larry King. Nobody told you to get old. <laughs> um, how can I say? He asked him, what's the most random song on his iPod? And he says, it's not just me, but it's Kids Bop <laughs> on his oh, iPod. Wow. You know, like, what the fuck? And he asked him, and this was kind of sad. This is kind of like going deeper into like who he is as a person. Larry King asked him, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And and Mac Miller says, hopefully doing a lot of different things in entertainment. Hopefully have a kid. Hmm. And that shit was like, damn. you know. Man. Um, he, the last two things were he asked him, um, what do your tattoos mean? You know? And he says he, has one, he had one on his back because it was grandpa that passed away. His fingers said, uh, most dope, which he always said in his music. Mm-hmm. Which said, which he said is a phrase that represents his family, and he, on his middle fingers he had the star of David for Jews and the cross for like Christians and shit. And Larry King asked him like, "Why do you love tattoos?" And Mac Miller says jokingly, "Because I love pain." <laughs> you know, so that that's just like a little fun interview with Mac Miller and Larry King. You know, and I, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, you know? I mean, just even that response makes me think of um, I've heard before from someone of mm-hmm. like. You have to think that tattoos are almost like a call for help. Yeah. That like the more tattoos a person has, that's like almost a physical representation of their depression or whatever they're dealing with mentally. Mm -hmm. Because if they enjoy dealing with that much pain, then 
like there's definitely something a lot deeper going on. Yeah, I mean, I said this. I think it could go both ways, but you're right. Like it could be that. It could be like longer hair. Like I have longest hair, chill out. But like you know, like Mr. Miracle when it was like unshaven beard and stuff like that, and then mm-hmm. finally at the end he shaves his beard, like he's a little more happy and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of tales to it too. I also think that like just, I mean, artists love tattoos. You feel me? But there's a lot of artists that are suffering. You get me? So it could be this or that. I don't think it's a definitive answer, but you're not wrong. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's just one perspective. Yeah. I'm not saying it's that, but like, it's just interesting for mm-hmm. sure. Hell yeah, bro. But yeah, so we start off the album, and the first track is uh, I Love Life, Thank You. <clears throat> I Love Life, Thank You. Yeah, man. So, uh, again, like, to me, this, I, to me, like, we could go down track for track, but we could also just talk about the album, like your favorite song, this and that. But to me, it's just one of those things where you got to listen to it, really. You know, it's a rap album, it has so much lyrics and stuff like that. Uh, let me ask you: Did you have a favorite song on the album or something like that? Oh yeah, yeah I got right? I got two favorite songs on this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, my two favorite songs in this album are "Love Loss" yeah, and "The Miller Family Reunion." Those let's, are my those are my two favorites. Let's start off with "Love Lost" then, because we're gonna, we're gonna even usually we go down track by track, but let's go down by "Love Lost" because uh, that's a sad song. Our love I, was lost. Where like, to go? What to do? Just how uh, you made me fall in love with you. Uh, then you leave. The now temper trap, the yeah. way that, oh man, just the, yeah. the back and forth almost like with how it's sung throughout that sort of chorus. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, man. And it's just, it's a sad song. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, like this shit hits home. Yeah. I'm and like, oh man. And the beat is so good. Yeah. Oh. And the beat is almost jolly. You know, the beat is almost like, it's not though, because the, the the tone of it is like super sad and like heartbroken. And even the chorus reads, where'd you go? What'd you do? How the hell you make me fall in love with you? And then you leave and now you're gone. And all I got is this damn song so I can feel it, but I can't touch. You said my love was a bit too much. Broke my heart. Can't find no crutch. So why don't you come on back home? And it's like, damn, bro. And the whole time, Temper Trap is, is just singing softly. Our love was lost. Yeah. But now Our we love found it. was lost. And if you flash your heart, oh heart, I won't deny it. Yeah. Can I spit? Yeah, man. And it's just, it's so good. Yeah, it, the way that they bounce off of each yeah. other throughout that chorus is just so like cathartic almost. Yeah. And just very melancholic. It, mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah, man. And, and you could you could tell that he spewed a lot of his emotion into music because it ranges from like happy to sad to serious to experience to more so just, you know, rapper to this and that. But uh, the one lyrics I picked out for this song was that it says like, all I, all I want to know is where the fuck did you have to go? I've been waiting on you, baby. Why can't you leave and come on home? I can't be mad. I'm living my dream. Though you said you think you love me. So I've been fucking all these hoes and I've been blowing all these cash. Because, yeah. baby, this is just the beginning and I'm going to make all of it back, you know? And it's just like, of course, he's a rapper, so he's still going to, you know, be like kind of loose and young. But yeah. it's just um, like he has this line that says, try to do the right thing and please karma. But uh, in the beginning, he starts the verse saying that he's a workaholic with a passion in his heart. And obviously his passion is music. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I like the second verse a little more, mm-hmm. where he says, "Rap kept me, fu- rap kept me fed like a spoon getting soup. Mm-hmm. I've been out here on the road, and now they miss me at home. Yeah. All these ex girls that I used to know are hitting up my phone, but mm-hmm. I ain't here. I guess you can call back. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I think I'll take all that." And he laughs. He says, "Ha ha." And mm-hmm. I think Mac Miller has one of the funniest laughs. <laughs> yeah, because he does. He does, man. And um, my favorite line of verse, too, is that it says, uh, all I know, it don't last forever. And yeah. they're like, damn, bro, it really doesn't, man. It really doesn't. It's it's just such a good track. It's yeah. so good. It's so, like, 
deep and personal yeah. clearly and i uh, just what's so good about this like whole album mm. of it being a mixtape and and stuff is that it's very loose oh yeah it's not like there's not a super like set thing to it like you're just and kind of fucking around but also like displaying your talent you know yeah and i think a pure example of that is how the song ends where he's kind of just like more bum, loosely, bum, 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 bum. and you can cut it here and then we're done <laughs> yeah. like just those little bits because yeah. it's not the first time that happens in the mixtape for sure like even in the first track i love life thank you where he says oh suck my dick yeah like, oh <laughs> yeah. shit that shit worked <laughs> oh shit that also worked and it's just they're like he's definitely having fun, and yeah, it's just man. it yeah. it really shows, and it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Mixtapes were a, were a big thing. I don't know if you ever heard a kid named Cuddy. I haven't. Oh, bro, you are missing out. Like respectfully, but it's <laughs> it's so. I mean, it's one of the saddest things you ever listen to in your life, bro. Like having it. Have you ever seen having that night? Like, like that's the shit I grew up with. Like in middle school, man. Like that, this all this stuff. Like you're basically talking to middle school Frankie. You feel <laughs> me? Because. I love this music. Like I love all this music, and I continue to love Mac Miller's music to this day, because it just got crazier, bro. But I'll bounce back. Let's, let's do a bounce back, right? And okay. the song I'll talk about is "People Under the Stairs." It's a good one. So how did it start? Dun, 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 I, dun, 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 you know. You know, I would. I was gonna say that with this song, mm-hmm. it's uh it's very reminiscent of sort of a Marvin Gaye sound. Okay. Or like, uh, um. When just watching the Five Bloods and whatnot, yeah, and talking man. about Marvin Gaye, mm-hmm. I I definitely felt a lot of that sort of same sound in the beat to yeah. it, where it opens up. Yeah, man. And um, honestly speaking, I fucking love that song, man. And so that song is sampled by um, I have it right here. I think I think it's by the San Francisco Knights, right? Okay. And so. Let's see if I have it right here so I can tell you. Because I wrote it down because I thought it was important. Yeah, it's it's a song called San Francisco Nights and People Under the Stairs and J Boogie. So the band, the, the group was People Under the Stairs and J Boogie was on the song. And the actual song is called San Francisco Nights because he sampled this instrumental. That's the thing on mixtapes. Okay. You don't got to go through like legal things. You could just use whatever beat you want. Mm. That's the beautiful thing about mixtapes. And I, I know there's a whole bunch of them today. But, like, say you wanted to make a song and use, like, Blink-182's, like, drums or just in that. Put it on a mixtape, you can do that. You won't get any money, I don't think so. But that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was younger, I, I saw this song on YouTube by Mac Miller. I'm like, this shit is awesome. Like, I love this song, you know? And then I looked at the comments. All the comments were like, who the fuck does this Mac Miller think he is? Uh, people on the stairs did it better. Why is this kid covering this song? Like, he didn't even deserve to... Like, just hate, bro. Damn. Just a bunch of hate on this motherfucker. But I'm listening to the song like, yo, this shit is awesome, bro. Y'all are bugging. And then I heard I heard the actual song today. They're both good. But I just love Mac Miller, man. So for me, like... And when I was way younger, I was like, damn, why, why so many people hating on this? Like, I get it if he's, like, doing it not justice. But I guess those guys were way more old school. You know? Mm-hmm. So, like, even today, like... Imagine Takashi Six Nine got on a Nas feature, a Nas instrumental. They're like, "Yo, who the fuck?" <laughs> you know, people just get upset. But for me, I love this song. And one of my favorite lyrics is, um, "There's a lot of small lyrics that I think go a long way when it comes to this album." And one of my favorite lyrics is, "It says uh, I ain't telling nobody how they should live their life. I got my own shit to deal with, so that just isn't right. I'm just trying to leave the crib, go out and live tonight. Shit, fuck that. I'm lo- locked in the lab working." Dropping a track, beats got bodied in bags certain, see the world through the first, second, and third person. You know, just, 
I mean, the, one of the biggest things about him is that he's, he really did always work on his stuff. He he says that in the Larry King interview, in all his interviews, you know. And um, I mean, the, where he where he made music was a place for him to escape. I'm assuming to make music and exist and put things out to the world that were within him. Yeah, know? I mean, uh, uh, something that I really like about the last line that you said, um, yeah. that I noted too, is when he says, "See the world through first, second, and third person," and right after he says, "Omniscient, listening so efficient," mm-hmm. and it's just. Trapped in my own goal line, ready to go the distance. Consider it a privilege that you get to witness history in the making. You fucking bitches, <laughs> just just but, fun uh, shit like that, you know? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's good, and I I I really like the lines where he says a little bit earlier where mm-hmm. he says, "Um, I'm rocking the mic forever. You gonna stop me? Never. I'm cocky because I love it. You rocky, rocky without, without the punches." punches. Hockey about, about the, the ice, ice and boxes about the lunches. So clever, man. Flowing like me, no one, and that got you mad, bitch. Bitch. So your girl, so your, so your boys are nothing but just the average. Like you know, just man. I don't know, man. I don't give a fuck. I fucking love all this music, and um. But again, I, I also think that with the whole "I love life," thank you. Just like this, this song is just. I mean, this album and mixtape. I'm sorry, it's just kind of like being that and period. Like just being, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's such a range of music, but. But I love this beat in general, and so that's the beautiful thing about mixtapes that like you put me on to more other uh, to other music. I mean, and so that's why I really appreciate Mike Miller because he's also just very knowledgeable in terms of his music and what he samples and this and that. I think he did better than the the people in the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all those common motherfuckers. We're gonna have to ask our, our fans. <laughs> yeah, man. And I bet you, like, if you go on that song, I, I could check, but you know, we'll check later. But I bet you if you go on that same song today, Rest in Peace, Mac Miller, da 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 and I mean, I don't know. They're both great. You know, my opinion is just that I prefer Mac Miller over everybody. <laughs> well, most people. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I'll also say that, like, before we go into another track, yeah. that, um, if anything, I feel like, because uh, I don't know if you would know what this means mm. when I say that I think the A side is better than the B side. Yeah, of like this ABA album. format, shit like that. Like, one side is sounds the same, B sounds different, and you repeat the A side again, something like that. Or are you talking about, like, records? Like records and oh, okay, stuff, okay. kind of like how albums are sort of split mm-hmm. into two halves. Okay. Um, like, I think the first half of yeah. this album, like the A side is better than the B side yeah. of this I, album. I, I know exactly what you mean, because once you get to, I think, After Love Lost, it's like, it gets just a real rap and some real, like, how can I say, just kind of like, not as melodic and pleasant beats, more like, I mean, Talib Kualib comes in, like all these other features come in and it's a little more like... Like there's one song in the in the B side, which I'll say, like in the halfway point, right? That Mac Miller says, "I don't give a fuck what y'all think about this," you know? Because mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. Because the first beginning is like everybody's gonna fuck with this, but then when you get the second half, it's like you could fuck with this and you just really might not. But at the end of the day, it's like the ability exists within it. But I understand exactly what you mean. That was my whole thoughts with this the whole time I was listening to it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean that's not to say that like the B side or the yeah. second half isn't like yeah. shit or nah, anything it's just not as but, impressionable i think so yeah it's side. just i i just felt like the songs just stuck out a lot more in, yeah. in the a side than I, versus the b side i 100 like, agree. the the two songs in the b side that stuck out to me mm-hmm. were uh the miller family reunion yeah. and just a kid those yeah. are the two songs that stuck out to me on the b side yeah but um let's talk about the miller family reunion yeah, no, I uh, let me let me close the people on the stair. I'm I'm closing each lyrics as I go, just because you know. <laughs> but the lyric, the Miller family reunion is it's a fun song. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, just to be done. No, no, I'm thinking people on the stairs. Sorry, yeah, you're right. But you just <laughs> fucking my bad. I just love that song so much. 
But yeah, nah, he uh, fucking is literally talking about a fucking family reunion, you know? Like a barbecue, a big ass fucking I, family barbecue. I don't know if you know, like, family reunion, who we introducing? You, I don't know if you know what that is. It's, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Um, I mean, I see it on a whole bunch of things, man, but it's, it's, I'll show you later. <laughs> but a family reunion is a big thing. You know what I'm trying to say? And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Blink has a song called Family Reunion, mm. I, but it it's very gross. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine, but respectfully, because I, I I know where they're coming from, bro. At least at least a little bit now. <laughs> I, I gotta hold on. I'm pretty. I saw it on a while now, but I know something else. I know Family Reunion. I gotta explain that because I can't just put that out there. Uh, who we? There we go. So the who, Family Reunion. Who we introducing? Uh, yeah, it's wild now. Yeah, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you real quick. It's like you know what Wild Now is, right? No, I don't. What? So damn, I I can't even explain it. We won't put this in the video, but we'll come back very soon. So basically, like they'll, they'll be like at the family reunion, who we introduce and they'll bring somebody in to just cut their ass. You know, like he said, the ending guy, like something something urban. He saw me a turban. You know what I mean? Like, but Wild Now is a show that's been there forever. So don't get mad at me. Get mad at Wild Now. Shout out to Nick Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> But also just like, I don't know, family reunions are big in the black community too. Like I also always heard that, you know what I mean? They're huge. They always portray them in movies and stuff like that. We ain't black. I don't, we don't have the perspective of that shit, but I also know it's real. And, um, you know, like again, a white guy in rap is a whole different thing to the world, which he talks about and I'll bring up later on. But I, I if you don't know a family reunion, who, who we introducing on Wild Now is, <laughs> check that shit out. I mean, <laughs> but a lot of that stuff is pre-written, which I never liked about Wild Now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah the Miller family reunion I mean it just it just has fun man <laughs> it's a fun song like yeah. I I the chorus is just so is so fun where yeah. he says throw a steak on the grill put the drink on the chill there's some other fucking barbecue for real all the days already gone by man I ain't seen your ass in a long time put a little gin, gin in, in the, the punch. punch grandma getting crunk nobody give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I love it because again, like it, it goes back and forth to fun, but like again, like um, it says right here, like I know you fucking miss me, chill and keep it cool, never getting old, main grown, no real gain. I mean, again, like this is little little moments that he says, like I know there's moments you probably love me, but you didn't want to show it, you know. And this is a fun and, song, so it's not even supposed to be that serious. And you even know? before he says that, he says, "Now I'm all around the globe with everyone, but." Mm-hmm. You know I fucking miss you. Yeah, man. So it's like, yeah. and he he does have another moment like that. I think in all this, uh, one of those two tracks, mm-hmm. all this or oh, all that. Like mom says, says, "I don't call home no more." Yeah, yeah man. So definitely speaks to that for sure. This um, I, I remember I showed you a little bit of the song, but this reminds me of in a very very like like a major minor manner. Like this is the major version of the minor version of Kanye West's Family Business, and mm-hmm. like that song is like. I'll cry to that song. Like, you know, a lot of people think Kanye West is like, oh man, like, it's like, it's like, oh wow, you like Kanye, you know, but it's like, you don't, the people who say that don't even like listen to his old shit, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, Family Business is the one where at the end the kid is saying, like, it's a music about family, basically, you know? Mm -hmm. And at the end, it's a little kid where he's like, let's get Stevie out of jail. I don't know if you remember me showing you that. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, he's like, uh, he's like, just talking about his life, his cousins, his family, and this and that. And, but it's like in, in the terms of a black man's perspective and this and that. And uh, even with that ending, just let's get TV at jail. But Kanye West is like, uh, you don't, you don't got to tell my girl I used to pee in the bed. You know, just like little things like 
you know so with this song i thought it was a more lighthearted version of it but also just like enjoying your family and being around them and stuff like that because like everybody has a family reunion it's not like a big fest in the fucking park and shit like that or whatever it could also just be like christmas or like somebody's birthday and this and that just even friends you know mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say like i don't know i think it's a it's a it's a great thing man and this is definitely one of the most uplifting songs in the whole album too you know and it's on the beat it's on the b side of it you said right yeah yeah man um i want to talk about with dynamite Willie dynamite okay yeah. okay oh <laughs> uh, the intro man i gotta talk about the intro okay i, I see and the intro starts off you're a hard man to reach Willie dynamite i want to rap <laughs> go right ahead <laughs> and um i didn't know who Willie dynamite was up until today you know who I, it, no i don't know me neither bro i didn't know who the fuck that was but i always love i love this song. I, I mean i'm not gonna lie to you i love the first five songs the a side so much that when we brought this up, I had to familiarize myself more with the B side. Because this, this, to me, this is the beginning of it. It's so crazy talented, good. Mm. From the beginning to like the halfway point. But apparently, if I could pull up this picture, Willie Dynamite is a 1973 American by exploitation film directed by Gilbert Moses, starring Roscoe Orman, Dana Sands, Timus Rasolala, Joyce Walker, and was released by Universal Pictures. The eponymous Willie Dynamite is a pimp in New York City who strives to be number one in the city. Okay. So that's what Willie Dynamite is. But um, I mean, I like the song a lot. And you can see because in the second verse, in the, in the first verse, in the second line, he says, it's simple. See the pimping be what the, be what got these bitches clipped to me. You know, like, so you, you can already see the reference to the pimp that Willie Diamond, Dynamite is. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love how the beginning sounds, man. And uh. I don't know. It just has a vibe of somebody who is a pimp. You know what I mean? But also just like still Mac Miller. Been to London, been to France. Go there if you get the chance. Been to Amsterdam, hit the club. Hell no, I didn't dance. Rode around a little, smoked the weed, seen the red lights. Ain't fuck a prostitute, but the head is nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. But his flow here is ridiculous. Like what I want to get to is like, aside from like lyricism for a second, Mac Miller's flow is dumb, stupid, great. You know what I'm trying to say? I love when he says, way I spend this money, you think I had an ex-wife. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but like how how he raps was so just smooth, man. Like my, my cousin says the thing, like he walked on the beat. Like that's what my cousin says, right? And I, I think it's true, man. Like what he does to beats is just really creates him as his own, with his own style. Like a lot of people, like I'm of course, like it always comes down to that this is a white rapper and like an Elvis Presley in terms of like the music that black people perfected, you know. Mac Miller's a part of this. Even though he didn't see himself as a nuisance or like an, an invasion towards it. Like, he he perfected his craft within it. Even when I showed you that freestyle that was, like, four minutes long on him. And fucking, I think it was Hot 97. Hot 97. Yeah, man. Like, this guy's flow is stupid, crazy good. I say stupid, crazy good because I'm going back a little. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But in this song, he perfects it, man. He's so smooth like a pimp would be. Like, walking down with his little cane in the front coat with a feather in his hat and shit like that. Like, I think Mac Miller is a fucking savage on this song, man. I, I love when he says... They cheer him with their pom poms, buying what I got on straight gold. Find me fucking silver with my long john. Yeah, man. Tom, Tom, direct me to that money, please. Square bun, square sponge, fucking dumb. Yeah, your grades is under C. <laughs> and then at the middle, he goes, "All I make is hits. Call me T Pain." And he does an auto tune. Yeah, come on, man. Like you can't top that shit. Uh, he says, "What does it mean to keep your pin pad strong and live it up? Cause you don't live that long. Am I wrong? You know." And again, when he says, "Then she stole my condom, tried to auction it on <laughs> eBay,", eBay. <laughs> but back to the live it up, cause you don't live that long. Like to me, this whole album has a whole bunch of foreshadowing. 
You know, just like kind of, yeah. Yeah, he didn't know he was gonna die that young because at the end of the day, he died of an accidental overdose. So they say, and they, uh, I'll skip over to this. They arrested the guy who sold him that shit, which I think is like whatever. Like, I, not that it's not a great thing that they arrested that guy, but it's like how many people die of that all the time. You know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know what I love? What? Um, he says, um, sicker than she get. Sicker than if she gave me AIDS plus some teeth decayed. Then she stole my condom. Oh, that tried to auction on eBay. And then she says, Bitch, please. I just ate on Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, I told her about some slaughter. Told, had her crying about her father. Then I busted in her face when she told her, told me it's on uh, it's an honor. You know what I mean? Just like real fun shit like that, man. I'll read that again because I, I he says, Bitch, please. I just ate on Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, I told her. About some slaughter, had her crying about her father. Then I busted in her face. She told me it was an honor. Just ridiculous, silly, like not so serious lyrics that are just a great wordplay, hilarious, mm. but still impressive. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, just in general, something that I thought about, I mean, and like, I, I don't know if you could say this about a lot of rap, mm-hmm. um, but I think, um, especially with Mac Miller with this album, uh, there are a lot of references. Oh yeah. Bob O'Connor um, was a reference in this one. Yeah. And I, I, I love when he makes the Martin Sheen reference yeah, where and, he says, been yeah. doing a lot of drugs. They call me Sheen. That's, um, Oh, but Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought you were going to mention the, um, and people on the stairs, he makes a Westworld reference to Martin Sheen. But the other one that you're referencing is Charlie Sheen. When, Charlie yeah, Sheen, so my bad. The, but the thing is that he references both of them. Yeah. And and then uh, in this song, he uh, references Bob O'Connor. And you know who Bob O'Connor was? I don't. The mayor of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, from January 3rd, 2006 until he died. And where is Mac Miller from? Pittsburgh. Ah. So it's just like, you're right. Like he, And then even Donald Trump. You know, like just all these references, like it's true. And a lot of, a lot, a lot of rappers use Monica Lewinsky in their songs, but it's just like, I don't know, man. Like it just fits into his wordplay and his cleverness, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, fuck with this guy, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now you pick a song. Uh, the Scoop on Heaven is pretty good. Oh, man. So let me, let me, let me start with this. Uh, this is the song that when I put on, man, I bawled my eyes out. When I came home drunk one day, I was Beatrice. I was telling her like, yo. Listen to this shit real quick. And I was into it and I was like, damn, bro. Like, this shit made me sad as fuck. <laughs> and Knife Wonder is the producer who is incredibly, incredibly talented. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, talk about foreshadowing, yeah, which man. is like the song yeah. in general. I mean, when he says, if you hear what heaven's like, can you tell me? Please, yeah. I'm really trying to know because I do what I do when it's all said and done. Shit, I'm just trying to go. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll do this because I, I, this is the one song. You don't, you don't got to rap it. There's no thing with that. I'm going to read the first verse. You read the second verse. Okay. Just because I really want to um, like really get the lyrics out there for anybody that's never heard it. I mean, you could always listen to it. You don't got to listen to this, but we'll read it. He says, hey. I heard they got nice cars up in heaven, free liquor out the bar, and the brightest fucking stars up in heaven. Heard that you can chill, not worry about the police, not worry about someone's frightened, because everything's just at peace. Heard the streets paved with gold, the women all gorgeous, you just float, can't even feel where the floor is. I heard heaven got a brand new venue, next to that restaurant, you love their menu, and everything free, so everyone cool, look out any window, it's an incredible view. Everyone you speak to, always telling you the truth, and it's only good shit when you're getting on your news. I imagine that. Just a place we can kick it and be happy at. Satisfaction or maybe I'm dreaming. Tell you what it's like when I see it. And then the verse two is. I heard I ain't nobody famous up in heaven. Everybody the same. Just kick it up there in heaven because nobody go and change. 
Nobody can complain. The parties are all insane. The people all know your name. Shit you entertain. See everybody you want. Always keeping in touch. And go and chill by yourself when everybody gets too much. Never fucking rush. You you there for a million plus. You probably got a Mercedes, but always could take the bus. So fuck. That's what heaven's like. I guess I think it is, but come to think of it, I've been drinking shit. I don't know the truth. This is what I imagined when I was standing in the booth. And he laughs. He says, ha ha. And then he's like, if you hear what happens, like, can you tell me? Please, I'm really trying to know. Because I do what I do when it's all said and done shit. I'm just trying to go, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, uh, that that's what really fucks with me. And I only, only mentioned that because it's a little personal. But for me, it's like, nah, bro. Like, I mean, many a time I've come home drunk, listened to some music and just been like, damn, bro. Like, this is in the past. Or this shit is just very emotional just like any music like you can say that with a rap song be like oh it's kind of ridiculous but some people live into like with tchaikovsky and just cry which is like a classical music artist or, but they also into like some green day or whatever you think is sad you know some akon <laughs> you know just but for me man like that that's not to say that this song is so sad for me it's more so like i really love this guy's music you know yeah like, that's i really want to show that because like i don't know music has been a big part of my life forever so this is a section of it to me that's pretty crazy to me so yeah, that that song. Oof. <laughs> I I'll talk about this one, uh Cold Feet. Cold Feet. Okay. Yeah. Um one of the shorter songs. And and to me, this is the song that I think just he goes off in terms of like uh It's actually the shortest song on yeah. the album. It's it's uh to me it's like if you want to hear him rap, listen to this shit. And um I don't know, like this is this is a very simple like lyric, but he says uh Spun the wheel, bought a vowel. I don't owe you nothing still. That's like a thing used by anybody. You you get it though, right? Like, I don't owe you. Mm. Like a vowel, right? But like, I'll just say this, man. Like, he just goes off on this fucking song. And I won't even try to replicate it because I just make a fool myself. (laughs) Because you can read off the things, but it's really his ability to get through this song and just represent Mac Miller's talent of being a rapper. And you got to take him serious as a rapper. I love when he says, um, say I don't do drugs, just weed. Well, I'm going to do drugs and speed down the street. <laughs> <laughs> and do donuts. Your flow sucks. You so butt. Your, gir- your girl's getting throw fucked. I get high. I go up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, just a, I don't know, man. I, I love it. I love this song because it's just, it's just real, man. And The last line of the song is so good, too, where he says, you bitches couldn't touch me for Facebook <laughs> poke. And before that, he says, just a couple of doses. Fuck the roses. Class time. Better take good notes. You bitches couldn't touch me with the Facebook poke. You know, just like that lead up to that shit and everything. And just the cherry on top of that perfect like, rhyme scheme and everything, you know. Um, one thing I, I feel like not a, lot of people, not a lot of people give credit to, but a lot of videos do the justice of. I mean, listen, I mean, watch a Kendrick song get broken down into like the format it's represented as like in terms of like real musical scheme mm. and it's it's ridiculous how talented that shit is it's not just about rhyming people think that rap is just about rhyming but there's a lot of layers to i mean all music not just rap you know what i mean to like jazz rock classical you know soul r&b pop you know punk you know everything funk all that stuff you know there's like i mean how many genres are there how many, how many genres do you think there are? Um, uh, I don't give, think... Give, th- give me a random guess. I don't oh know my either. God, dude. Fucking, I don't know. Like 10,000. All right. You think there's more genres or religion? Probably more genres. Because <laughs> there's like sub-genres to sub-genres. Right. So, I'm a, so for the supplementary, I'm going to ask because I don't think uh, people are going to be answering unless they listen. Right? All right. <laughs> Let's see. I just looked it up. Oh, what the fuck? Ooh, I don't know. 
Ooh. What? I mean, you might have guessed off my impression. What? <laughs> Wait, I, the Guardian says there are about approximately 1,300 genres. 1,300 genres? I thought God there was going to be way more. Guess how many religions are there? How many? 10,000. <laughs> oh, wow. So we had it like, or at least I had it the other <laughs> no, way. No, I, I thought it was going to be more genres than, than fucking I religion. I also yeah. thought it was going to be more genres But I guess religion. we could just say this can is a... God, and we could just praise it, and then this ten thousand and one Voodoo Ranger, Voodoo <laughs> Ranger. <laughs> oh wow, I, now I'm, I'm underwhelmed. I thought it was gonna be the other way around. I'm perfectly Shit. whelmed. <laughs> I respect it, uh, but nah. I mean, I love this. Uh, I love this song just because it's it's really just um, a flex in terms of just ability to rap. Yeah, and it's a mean, lot of creative lyrics of it. Even the way, even the way that he opens up the song, yeah. which just again like aids to the fact that he has such a funny laugh yeah. when he says, "I rap better because I'm act clever." Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just his laugh is so funny. Like yeah. you can tell he's just having fun. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I uh, just a kid. Oh like, yeah, like I mentioned again. before, was mm-hmm. another song that I noted from the B side of everything. Yeah, because uh, from the beginning mm-hmm. of the album, he kind of talks about like, hey, you know, I'm just a kid, whatever. I'm yeah. um, just more rich now yeah. and shit like that. And so I think this song kind of touches back on those sort of same feelings and same emotions. Mm-hmm. And um, I it's just pretty good. I, I like when he says, uh, I think this is the second verse or the yeah. last verse where he says, if you know me, you ain't hating. Listen, homie, I've been waiting for a golden opportunity to know that I'm going to make it. Where I'm going, I could take it. Went from flowing in the basement to shows in all stages on the road to different places. Yeah, man. And it's just, it really just speaks as the fact that he's grown as an artist. He's yeah. gone from something so small to yeah. what he became. I like this. Is the moon looking like a cloud. I could reach up and grab it so close to the sky. I'm high. So, of course, you know, he's always referencing the drugs. And, like, you'll see later on when I talk about a little bit more of his interviews. Uh, it's just, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like, we, you could have fun with this album, but there's always that, like, line of seriousness where it's just, like, this guy was dealing with a lot of stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, I just, it's a drug addiction he never got really got over, you know? And he he never wanted to get over the drug addiction. I'll say it later, but he also just wanted to say that, like, I'm in control now. But, like, I always want to get fucked up, you know? And it's just, um, I don't know. It seemed like a lot of back and forth, like a young person would. You know, so like, just like a kid, you know, it's like this indecisiveness and the fact that his overdose is accidental. It just kind of like, I mean, it's saddening, but it's just, I mean, you can't change nothing now. You feel me? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, man. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, bro. I don't know. But now, I mean, that's a good song. I, oh, damn. I like this song. So. I mean, I like when he says, um. Uh, when I spit a rhyme, they applaud, and I say thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. You heard everybody's music, but wait till you hear mine. And uh, that thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. That's uh, in my from what I know in terms of knowledge, that's a Drake reference. Because uh, uh, one of my, I mean, this is controversial because people love Drake so much. But to me, my favorite Drake album was his first one, and another song is called "Thank You." And then the the line says, "Thank you, you're far too kind." And I like his first album because Drake. Raps a lot, and now he's just more like cups in the roses. <laughs> I don't know if you know that song, Marvin's Room. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, so it's like, fuck that, you know, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so with this, it was a cool reference, and I think it, it shows the uh, just the timeline of everything, too, you know. And it's a big thing to the timeline in terms of dead rappers because, like, at the more this ages, I wonder how much it'll like 
age, like how it will age, like wine or like cheese. Mm. You feel me? But um, I do like that line too. Nah, uh, I mean, so it's funny that you mentioned Drake because mm-hmm. um, I'm not like I don't I don't really like Drake too much personally. Uh, yeah. Um, how but, dare you? Nah, I, 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 I fucking dare you, man. Drake like, is the best. He's better than everybody. <laughs> like he's the best genre ever. It's just like <laughs> my my biggest gripe with Drake, which is just kind of which is just kind of petty. To oh be shit! <laughs> Tomorrow, number one on Twitter, <laughs> Hobby versus Drake. No, Hobby versus Aubrey Graham. <laughs> What's your like, biggest grade with Drake? Like, it, I'm, I, this is just straight up petty. Okay. But it's just like, <laughs> no, nah, it's just, he's like the emo boy of like rap. And like, <laughs> you know, people are always shitting yeah. on my music of like, oh, your music's so sad. Yeah. Boy, look at Drake. He, he cries in every song. You know what I say to that? Look at Juice World and Lil Uzi, bro. These motherfuckers <laughs> are basically just also crying in the song. But they're not making good as music as Drake. <laughs> Juice World was so par. <laughs> My bad. But, but I'm pretty sure Mac Miller and Juice World would have collided if they were both alive. Probably. Yeah, but they're both dead. <laughs> so, I mean, they're both dead because they're kind of the same reasons, if that's fair. Not to hate on them for that. Obviously, respect mm-hmm. to both of them and their lives and their family. I'm just saying that, like, you're, you're not wrong when it comes to Drake. But, like, I think he's just profiting off all people now, man. He has, like, three different, uh, what's it called? Not personalities. What is it? Like, not aliases either. What is it? Like, when like Eminem, Marshall Mathers, you know what I'm talking about? Like, pseudonyms? No, no. Like, um, alter egos. Alter egos. Like, I think that's basically what Trick's trying to do. Like, people love, like, these sad motherfuckers that just got broken up with, you know, women and men. They love his sad side. Then, <laughs> well, I think most people that listen to Drake want to be rich, but aren't. And when they listen to Drake, they feel like they are. <laughs> That's what I think majority of these motherfuckers. And, and, but I also think that a little um, um, portion of that is like really prominent, determined people that want to make money like Drake. You get me? Mm-hmm. But I just think the ratio is off however side you may see it. But if you broke and listen to Drake and you think you're rich, probably not. <laughs> At least not Drake Ridge. If you if you're drinking a <laughs> bottle of Hennessy while listening to Drake and posting it on your story, <laughs> maybe take a second. If you just bought a uh eight hundred dollar bottle of what's that Casa de Sul, right? Uh-huh. And your rent is due that same night and you're like, I can afford it both. Bitch, you can't <laughs> put put that bottle away. <laughs> Go home, motherfucker. I don't know. I mean I don't. I don't hit on Drake. I, I I respect Drake because like at the end of the day, he's just a big pop star to me. Like he's a big star. I don't think his rap is anywhere near talented to me. I don't love him like that. I don't think he's great. I just like his first album a lot. Like his his like first album, and I really I literally like as everybody did. But I saw like people love him from the beginning. Like mm-hmm. uh, what is it? Uh, who you the fucking best? You yeah. know you know like I saw that explode into people that I knew personally. I'm like holy shit! Like this guy. Who is this guy? You ever watch Degrassi? Yeah. That's a good show. <laughs> when I was younger, that was a good show. I mean, that when he shot up to school and shit like that, I was like, damn, bro, mustard on his face or some shit like that. <laughs> Basically, just carry. <laughs> but uh, whatever. We won't talk about that. You know, uh, Stephen King wrote uh, some, it wasn't carry, it was some other story. I forget what it was. I put it in elementary. But he wrote a whole book and he, and he didn't know that he wrote it. What do you mean he didn't know that like, he wrote a book? Stephen Hawking had a huge alcohol problem, huge alcohol, and he smoked a lot of cigarettes. And it's a book with the F, I think, not far ago, but like something like that. And he wrote it and uh, he had no idea he wrote it. And that's one of his regrets that like, it's a huge book and it's a great book. But he was so drunk at the time that he didn't know he wrote that book. 
What the fuck? And um, this story, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how true it is, but with Carrie, apparently he wrote that book. And um, this might be true or wrong, but I've only heard it like the word of mouth. Are you talking about Stephen Hawking or Stephen King? Stephen King. Okay, you yeah. said Stephen Hawking. Oh my bad. Well, Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Hawking. Like, I was like Stephen my, Hawking. My like Stephen Hawking having a drinking problem. What the fuck? <laughs> Stephen Hawking. Like no, was, I knew Stephen King had a uh, drinking yeah. problem. Yeah. And then, but he wrote a book also, and he didn't remember writing it. Uh, Stephen Hawking loved oysters. <laughs> Apparently, uh, I don't know how man he picked the one food he got to raise his hand. Like, yo, Stephen Hawking, what's your favorite food? He's like uh, sushi. <laughs> like, well, I mean, any food he couldn't use his hands. You know what I mean, right? Popsicle. <laughs> It's like really Stephen Hawking But uh, Stephen King apparently And this I gotta check But I'll just say He wrote I can check it on my laptop But I'm just saying it my mouth I don't care Maybe it's true Maybe it's not uh, He wrote Carrie And he didn't like it And he threw it out His wife took it out the garbage Read it and She was like yo This is good shit Like put it out And uh, one thing I know for sure Is that one of his movies Came to life as a movie Like one of his books Came to life as a movie And he didn't like it at all and so he like remade a movie about oh, it. Yeah. You know that one, right? Um fuck, was it Carrie? I think it was either Carrie or it. Probably one of them. But probably I don't know. I don't I don't think it was either one of them. But I know uh, I mean I heard a new Carrie was ass. That's what I heard. With yeah. uh with um what's her face? Um Hit Girl from Kick Ass. Sandra Bullock. Grace no was, <laughs> uh, fuck, what's Mariah her name? Carey. Uh Grace Moretz, something like that. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Stephen King's H is a motherfucker, but that, that's a B-hole. <laughs> B-hole. I, uh, I want to read Pet Cemetery. That's what I, I, I would read. also like to read Pet Cemetery. Patreon? Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just pick a random. Let's see. Boom Bap Rap. Boom Bap Rap. Yeah. So that one uh, starts off, I mean, it has uh, featuring The Come Up, who I don't know who that is. Right? But um, I mean, Big Germ is one of the producers, but that's also like, his name is constantly use and it starts off the song like that like hey big germ yeah cool beat that we made here man i played the keys you play the drums they're a little bass on this one uh big germ has always been around for his music for sure and when he says 92 to infinity and beyond that's a phrase he's in rap a whole bunch like 96 in infinity is joey Badass's album and that's definitely gonna be mixtape i mean or album i think so that we're 100 percent gonna cover because it's so fucking good and now that we got a little we broke the pop the cherry with the rap and shit like that like officially like but 92 to infinity he says that because he was he was born 1992 okay so that's really why he says that and uh i mean again this is the one where, where it kind of gets into that like like not awkward sounding like beats but it's more like way different and not as like melodically pleasing as the first five six yeah years. i would say this is like definitely more like heavy rap yeah uh, more than anything yeah um I'm trying to remember how the beat goes to this song. I'll play it for you if you want. Play oh, it. I got you. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So, like, we put it on a little bit. We'll cut it out from the Spotify because if they catch us, they'll be like, hey, motherfucker, <laughs> you're not supposed to be playing that shit in your podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess even one of the reasons why I struggled to remember what, what the beat was to this song is that um, it's not a super heavy beat, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of messy, there, in my opinion. I think there's just uh it gives a lot more room for for Mac himself to rap throughout yeah. the album or the song I mean mm-hmm. um, or or like give his own take on it you know yeah and uh it, with the come up as well I think this I think this is just more of like core rap yeah it's just like they're just straight up rapping like yeah. that there's not like much to it in terms of like mm-hmm. they're just kind of spitting rhymes and whatever. Yeah. 
um there there are some good lines here and there uh what i i um i mean i think this is the chorus when he says yeah uh or no, no, it's after the chorus. I think this is the second verse where he says, "This is that boom bap shit." Return to Mister Mister Bombastic. Most don't make a new classics. Scream beef dog look lose that shit. Yeah, and I also um, this is the song that I was saying earlier where it's like it gets to a point where it's reaching a really heavy type of rap, but then um, he says in one line, "This is the one I was getting to earlier." He says, "I'm like a physic. I don't give a fuck if you like this. We here to party. Had a little music to turn up loud." nine two to infinity just some shit that you ain't heard in a while and i think that it switches up very fairly because uh earlier one of the songs i forgot to mention this but he's like my fans had braces is he saying i'm like a physic or a psychic a uh, physic well i don't know if it's a psychic but there's no s there in what i'm saying is it say psychic in yours i mean there is an s here so, so probably says psychic they just misspelled it here but even then to me my main thing about it is that i don't give a fuck if you like this and I think the whole point of it is that, like, uh, earlier in the other song, I forgot which one it was, but he was like, my fans have beards, my fans have braces, mm-hmm. and this and that. And it's just like, it's true, man. Like, his fan base was huge. I recently had a friend that, I forgot who I was talking to, uh, some guy I work with now. And he was like, I went to a Tyler Creator concert, and he's like, I hated it. I'm like, why? He's like, because all the fans there are just, like, you know, young white girls and, you know, these suburbs motherfuckers. And, I mean, to be honest with you, that's a lot of rap fans today. Like, you go to Coachella, all these people, like, there's a lot of real rap fans. I'm not saying that if you're white, you're unreal. It's just, like, like they're just, it's not that they're not real. It's just they can afford the tickets. <laughs> you get mm-hmm. me? Like, but it's also, like, if you want to see your favorite rapper, you want to see your favorite rapper. I mean, it's like seeing Bad Bunny yesterday. It's like motherfuckers paid six hundred dollars to sit in the bleachers, <laughs> you know. Respectfully, I mean, I don't hate a bad bunny at all. I think like, I think he makes fun music. I think he makes good music. I'm not hating on him. If you like any like, eh, la gasolina, you know, like if you like that shit, you like bad bunny. Like, suavemente, uh, uh, like you like that shit, you like bad bunny. Like, it's not the same thing. Similarly, that song and that song, but like, atrévete, you know, like that. You know, like if you like that shit, you like bad bunny. You know what I'm trying to say? And and if you don't like the original stuff compared to bad bunny. Go fix your taste, motherfuckers, because those are some <laughs> classics. Like, I get thrown and shit like that. Like, that's some real good music. And Bad Bunny's a fun fun artist. I don't take him serious like I do a Nas, but I take Bad Bunny serious like I do, like, just a fun, explosive, like, artist who puts on good music just to pass on. Not, like, the best ever, but I think he's fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I, I I don't really care for Bad Bunny. I've, Fair either enough. which way, I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah you know, he's out there doing yeah. his shit, whatever. He's like I'm a just, vibe. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like, yeah, you know, I... Like his music doesn't like speak to me yeah. one way or another. I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's Bad Bunny. I'm just kind of whatever about it. But um, you know, it's it's like you said, he makes fun music. People yeah. really like his shit, and yeah. it's just, you know, he doesn't seem like to be a, a dickhead or anything like that. <laughs> and so we it's gotta just... cover his whole discography one day. Oh yeah. If anything, we're just gonna make a Bad Bunny podcast. <laughs> Earth, Mind, and Bad Bunny. <laughs> no, I mean, and I I feel the same way. I just I don't know. I think he markets himself very well. WWE, Bullet Train, um, the MLB All Star Game, his music, his concerts, like he's just a great marketer. Uh, he's his own promoter, you know, in terms of music. So that's just my opinion on Bad Bunny. Real quick take, <laughs> you know, what I'm trying to say, but um, but yeah, I mean, this song again, like to me, it wasn't one of my favorite songs. It was just you know, again, his ability to rap and just uh, yeah, that's how that's how I look at this song ultimately. Because I'm I'm not gonna lie, like all oh, every song is amazing and this and that. Like I like the first side mostly. But, I mean, there's a lot of talent within the other ones, too. I mean, I also like when he says in the first verse, um, after the little opener where he says, um, 
You witness in your gambles of infinity, music in my soul on the go and getting rid of me. Yeah. Peace and divinity, each and every and each and every inch of me. We live in through this melody. You sing it in a different key. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's impressive. You know, it's um he says it before it, or not before, but he says it at another point in the album of like how much music means to him. Yeah. And it's just it definitely speaks to that of like, yeah. you know, music really was an outlet for him. Yeah. I mean, for sure, man. And in, in all sorts of ways. And uh, that's why I appreciate, man, the range in this album, because it goes from one thing to the other. But you get a little bit of everything. It's like a sample platter almost, you know? Yeah. I mean, I and that's like the good things out of like a mixtape. Yes. Like I'll say, um, you know, uh, rock doesn't have a lot of mixtapes and things like mm. that um, in, in the rock world or yeah. anything like that. Um, Mom Jeans, they actually, some people consider their second album to be a mixtape for oh, yeah. sure. Why? Uh, just cause there's no like overarching theme in their second album. It's just kind of like, they just made like random songs and whatever. Yeah. And so it's not very common in the rock world to make mixtapes, but mm-hmm. it does happen. Okay. But clearly like mixtapes are very much a common thing in the rap world. Mm-hmm. And it's really much a space where these rappers can really oh, yeah. explore and just yeah. have fun and just kind of say whatever the fuck they want to say to be yeah. honest shout out to my cousin frank who put me onto that piff spelled d-a-t-p-i-f-f that's i mean it's like the line where i mixtapes even though it's like you could it's a legal <laughs> website but that's where i got all my mixtapes that's where i listen to this and most of my other shit i mean that's some shit that like if you were put on earlier you were put on not that it was a crazy inclusive thing but it was just something that blessed me with so much more music and it just set limits so low because you don't get that like, oh, you can't make this because of the, the, the legal status. Da, 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 da. It's like, nah, bro, you could just rap whatever over the fuck what you want to rap. I mean, you know, money-wise, this and that, but it is what it is. And I, I got blessed with a lot of music because of that, man. I don't know. Let me take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing, one song that I'll bring up is the the first song. I Love Life, Thank You. And uh, I mean, it starts off the whole album with the tone that just is exactly what it is. I mean, he says a million motherfucking fans on the ass. Biatch! feeling amazing but he says ladies and gentlemen i've always been the same kid now i'm famous and i even have to change shit yeah and i think um again it just sets the tone for the album and it really is exactly what we're all saying like you know i was gonna say how many artists have recovered that are dead can you name the top of your head that uh wait repeat that like how many artists have we covered that are dead um three four like Whitney Houston, Elvis Presley, Mac Miller. Oh, Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. Uh, that's about it, right? Four. Recipes to all those motherfuckers. <laughs> um, but one of the one of my favorite songs, I mean, there's a lot of good lyrics in this. And one of my favorite ones is just, uh, it's better to be yourself. Don't ever just live a lie. Yeah. And he says, uh, I'm in love with the simple things. Um, <laughs> another funny lyric, he says, you can't keep that fuck off my case. You can't. You can keep the same residue if I bust off your bust on your face. And um, he also says, "In ancient places, now the kid famous, and he never had to change shit." Biatch, which is the beginning, but just, I mean, it just starts the album really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh yeah, this is a song where he says, "Yeah, I did a couple of drugs. Now they call him Machine." Yeah. And even before he said that, he says, I ain't on no pills, just a little weed, Molly and lean. Yeah, yeah I did a couple of drugs and they call him machine. Then he says, this is all a dream just a week ago. Now I got a heap of dough. I keep a hoe that always has some weed to roll. Yeah, man. And it just, he has fun with this intro, but it just like, it just has a tone. I think this is a good set the tone intro and still rapping though. 
you know, just constantly still rapping and everything. Yeah, and, uh, and it just speaks to like the fun that he's having because even when he says, "Hey yo, let's rip the hook B," I but I ain't got no hook. You, you pussy. pussy. <laughs> yeah, bitch, that could be a hook. You know what? I'm just a rap. If it's okay with y'all, and you could tell me it was nice. All right, here we go. <laughs> and yeah, man. Uh, it just um, I mean, just, I love the title. I love the title to this whole pro um project. I love life. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, because the very least, you know, like you. I mean, they always say it. No, tomorrow's never promised. You never know what's gonna happen. But like at the end of the day, like he had times where even though he must have been going through some shit, which is probably often, I mean, he still had some fun. And if the phone was music, if the phone was friends, I mean, there's one line. I put it down because I didn't understand it. My dog's name is Peanut, but he's like Chief. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He says Chief Blunts with Peanut standing on a tree stump. And I looked it up today, and then the reason he says this is because. um Mac Miller is going to smoke some blunts with his friend Peanut. And here's a picture of his Mac and Peanut together with Mac's crucial do-rag plus bucket hat combo with a poncho on. You know, <laughs> so he's just hanging out with his boy, just smoking some weed, having fun, and just being who Mac Miller is. Just, you know, a talented musician who loves to have fun with his friends, his family. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like you said, it's a good opener. Yeah. It just really sets a tone for the whole mixtape. It's just a fun little thing. He's yeah. just kind of off doing his own little thing and mm-hmm. it's just you know have That's fun with it hell yeah man and this is the album to have fun with man this is the album to not like be like yeah man I, you know this and that like you know I, it's just like nah like if you're taking this album seriously like, you could or not like there's a lot of critics out there for sure but I just think it's like this is why I picked this album because I was just like you like it you don't but at the end of the day the message is all the same and there's some undeniable music in here like in my opinion there's some songs in there I'm definitely gonna listen to this on my way home but I definitely know for this, it's one of those albums where it's just like, give or take, it's still some shit out there that's spewing messages, taking however you want to, but the intention is clear. Mm. Just Mac Miller is the intention. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, you got three, four songs left, three songs left. What do we got? We got uh, Pranks for Players. Mm, family um, First. All family that. First. All that and, and all this. this. Yeah. Let's just go down the list. Would it, I think plank, Prank for Players comes first, right? Yeah. My favorite line for this is just simply, music is the key to everything I keep pursuing. And Casey Veggie's a talented rapper. I'm just, uh, my emphasis is more on uh, Mac Miller right now. So that's why I say that. Yeah, um, this song, um, this song has more of like, I guess, like a trap beat to yeah, it. It's rap, um, but yeah. Uh, which like, you know, that's just me. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely was like a little difficult for me to get into for okay. a second. Or I was like, ooh, trap. Yeah. not like super used to it mm-hmm. whatever the case is um but the more that i listen to the album the more i just kind of got it got used to it or yeah. adjusted to it um uh, but um yeah i think i think straight up uh the last two tracks mm-hmm. of this album are my least favorite ones oh that or all this yeah okay but mm-hmm. i mean because our family first though yeah, no, I mean, uh, well, for pranks for players, oh, okay. uh, sorry, um, mm-hmm. this one is kind of like a third place in terms of like least favorite tracks of mm-hmm. the album, um, just because, uh, I mean, I, he does have some good lines. I like where he says, "Curb your enthusiasm, how the Larry David show." Great show. Something that we should probably watch while we be getting high. Mm-hmm. Step aside if you think anybody looking fresh as I am, and it's just, uh, he ha- he definitely has some good lines in it still, yeah. but um, 
it's just more so the beat that just had was a little difficult for me to get into more mm-hmm. so than anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean that's just me. No, yeah, I mean for sure. For me, I just like I mean another one that I like that I just seeing right now is like go while interviewing with the student newspaper, maybe with the radio, just like true to roots. You know what I mean? Like not too big for like when he was interviewing with Larry King. One of the things he said during he was like, I can't believe I'm sitting in front of you right now getting interviewed by you. Like he was just so wild by it, you mm-hmm. know. <clears throat> and like aside from the other interviews I watched. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was just some, like that, that was the most recent, and he's been on Sway, and he's also been on a documentary and stuff, and plenty of more. He's with Snoop Dogg, also like he interviewed mm. Snoop Dogg, but just like you know, a lot of humbleness comes from him. You know what I mean? Just like uh, wow by his experiences and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah, man, uh, we we don't even go through the last last songs. Let's just go through Family first, okay? And then we'll go on to the interviews. Because if you want to listen to that shit, listen to that shit because it'll speak for yourself. Family first. I mean, this is when we were talking about where I actually kind of want to read the first couple of lines because it's, um, it just talks about what we said earlier. Like, uh, it's hard when, when I can't even find a time to call my mom. And it just starts with, um, it says, dealing with everybody's opinion, trying to do me. Only down one. I'm in the final shooting threes. Like, I don't give a fuck. But then it gets more serious. It says, music we fuck and switch the position up. Then he says, we love the things that keep on bringing out the kids in us. Been working on my life, try to do some different stuff, and people have the nerve to say I'm young and haven't lived enough. I'm on the road, my girl's so sad I'm gone. It's hard when I can't even find the time to call my mom. And she thinks I'm going to Hollywood, I guess she probably should. It seems like people see the bad and don't acknowledge good. And I really like that line a lot. It seems like people see the bad and don't acknowledge good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more where we're at today. And in general, we always are that. Like the news is always reporting terrible things. We are too. Just because it's more attention grabbing you know what if our show is just like hey this guy donated to charity and this cat was saved from the tree and this person said a good comment to this person today and that's our show you know you know it's funny i mm-hmm. knew you were gonna like yeah, highlight man. that line <laughs> yeah. i mean i love I that line. like i was like i know frankie's gonna say something <laughs> about truth, that man. line it's, it's one of my favorite things and it's i've always believed that but and i've always mentioned that like even in past talkings just like the negativity will always surpass the positivity in terms of attention and he's not the only one to say it, Mac Miller, but there's always a bunch of people that are always saying just that's the truth and that's the people we are. And we kind of feed into that. You know, we may say the news only reports negative stuff, but it's because we watch it. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you kind of pointed out my favorite mm-hmm. lines, which were more in the beginning of the song for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, I like when he says... Um, the movie never stopped. The frame change yeah. over. That's Talib Kweli, by the way. Yeah. That's not Magma. That's Talib Kweli. Okay. Yeah, which is a talented motherfucker. Where he says, the movie never stopped. The frame change over. We had a Max the Wolfpack hangover. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's just a nice little funny reference. Yeah. But um, uh, for Talib Kweli, right? Talib Kweli, yeah. Uh, from his flow is definitely, uh, definitely pretty different from Mac yeah. Miller's, where um, he kind of raps on every other word yeah um and he's a rapper like he's a true rapper and he's talented as fuck and so uh because like even when you read his verse where he says i'm so sick with the verbs i use the words that heal us they leave how we kill it on stage man murder theaters no wonder they call it a bunk i step in a coffin mm-hmm. dead tired exhausting from how often i be touring it's just like it, it's I don't even know how to describe it compared to Mac Miller's. It's like it's different wordplay, different style, different like you know methodology in terms of rap lyricism. I think so. Yeah, it's um, just like it's it's just so different yeah. from like Mac Miller's style. Talib like, Kweli is actually on Dave Chappelle's podcast today. 
okay. with uh, Miles oh, Leff, wow. uh him and Dave Chappelle. Nice. It's actually uh, it's uh, it's Talib Kuli. Oh no, Yasin Bey, which is uh, you know, I don't know. If you ever heard Miss Fat Booty? Mm-mm. That's a good song. Uh, you'll like that song. You should listen to it today. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, Dave Chappelle the goat. Fuck everybody thinks otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I like the last line. Same thing I told Bow last year. Take care of the fam, cause it's all really, it's all we really have here. And family can be whatever, as long as you consider it family. I think so. I mean, it's just kind of funny, even when he says like "go ham," like Abraham reading all the Psalms. Yeah. Oh yeah, and don't forget to call your moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's super important. I mean, there's I seen those like that tagged everywhere, and just it's always a message, and a lot of music and entertainment. Like, just it's true. I mean, you only get so many phone calls, not to be so deep about it, but it's like. Some real shit right there. Not just your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your friend, you know, anybody. There's this uh this band mm-hmm. that um I forget the name of the song, but uh they like their outro is like, Why don't you call your mom some mm-hmm. more? And it's just uh that's a whole outro. It's always it's gonna like, hit home. Yeah, always man. gonna hit home, man. You can't never deny shit because you're like, Yeah, I mean it's true. And um shit, man. But that's pretty much the track list. And uh I was gonna read through these two. Little notes I have here just because I want to do some Mac Miller justice. I mean, there's so much I could talk about. Um, but again, I think and I know for sure we'll cover him in the future just because like that's like honestly my top three favorite artists. It's not number one. I mean, there's a lot of great artists that I like. I put them on Kanye West for myself, even though I love Kanye West. But but I always say, man, like if you like Kid Cudi, you like Kanye West. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's no there's no Kid Cudi without Kanye West. This is a Mac Miller. I just think all influence comes from people. And uh, people thinking of white rappers, they think of Eminem. MGK, who I hate. <laughs> uh, I love Asher Roth. I think he's great. People don't like him that much. Listen to Paps and Jazz. Great uh, great mixtape. Uh, and there's also people, I mean, it's just, for me, it's, music isn't anything except what I hear. Like, I mean, there's a lot of black rappers too, but there's also a lot of everybody. I mean, DJ Khaled, the GOAT. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> you know, he credited Allah on the album. Really? Allah is a, a accredited person on the album. Bruh. Who did that? God did. <laughs> I mean, this this rappers all shades, colors, everything. I mean, I don't know, man. You gotta just like what you like, you know. And it comes to all music. It's not just that. I remember you you showed me a a punk rock band, and the the main singer was black. You know what I mean? Don't you remember mm-hmm. who was the band? Uh, Arcadia Gray. Arcadia Gray, and and you were like, you'll never believe who the main singer was, and it was a black singer. And it's like you're right because you don't expect that voice to come from like a a, a black person. And cliche, like not cliche, but just regularly in a lot of punk rock it's a lot of white people singing the music you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's the same thing as like i'm sure he gets a lot of criticism from other black people who aren't just open-minded to things but just also people they're like no way you know and i think it's like whatever i mean i was shocked as fuck too i was like no fucking way but when you asked me i was like probably a black guy because it's like you don't hear that all yeah, the time you even, know? even when i told you yeah. i was like it probably spoils what you think <laughs> it is yeah. but that's just how it goes in music but I mean, that, I, I know me and you both know that anybody can make music of any sorts. So it's like you understand where we're both coming from. But really, it's just like it's because it's such a non-norm, you know. But it's like seeing a black hockey player, you know. I guess, I mean, really, I remember when I played lacrosse, my coach was like, this is a white sport. <laughs> you know, you know how expensive it is to play lacrosse. And that's why Brazilians be playing soccer all the time with newspaper balls. Because mm. it's cheap as fuck. Anybody can play soccer. All you need is four rocks and any sort of ball that you can kick. I'm telling you, man. So uh, I got two interviews. Um, one is a documentary, and they're pretty short, not too long to prolong it. <clears throat> and it's just points that he makes. So uh, at the end of the day, Mac Miller did die of an accident overdose. Doing drugs, passed away, right? 
And in this interview, they asked him about being a white rapper. And he says, like the, like the Larry King one, he says, it wasn't weird or questioning if I should be doing this. I got a benefit from being white and help other white kids be themselves. And he wondered if this was the only reason he's here. And because of that, he had to prove himself. Um, he played piano, guitar, drums, and song. That's from what I saw. So who knows how much more he played. But Mac Miller has a whole jazz album. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, you don't got to be the best jazz musician ever. And jazz is to anybody who wants to join into it. But that just goes to show his range as well. You know? Um, when he was you know, living by himself, he said, having all this space, sitting there by myself all the time, it becomes toxic. He would sit inside all day, get bored, then just get high and have an adventure in his, in his room. He would try what was offered, and he said it would fucks you up. Because when you have a lot of money, you could try any drug and then buy it. So he went through everything. Um, I have a video to show you. We'll put it up here if we can, if we get copyrighted, whatever. But he's in a bathtub with a bucket hat, and he's talking to like a video. And he basically says, and he's high. And he says, I'm not on drugs. Drugs are on me. Uh, he says, at one point, weed didn't relax me and made me more paranoid about everything. I needed to get a drug that was more numbing and less in, that made me less in my head. That's really what sparked me from doing other drugs. He hated being sober. Well, he said, I hate being sober. Um, he said in the interview, in the documentary, he says, there's only a 12-minute documentary, not really an extensive one. He says, I'd rather be the corny white rapper than be the drugged-out mess who can't even get out, get out of his house. Hmm. And then he said this. He said, quote, overdosing is just not cool. There's no legendary romance. You don't go, you don't go down in history because you overdose. You just die. Damn. Yeah, man. And that's what really, like, damn. He also said, I get super fucked up still all the time. That would never stop. I'm just in control of my life. And at the end of it, he says, I want to be a positive, I want to be a positive human being and through, through no, I want to be positive as a human being and through music, <clears throat> but I also want to have low points. It's essential because there's moments when they get dark because nothing is all good. So that's just a little like, fuck, you know, just, yeah. Like Jesus Christ, and um, and he's kind of smiling through everything and stuff like that. But in the beginning, of the documentary, he says like, "I'm probably gonna cry through this because I'm a very emotional person." So mm-hmm. like, these are just little hints, and you know, there's no real true interviews that go hard into his life and his emotions. I'm sure there are a bunch of them that I haven't reached. But I only watched three, right? And on Sway, I only have like five points on Sway's universe. Sway in the morning. I don't know if you've seen that. Kanye no. West. You ain't got the answers, Sway. You ain't got the answers. You never seen that with Kanye West? No. Oh my god, I'm gonna show you that shit, man. <laughs> um, so Divine Feminine is one of the best albums he's ever put out. I don't know. I don't know if you ever heard a song from that, Divine Feminine. I'm so bad at remembering um, the name of the album. So fucking good. A lot of people love that shit. I love that shit, man. And he basically says that Sway says to Mac Miller, he says Divine Feminine says it sounds like an evolution. And Mac Miller says, evolving as a human being, that's what trickle down, trickles down to everything else that you do. I can try and evolve as an artist anytime I want, but if not evolving as a human being first, it's going to be disconnect. Basically saying that, like, work on yourself first, and then you can venture out into your, you know, whatever you want to do, because that's what matters the most, finding your true self type shit. On addiction, he says uh, he dropped a state of mind, but he also... Um, had a certain fear and that certain emotions keep you in this little hole and things that you don't think are big deals like drinking. Um, they fuck with him. And he said, being clear headed was a new high. I was scared. I couldn't, uh, create that. But then he was like, wow, I'm a superhero. This is real life, real happiness. And this is real sadness. Now, last thing I have for you is that he says, 
This isn't going to a pharmacy, trying to pick up an emotion and put it together. So talking about the drugs he would use all the time. Mm. And uh, I mean, there's a video of him with like French Montana and French Montana gives him lean and Macklin's about to drink it. Macklin is excited to drink it like a young kid. And French Montana's like, you're not listening to me. Like, this is really going to fuck you up. Like, this is the shit that you think was the shit and even more than that. And Mac Miller is still just very excited. He's like, bro, you're not listening to me. Like, I love you. You're my brother. And they're kind of both jokingly, but this is how you can see how eager Mac Miller was to just get out of his mind space. And he yeah. always talked about being sober and getting better. It's just one of those things where, you know, like it just never happened, unfortunately. And I mean, we'll never get music from him again. I hope there's no shit out there, but that never works good. Just like pop smoke and shit like that. When he died, his newer shit was just people profiting off his new shit. You know what I'm trying to say? And, yeah, man. I mean, that's pretty much Mac Miller for the gist I have now. But yeah, bro, super special artist to my heart, man. I promise you that. Like, there's a I lot mean, of rap. It's, it's a good. It's a good way to fucking hit episode thirty. Finally, uh, yeah. talking about a rap album, talking True. about someone as important as Mac Miller, because yeah. you know he's definitely an important person to like the rap space for sure. Yeah, especially modern type shit. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know. I hope you liked it though. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like I said, definitely one of my favorite albums that we've checked out so far. Awesome. It's just I had a great fucking time listening to it. Regardless that the B side isn't like my favorite yeah. side to the album I, I think or anything that's like the that. Biggest opinion. I, even again, me myself, I'll say it too. Like, I think the B side is like I like it because it's Mac Miller, so I'm gonna like it. But I also understand like for me, the most impressionable part of the album is the first, like the A side basically. Like, mm -hmm. To me, it's like that's the side that when I was younger, up until now, like that's still my favorite side. Cause it's just those five songs is the essence of Mac Miller. I mean, and you go back to his mixtape, like best day ever kids, uh, high school dropout and this and that, the job or whatever it's called. Uh, I don't know. It's just awesome, man. Mac Miller is a very crazy motherfucker. was a crazy motherfucker. Yeah. Bro. I mean, fucking God, it would have been so, it sucks that, that yeah. he's not around anymore. I mean, the shit he would have made today would have been impressive. Yeah. But that's how it goes. Like, uh, I was, <laughs> yo bro, you know, what's crazy. This is completely random and beho. My, my, my co-worker was telling me like remember how you know how Kirk Cobain shot himself with the shotgun right mm -hmm. the shotgun mm -hmm. there was a motherfucker who killed himself while his dog was in the same room on Facebook live oh man so he shot himself and then as he killed himself like everybody's watching Facebook live and then a dog comes up to him and he just like doesn't know what to do obviously because a dog but just like everybody's watching his dog just kind of like freaked the fuck out that's a sad note uh, right there. Yeah, I know. That sucks, right? When I heard it, it sucked for me. So I'm going to leave you with that. Because <laughs> when he wow. told me that, I was like, yo, I've seen a lot of sad shit. And I've heard a lot of sad shit. But that's one of the most depressing things I've ever heard in my life. He was like, yeah, bro. <laughs> so go to have, have a good sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm going to cut a link extra hard tonight. Fuck you. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. If I got to live with it, you got to do <laughs> Super sad note. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. And rest in peace, uh, Amy Winehouse. <laughs> I don't know. All these artists that are great, that just suffered. Uh, and also through their even Jimi Hendrix, you know? Mm. Oh, man, it's crazy. But yeah. <laughs> and then the high note. Oof. Nah, I yeah. I mean, I'm again, I'm glad we looked at this album. Nice. It nice. was a great album to really Ooh. fucking pop our rap album. Cherry, Cherry. too. <laughs> yeah, officially. Officially. Episode 30 episode 30 yeah, it's what we do that's what we do it's not it's not gonna be the last time we look at our rap album for sure but we still got many more genres to cover apparently 1300 of them 1300 <laughs> of them and if we run out of albums we could always cover religions we're gonna cover <laughs> we're gonna cover um uh rap rock uh, uh math, opera math opera uh, uh r&b soul, soul pop and that's one genre one genre that's yeah. like one genre with featuring akon 
You gotta featuring Akon. Akon. Lonely. <laughs> so, so depressing. T-Pain. <laughs> All I make is hits call me T-Pain. <laughs> nah, man. Man, I fucking wish this guy was still alive. But what are you gonna do? What you gonna do, my what guy? What you gonna do, bro? Just shoot yourself with this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Shaka would just dog in the room. Bro, that shit is crazy, man. I don't even ever watch that video, man. Fuck out of here. Imagine I show you one day just you and you. No. <laughs> I would never. No. That's so funny. I just I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up because I just thought about it right now just because he said Kurt Cobain and stuff. I told him, I was like, bro, isn't that crazy? Shout out for the shotgun. He's like, you think that's crazy? <laughs> I'm like, that. I've never not wanted to be like, just, you know, leveled up one more. Right. <laughs> like, you could have just ended You're like, the wow, I didn't need to know <laughs> yeah. that. Like, like we're, we're at work, bitch. <laughs> But what do we do today, Javi? Oh, wait. Instagram, oh, Instagram, yeah, and TikTok, yeah. Instagram, TikTok, Earth Mind Matter Pod, and YouTube, Earth Mind Matter, no spaces. No what spaces, else? my guy. Uh, P.O. Box. P.O. Box 420 <laughs> 69. Just, just leave it in Times Square, we'll pick it up. And, <laughs> and, then, and write, just leave a box, a package <laughs> in the middle of Times Square. And write, not a bomb. And make sure the cops are looking at you while you do it. And, and then just say, this is for Earth, Mind, and Matter. And when you set it down, give them a wink. Like, <laughs> and make sure you're right, not a bomb. And then seriously, this is not a bomb. But we didn't advise this. Like, if you do it, that's not our, like, doing. That's like, we're, we're just being shit. sarcastic. We're allegedly. <laughs> this is all, like, if you do that shit, bitch, you fuck yourself. I'm not getting taking no blame for that shit. That's, <laughs> this is officially your fault. <laughs> wink. <laughs> Take that as you will. With a grain of salt. With the grain with the grain of fucking black pepper. With a grain of fart. A grain of <laughs> yeah, but this is uh episode number thirty and damn. I mean fuck fuck all the past things we just said right now. Like, yo, give me some knuckles, bro. Episode thirty <laughs> and so many, many, many fucking more. Honestly, Hell yeah, my guy. So now what do we do on this day, Javi? Frankie, we talked about what's going on <laughs> in the earth. In our minds. And this is why I'm at it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>